Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast. iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Hey, Real Nerds, there's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6nerds5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, the best podcast to get your movie reviews. And we are unofficially the official podcast at Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan. With me is James. What the fuck? Oh my and God. Where'd you come Corinne. from? And Brad. And Zach. And Henry. All the way from <laughs> New York City. Wait, wait. Thanks and for Henry. calling in, Henry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Henry. You gonna eat your cornbread? <laughs> Remember <laughs> Life with Martin Lawrence? I do. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, Tiny Lister who did that. Uh... Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm right, right? Yes, you are. Uh, this week, instead of seeing a new film, we are going back in time 10 years to 2009 and revealing our favorite films from 2009. You told me it was to correct my high school failures. What the fuck? Man? Uh, it's not about your failures, man. It's about mine. <laughs> Fun yes. fact, this is probably the origin of Film Explosion right here. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, 10 years ago, when James and I and Brad sat around a microphone and spat off our 10 favorite <laughs> films of 20... That's such a gross way to describe uh, it. 2009. Um, they w- dribbled out of our mouths <laughs> in such excitement. And this is really... this I'm is getting a boner. God, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Wow. Um, I squirted my top 10 all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. We ha- we, we oh, have shit, a- Corinne's here. We have a lady in the room. Can you guys I watch your care. fucking mouths and wipe the jizz off your fucking faces Wow! while there's a goddamn lady in hey, this room? Hey, hey, my mom's listening. Oh, Carol, I'm sorry. Yeah, Carol's listening. Who yeah. cares if I'm here? So I'm tired of all these horse fucking jokes, okay? Oh, and there's our bestiality for the year. <laughs> yes, I got in. Um, Actually, no, uh, this is really the genesis of uh, Real Nerds. Uh, we did a podcast called Nebcast, and we did do a 2009 favorite films. That's how long we've been doing this stuff. Um, that we can correct uh, our list. We can right wrongs. We can do a lot of it things really is. It really is the genesis of Real Nerds in a lot of ways. Really because is. back then, I was your only listener to Nebcast. Mm-hmm. And then we started I this, listened to it. And after I, joined, I... I joined the show. And then Real Nerds has just had this long tradition of anytime someone starts listening... We just make them now be on the show all the time. Yeah. Except so, for Carol. Well, yeah. 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 
but Look you know, and it's and our yeah, <laughs> uh, our doing retro film explosions has actually been a long running joke because we would always tease James about his 2009 list, <sighs> and uh, so now James, you have an opportunity to fix it. I know, I'm so excited. It's uh, it was really bad. It's all right. We all make mistakes. It was. Yeah. I was with this lady named nothing, wow. and. And now I'm now I'm happily married. No, 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 no. no, no. You, you were, were not with her then. You were not. I wouldn't have known uh, you. In 2009, I was with. Dude, I how would I have known you? No, I'm talking about we all have made mistakes in our lives. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. And then eventually we write that wrong. Gotcha. T- to you, that's your biggest mistake in your <laughs> yes. life was right. that relationship. Yes. Wow. Gotcha. Um, you, to me, you, you had a pretty my good life. 2009 relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously James. Is, before know, we start, I do have to did. mention something that's never happened to me before. And I'm so, <laughs> this is the nerd in me that is so awesome. So uh, I've always had a dream of going to like a thrift store and finding a comic book that is super cheap and scoring. And uh, today I I came down because I had to I hate being older I had to do errands literally <laughs> I know that's why you hate being older and so I uh, there's this um, huge antique mall called the Brass Armadillo and I was oh, like yeah, I'm just gonna stop there. in there and walk around and I got to this I don't even remember what booth it was in but I got there and there was like magazines like stacked and thing I flipped through them and in there for fifty cents was Batman Mad Love the first printing. No Wow. It's like a $150 comic. Holy shit. And I was like walking up like, oh my God, am I really going to get this? <laughs> Is he going to know? Yeah. And so I spent 67 Just... cents on Batman Mad Wow. No way. Yep. That's so are you going to keep it or are you going to sell it? Oh, I'm not going to sell it. My wife can sell it when I'm dead. <laughs> I you had it already. Like Helen. I have, so... the, I have uh, the prestige version, so I don't have the actual first printing of oh, it. Oh, wow. So uh, while my parents were on vacation, mm-hmm. I'll tell the story very quickly. Sure. While my parents were on vacation... Uh, their house got the base. Their basement got flooded by two inches. They got rear-ended, and my mom's car got totaled. Uh, with all of that, my mom got shingles, and so when they got back, they couldn't see their grandchildren or or daughters-in-law mm. for like two weeks. So it was a terrible vacation. Uh, and we get we get over to my brother and I went over to help them like clean out some of the stuff that was in the basement that got ruined. And one of the things was this box of all of the instructions for all of the oh, Lego sets no. that Jake and I have ever had. Mm. Um, and my mom had like splayed them out on the on on a table in the living room, and she was drying them out and stuff like that. And and I told her because I, I when she mentioned it, I was like, "You may have just said the one thing in that basement that actually matters and is actually worth a lot of money mm. because there's stuff that back there from like 1982. Oh yeah, that like you know if you need real instructions to old space oh, yeah. police stuff, like I have them." Um, and she's going through them and I was like, I stopped her one point. I was like, look, if this is fun for you, go ahead and do it. But uh, at the end of the day, while I can tell you this stuff is worth money, it's only worth money. You know, it's a collector thing. It's only worth money if I'm ever going to sell it. And I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So none of this is worth any money at all. So if it's all trash, like whatever. Um, but anyway, that was... I know when I text my wife that she says it's worthless. You're never going to sell it. Right. I said, <laughs> however, when I'm dead, you go in and you sell it. You're like, oh, I just made a hundred dollars off of this. Yeah. Tell her and that's I your know. life insurance policy. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. Well, a hundred of whatever currency is in the apocalyptic future. Yeah. A hundred bitcoins. Yeah. yeah. Flurgan lose. Excuse me. You don't know the currency. In the so next yeah, I just years. had to like actually say I scored a comic. That's really I mean, awesome. I wish it was a way more expensive one, but so yeah. that's a. That's a good one. Now you know I how would... I feel whenever I find stuff at, at my work, like those criterions oh, and yeah. stuff. Like, well, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. weird that uh, my guess is someone just didn't know that it was in there 
and it was in a random box. Like I couldn't even tell you what, because yeah. well, that brass armadillo is so. Well, well that's a lot of focus I on can't. like just. It's not a knickknacks f- and things. Yeah, comics. It's, right. thing. it's not a flea market, right? It's like it's just a flat out antique mall. Well, or? it's like a flea market. You, like, you oh, rent okay. a space and then you yeah. just keep all your shit in there. Okay, yeah. it's yeah. like an indoor flea market. Okay, okay. Yeah. which by the way, I found a new antique store that has comics, and we mm. should. I didn't have time to go through really? them all, but um, South Broadway. Cool. Uh, there's Down. a there's a store right next to the the hot dog stand. In Bailey, hot dog, and I walked in there, and they had a whole box of comics, and it was like some old shit. Is it and Blue I was Coyote like, Comics? Uh, no, 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 no. This is like a souvenir shop hmm. that sells like you know sweatshirts that say "The mountains are calling" and "I must go." You know, it's like it's a normal <laughs> thing. And Colorado native, <laughs> right? So you know, and you can get get like fucking crystals and shit. And then they had a box full of comics, and I was so excited. I was like, "This is where the gold is." I'm gonna find it, and I I started going. It was all complete junk. <laughs> I was so disappointed. I think there was some Aspen stuff in there, oh, and I thought sweet. like that Aspen stuff might be worth some money, but I don't want to touch it because it's probably <laughs> gross. So I didn't. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. What were you guys doing in 2009 other than film splitting partying around? <laughs> Your name's Ryan. You like to party? I was yeah. in college. Yep. Yeah. I was a senior in high school, freshman in college. Fuck. Wow. I'm same, old as fuck. Same here. Man. This is, 2009 this, was a good year. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I enjoyed the, this slate of movies from that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Looking back, like. It's probably the most indie of all my lists. Yeah. Yeah. And I I've think some of it is. I've seen a lot of movies from this year. I realized this year, like, my, my list did change quite a bit from the original one 10 years ago. And some of it is because certain movies have aged better than others. Mm-hmm. And some of it is that. Like, there's, particularly, there's one movie that is way higher on my list now because that's my life now, mm-hmm. and I relate to it a lot differently than I did back then. Like, just as I've gotten older, like, some of those things, I'm like, oh, shit, this stuff was really good, and I just didn't have the tools to appreciate it then. I will say to all our listeners, it is fun to go back and re-examine films you haven't seen in a while. Oh, yeah. I shared an article that was from Slash Film, uh, the guy re-examining Eyes Wide Shut. And I actually read the article. I'm like, I feel the same way about it because I actually liked it way more now that I'm older. And um, I can appreciate the subtlety of camera movements and the lighting and the performances that as a punk kid who just wants to see boobs, you don't notice that stuff. <laughs> and now you see the um, the craft, the in craft the in, the, in the film. Don't shake your head at me, Corinne. As a, as a punk kid, you should have also loved that movie then. <laughs> yeah, well, I, but it was too long. I mean, you had to wait like an hour and a half before they got to the orgy scene, and and I, then Tom Cruise was wearing like the bird mask. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? I fucking love that bird mask. Um, <laughs> your VCR had fast forward. No, um, I, <laughs> did. I actually preparing for this. I was amazed how much had changed in ten years. Like not just life stuff, but also like ten years ago, I was working at that Greenwood Plaza theater up on Arapahoe. Um, and now it's opened again as a Cinnabar, um, which the interior doesn't. It's not the same. I wish it was the other way around. But uh, but my movie going taste changed drastically, partially because I started going to film school, but also just I got oh, out there fuck more. A film school person. Uh, what French film is on your list? Mm, not French. <laughs> not French. Bye. I fucking knew it. <laughs> now you'll have to watch the trailer. Not British either. <laughs> Um, That'll be me. But no, uh, I mean, it's just pre- pretty fascinating. And like, I have my original list um, and my dis- my descriptions of what I loved about films from 2009 
in 2009 are utter literary garbage. Man, this movie's got a lot of great boobs in it. <laughs> no, not quite that. Honk. Um, Understand what I'm saying? But, uh, oh God, if only I were that entertaining. But I will say, though, it's interesting to see how much my list has changed in 10 years because I don't, it's really hard. It was really hard for me to not just use the same list because it was still a good list. Sure. But mm. I was just like, ah, there's just <laughs> other ones that mean so much more. And stuff has changed. Too. You know, I, I'm going to put this out here too, Zach. Sometimes I don't understand your lists because you come on here and I think you purposely try to sweep legs mm. because I go to your like letterbox uh, lists and they're totally different than the list you do on here. <laughs> and it's partially well, uh, because you had like Bill and Ted somewhere. On uh, what fucking film explosion was that? 89. Oh, 89. 89, yeah. thank you. And then it, you had a movie that was below Bill and Ted on uh, oh, film explosion. Do the, right, th- do the yeah, right thing, yeah. Above it. So I think you're our troll. <laughs> I, I don't. It's not intentional. I also don't monitor my redder, letterboxes regularly as other people do. Well, so. This is why you got to do it like I do, where you, you make your letterbox account, or you make your letterbox list. You pick the correct top ten movies and put them in the correct order, and then you never touch it again because you were right. There yeah. you go. Like, yeah, you know. I'm I'm of the opinion that things are ever flowing and ever changing. So. That's some crazy uh, neo psychedelic bullshit, man. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, hear about man. It. Groovy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not intentional. But, I don't mean. To. But, no, see, but I also call you on that, that because you're on Letterbox a lot because you constantly put new films on there. Yeah, don't, don't try to fucking spin this, buddy. Wow. Mm. I know. Mm. I know because I. I Zach, you're doing of... fine. You can change your mind no, every day no. if you want. I think he's just trying you to be a can. fucking troll. I don't, a, I don't know who to listen a, to. Mom, dad, a, mom, dad. You're a perfect little snowflake, and I don't care what you say. <laughs> um, just call me angel. You know, I re- you know, in all seriousness, though, I do want to start solidifying a top 100. Because right now it's like at top oh, 42 fuck. and going. Oh, dude. So. Oh, fuck. I, I don't know. I've tried so many times. It's. I mean, like I'll probably fail like most times. But, you know, like, I, I mean... I feel like if I did it, I would have to not. You might have to do I, it I would by have to genre, not rank like them. AFI did. Yeah, yeah. Or, or I'd have to just it's not tough. rank them. Like I'd have to put them there and not. Anyway, how do you yeah. decide what, like the difference between a sixty-three and a sixty-four? I just exactly that's what I'm saying. Like you know, I, all I, I can say is like, hey, this movie's definitely one of the one hundred, and then move on. Yeah. I can I can personally say I always base them on how much I rewatch them. Sure. And um, so there might be little subtle things that I like more so but i get what you're saying but i i don't know if i could do that but that makes schindler's list the worst movie ever made because i own it i'm not watching that (laughs) blu-ray again Uh, you know that's tough (laughs) again mine is more of just like off of feeling and whatnot but you know at the end of the day like i don't know like we'll see how we feel at the end of this um (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna kill me at uh, number 10 i fucking know it we're gonna be tired and some of us are gonna get cut that's how <laughs> we're going to feel at the end of this. Dude, I, I mean, like, if I've survived this many with as many weird choices as I've made, nice then guys. you guys can... <laughs> nice guys, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, fuck. Don't get know. me started, Zach. And, I'm and, in a good mood right now, okay? I know you are. I'm just saying. And I don't want to hurt... I'm happy. I'm seeing James for the first time in a year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, quickly, but... Corinne episode. is putting your next... Uh, she's gonna be watching your next. Oh, that's Ooh. it's on hold at the library. Oh, did you see, see Ready or Not yet? No. Okay, watch your next first before Ready or Not. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also before we begin, though, I do want to thank oh, um, Aaron Pendergast and Spencer Kane for coming together last weekend and filming an ad for this film. Yeah, that was really, really cool. good. Yeah, so that's good. They, My wife said you were funny. 
Whoa! I've never what seen Glorious Bastards, she, but it was great. She's got baby brain. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> she's been awake for too long. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, it was like, you know, 1 a.m. or something. But, sh- but you know but, what? But hey, was this the happiest thing I've made thus far in my career? <laughs> you know what? It really is. I, I know. I finally made a happy movie, guys. Nobody died. Yay. We're proud of you. Polite clap. Proud of you. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with old-time radio. Look at you grow as a filmmaker. Right? Yeah, but but I've already told you about the script that I'm writing. <laughs> But it's all right. You, you branched out once, and you yeah. go back to your bread and butter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's like Jersey Girl and Clerks too. <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. that was your Jersey Girl. Yeah, good yeah. job. <laughs> but right. anyway, cool. Right on. So uh, Brad has prepared a DVD for us. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, and and I'm going first because I'm the best, or he's trying to fuck with me, and I'm going to get really pissed off. No, this is the optimum uh, uh, for, like, arrangement overlap. for. So we don't have to spend six hours doing this, you know. Perfect. For optimum film exploding. Um, so we are going to do something a little different. Um, before we would tell you the name <laughs> of the movie before we play the trailer. Now we're going to play the trailer. And keep you guessing. Keep you yeah. guessing based on if, you know, because sometimes it's just music. Because um, 2009 started to phase out the inner world where two people want to... F- Want to what? Play football? What are you oh, guys yeah. going to say? Ooh, oh, man. Find love. I would have yes. loved if Don LaFontaine <laughs> did the voiceover trailer for Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> would have been wonderful. He can't give him up. Mm. He, he wishes he knew how to quit him. <laughs> cool. Um, so I'll start. Um, my film is... I don't think I saw it in 2009, to tell you the truth, but is a directorial debut of somebody... And I think this person should have more opportunities to make more films. And it's a film that I didn't know I was going to like when I got it. And it also the Blu-ray comes in a green case. So that has that oh. distinction. Hmm. Um, so here's a trailer for my number 10. If I could have dinner with anyone, it would have to be God. My mom is going to kill me. It says temporary. Also from Bodine, Miss Bliss Cavender. I'm sorry that these pageants don't live up to your high moral standards, but there's a lot you can learn from them no matter what you go on to be in line. Out of all the places to go to in the world, who would come to Bodine? So, what are you like? Alternative now? Alternative to what? What is this? I just want to tell you all that you're my new heroes. Well, put some skates on. Be your own hero. The last time I wore skates, they had Barbies on them. I want to be her. Yes, I do. You could be our mascot. I'm going to change my work schedule because I want to take an SAT class on Tuesdays, Thursdays. I'm impressed. I like smart girls. That's why I married your mama. Well, that and I knocked her up. I'm going to do the things that I Looking good, Barbie. I ain't got a You can make out with him, but that is it. Has anyone ever thrown up on the track before? Yeah. Get ready to meet your newest Girl Scout, Babe Ruthless! This is your SAT class? I am in love with this. I cannot take losing the chance for our kid to be happy. We're number 
second out of two teams. Yeah, so Whip It is my number 10 film. I'm pretty sure James is the one who turned me on to this film. I fucking love this movie. Um, it is, uh, yeah, Ellen Page plays a young woman who finds her calling as a roller derby girl and she bonds with the team. And it is freaking amazing. It's cute. There's some great heartfelt moments. You saw one in the trailer where she's talking about that she loves being in roller derby. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's it's a really cute film. Yeah. See, you guys didn't expect this from me, that I like cute films. Oh, yeah, I know you like cute films. <laughs> Every once in a while. I'm so glad, glad that you got this on your list. I, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those films that I... Uh, I like going back to uh, every once in a while because sometimes you just want to watch a fun movie. Yeah. And this movie is fun and it has lots of heart to it. And it's funny because it's it, it when you start watching it it feels like sort of somebody took a you know plot cookie cutter and you know put yeah. it all together but then the way that things land is oh, yeah. so well written. It is. And you know, a Drew Barrymore is a pretty great director. Yeah. She should get more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's think, a talented young woman, you know. I think she mostly likes producing stuff. Yeah. Like when well, you when you see what she's done now, you're like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I, you know, she's one of those uh cool ladies that she can do everything with movies. She yeah. can act, she can be a producer, she can direct. Um It's cuz she learned from one of the best when she was a young kid in a movie that James doesn't like. <laughs> um <laughs> but Sorry. uh yeah, she's uh I guess she I guess she probably doesn't want to. I mean, if she really wanted to, I'm sure she could. Mm. Um yeah. But yeah, whip it. Cool. Number 10. Good pick. Corinne, number 10. My number 10 film is another outing for the most adapted, oh, sorry, the most adapted character in all of literature. And uh, here it is. I have a request. Someone I want to see. Sherlock Holmes. You and I are bound together on a journey that will twist the very fabric of nature. Allow me to enlighten you. Tomorrow, the world as you know it will end. Well, there isn't any time to waste then. Is there? It does make a considerable difference to me having someone with me on whom I can thoroughly rely. Always nice to see you. Lord Blackwood. The witness stated that he saw Lord Blackwood rise from the grave. He's going to raise a force that will alter the course of the world. He's just as brilliant as you are, and infinitely more devious. We'll see about that. Nice touch. I was simply studying your methods, should the authorities ask me to hunt you down. Mm. And leave the case alone. Case for you. <laughs> Save your bullets, Watson. <laughs> What was that about saving bullets? First point of attack, right ear, two, throat, three, crack drips. In summary, neutralized. You've never complained about my methods before? I never complain. When do I complain about you practicing the violin at three in the morning? Your general lack of hygiene or your experiment on my dog? Just kill the dog. Again. <laughs> I wanted to change the world, but I'll settle for ending yours. I wish you would. Get that out of my face. It's not in your face, it's in my hand. Get what's in your hand out of my face. Ugh, they've been flirting like this for hours. Oh! 
in trouble. So it's Sherlock oh, Holmes. Fuck yes, mate. So World's greatest yes. detective. That's so a great choice. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. gets in on the list. It's a good thing. It's a great blend of action, adventure, drama, a little bit of romance in there, and a great mystery elements. And, you know, this is a Sherlock Holmes who actually does some detective work. You know, you see him, and I love the scene at the at the end when Mark Strong's character is, like, dangling from the bridge and, you know, Holmes is explaining like the entire like how he figured out the whole thing and you know I love that revelation and just it's a it's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, si- as a as an aside for the record, uh, I kind of like figured out the order on my list by like what I call the cable principle. Whereas it's like if I was house sitting for somebody who had cable and I saw <laughs> two. Mo- <laughs> and I was that's really good. And like two of my entries were on. TV at the same time, you know, which one which would one I watch? watch? Yeah. So yeah. this is like, nice. I would watch nine over 10. I'd watch eight over nine. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, de- I and this one is on cable a lot. It seems like so. Cause it's so amazing. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's a yeah. great movie. That's a really good pick. Mm-hmm. I remember how exciting it was <laughs> to just see Guy Ritchie be awesome again. Yeah. Um, I, I joked about it during the trailer, but literally that shot where he's walking down the alley and he tilts his hat and the camera tilts with it. And the music cues at the same moment, and I almost jumped out of my seat. I was so excited. You know, that's I, I mentioned I that him. why I liked uh, Aladdin, the remake, more than The Lion King, is because there's an energy to it. Sure. That uh, I think Guy Ritchie brings. Oh, it's nothing but energy. And I mean, <laughs> the um, in Aladdin, the one jump sequence is pretty great. It's cool. I'm always cool. amazed by the scenes where Guy Ritchie, when he sits down, like when it when it's a little more like calm yeah it's still just got some oh, yeah. verbal there's oh, verbal yeah. energy it's in the kinetic. room and yeah yeah yeah, yeah i mean snatch so good. and oh, it does snatch. set up moriarty for game of shadows yeah mm-hmm. game of shadows is fun too mm-hmm. which is handled better than the sherlock tv show yep. what come at me i'll fight you I, I won't come at you but it's been a while since i've seen both i of them. i'm i think you can go at it, it, it's no. disappointing in season three anyway anyway and now here's henry's number 10 yeah something cute okay you always do what jennifer tells you to do it's just that i like the same things that she likes hey jennifer you look really pretty why don't you just come by my place that was random this isn't really your house is it we can play mommy and daddy no way we always share your bed when we have slumber parties Jennifer's evil. I know. No, I mean, she's actually evil. Not high school evil. Chip is looking really cute to me lately. How is he tasting these days? You are never a good friend. You could have anybody that you want. Hi, Chip. You're killing people. No, I'm killing boys. I'm scared. 
thought you only murdered boys. I go both ways. I will finish you if I have to, okay? You can barely finish gym class. Uh, I picked this film for one reason, uh, really. Uh, it's not that I absolutely love this film. I do think this film is a lot of fun uh, and worth seeing. Uh, but I thought it was interesting because I saw this film probably five years ago, uh, long after it came out uh, for the first time. And, uh, you know, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I, didn't, like, uh, I didn't really connect with it all that much. It's, uh, I think even on Letterboxd, Ryan gave it a higher rating than I did. I don't imagine he has it on his list. But if it does, hey, Ryan, hey, how's it going? Um, but... Uh, the reason why I'm including it is that uh, with it being the 10th anniversary and everything, I see a lot of articles right now popping up about how this film is a cult classic, and I see a lot of comments arguing that it's 100% not a cult classic and does not deserve to be a cult classic, and that it's bullshit that this film is even considered even close to that. Uh, but here's the thing. I will tell you uh, straight up that every single girl I have been with since moving to New York has told me how much they love this movie. <laughs> uh, this movie clearly has a huge fan base. I've talked to other people. Uh, apparently this one was, uh, had a much bigger uh, fan base on Tumblr, something that I never personally got into. Uh, but, uh, and so, and I think it's a fun enough film, and I think, uh, I just, I'm including it because I think it's really funny and just fun in general that there is this massively loved film by this big cult community uh, that I didn't even know about. Uh, and I just thought it was just an okay. I thought it was an all right film. I think it's a fun film. But I just, uh, I'm including it because I think it's really fun that that is uh, even a thing that can happen. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, my number 10 is Jennifer's Body. Uh, not because I personally love it. I do really like it. But I just think it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that stuff. But anyway, yeah, that's my number 10. Thanks, Henry. Man, um, that movie's better than that trailer. <laughs> yes, very yeah. better than much better yeah. than that trailer. Uh, it's yeah. it, it's actually better when you watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. Yeah, I was part of that dumb crowd that didn't like it the first time in two thousand nine. But you I've re- fucking idiot! I know, but as I've rewatched it, I'm like, man, this is this is really smart, yeah. really good. And- yeah, it's like a it's a Diablo Cody script done done bad. Not not like made bad. I mean like. There are some choices like how you market that movie yeah. oh, that yeah. do a disservice to a really good script. Yeah, because Karen Kusama is a really good director. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did watch The Invitation, the Invitation recently, by the way. And, 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 but she's a solid director, and this is a pure example of that. It yeah. just took me a while to get in her yeah. frame of run. It, it's game. definitely a different type of movie, mm-hmm. but it's better than that trailer. And Megan Fox is great in it. Oh, yeah. She's, no, she's really good. Mm-hmm. James? Yep. Oh, my number 10. Uh, so my number 10, I, you know, I always save my number 10 as sort of a ringer, so it doesn't necessarily mean that this is the 10th best film of the year, but it's a movie that I want to make sure that we talk about because I think it's important to be spoken about. So my, uh, my number 10 is, uh, is this movie right here. You Jake Sully? I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'd be making a difference. became a marine for the hardship I told myself I can pass any test a man can pass all I ever wanted was a single thing worth fighting for ladies and gentlemen you are not in Kansas anymore you are on Pandora 
should see your faces. We have an indigenous population called the Nabi. They are very hard to kill. This is why we're here. Because this little gray rock sells for 20 million a kilo. Their village happens to be resting on the richest deposit and they need to relocate. Those savages are threatening our whole operation. We're on the brink of war and you're supposed to be finding a diplomatic solution. The concept is to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars. They're grown from human DNA mixed with DNA of the natives. Marine in an avatar body. That's a potent mix. You get me what I need, I'll see to it you get your legs, babe. Your real legs. Hell yeah, sir. Looks like you. This is your avatar. Just relax and let your mind go blank. It shouldn't be hard for you. Side. I want you to gain their trust. You should not be here. Go back. All well, this is your fault. I need your help. We better stop him. They've sent us a message that they can take whatever they want. But we will send them a message. That this, this is our land. So, uh, 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 Avatar. Yeah. So, okay. We're not in Kansas anymore, guys. Uh, so let me explain. Two things. One is that part of the joke of my two, original 2009 list was about how high Avatar was on my list. And it's because I had seen it within, you know, a few weeks or so of whenever we recorded that episode. So it was higher than it needed to be. But I'm adding it to this list for a very important reason, which is we can talk all about, and I... Okay, we'll certainly be the first to do so about all the movies that this thing rips off. Like, uh, my wife and I were watching Atlantis, the uh, Lost, Lost Empire. Empire, recently. And as we were watching it, I'd never seen it. We were watching it, and she's like, she kept going, like, this movie is just like Avatar. And I was like, well, actually, Avatar is just like this movie. Um, so there's there's plenty of things the movie rips off. There's plenty of James Cameron things about this movie that are very James Cameron and that I hate. And we could talk about that. But. There's also a lot of really cool stuff in this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, the universe this movie creates is actually pretty neat. The sci-fi elements behind it, the whole thing of like, you know, uh, using clone bodies that are, you know, 
like uh, a meld between DNA in order to like interface with you know or do first contact with different aliens is really cool. The just the tech, all of that. The the action scenes are really neat. Um, it was an amazing experience to see this movie in theaters. James Cameron provided, oh yeah, action. and yeah. provided that the 3D didn't give you a terrible headache. The 3D in this movie was really impressive when you saw it in theaters, and and was an experience that made you excited to go see a movie in theaters. And I think that that was very important for 2009. Um, and the other thing is that it's a cool, like I said, it's a cool, unique, um like sci-fi universe that sure is stealing from a whole bunch of other things in sci-fi, but everything is, and is an original IP for science fiction, which we don't get very often. And when we do, it's usually a small budget, like kind of quirky, you know, annihilation or arrival or some kind of thing like that, where there's got to be a sort of heady twist to it. This was more like somebody trying to make star Wars again and have it be a big swing. And I'm not saying that it's star Wars, um, but, but the same intense there. Yeah. yeah, and and the truth is, as much as we can nitpick the hell out of this movie for stealing from other stuff, fucking Star Wars did too. We just didn't have the internet back then. Yeah, so it, it's a very different, you know, yeah situation. It's, so I, I I just think it's a I think it's actually a really awesome movie. If you guys really haven't seen it since theaters, you should do yourselves a favor it. and sit down and watch Avatar and just watch it as like. Here's how I would say it. Ryan, you should sit down with Kellen, maybe not now, but maybe in like f- f- three or four years, four or five years, sit down and watch Avatar with Kellen, and you might understand like, oh, shit, this movie's actually really fun. Mm-hmm. And as an, as an action movie, as a sci-fi movie, like it is absolutely worth being on my top 10 list for I'd, 2009. I'd love to rewatch it, separating myself from the anticipation that surrounded it when it totally. first came out, because that that was my... And I didn't hate it when it came out, but I wasn't like enthralled with it. And I think it's partially because the expectation of it's James Cameron's first film since Avatar. Titanic, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and I like Titanic, fine, but like, it's, you know, like, it's not the right. end all be all for me. But yeah. I would love to rewatch it without that expectation. Neither of those films head. were the greatest films of all time. And we all have a chip on our shoulder about how much money they made. It's an annoying thing, but when you actually strip all that away and just watch it as a fun action movie, like as if it were on cable, mm-hmm. dude, this movie's fucking cool. Yeah, and it gets um, and it gets people yeah. excited, and it gets people engaged, and it makes them feel good. That's, yeah. that's the ultimate thing. Yeah, that's and good. you get to watch people have weird hair sex, and then weird hair rape flying velociraptors. It's fucking weird. And Stephen Lang in a mech suit. It's yeah. great. There's a lot of animal rape, but that nobody <laughs> really talks about it. Because the way that they interface with the animals to make them fly is the same way that they have sex with each other. Mm. Think about it. I haven't seen it. So. Oh, oh, well, well, Brad, when you watch it, you should watch Avatar. There's this scene where they like I'm jump onto a flying velociraptor, <laughs> and then he forces the flying velociraptor to have sex with him, and then they jump off a cliff together. It's cool. really cool, man. No, Did it's they not get cool. Alien STDs from that. Uh, that's Avatar 2, man. Avatar 2, all about... Search for the cure. Hair hair STDs. Avatar 3 is about uh, Avatar safe sex. Right. James, you are right. It it, it was really an experience in the theater. Yeah, man. Those those effects were really mind-blowing when it first came out. And that 3D was amazing like yeah yeah i i do regret not seeing it in imax and i did have access to passes so it it, it actually kind of condemned 3d as a whole because then yeah. the next 10 3d movies Everyone you saw that were all conversion mm-hmm. they were all so bad by comparison that the whole thing died hey, excuse me jackass 3d is pretty amazing 
Have you ever seen a volcano of poo in 3D? In fucking theaters, man. I will just say Jackass 3D, Hugo, and then Avatar. <laughs> Hugo's a great 3D movie. Hugo, Hugo makes me want to flip this table over. Anyway, like uh, who's next? Movie. Brad? I'm next. Cool. My number 10 was not on my list last time. But it was close, and uh, I have enjoyed it so much since then. It has crawled its way to number 10. So my number 10 is... Dusty, I want you to meet Benjamin. Well, I noticed you didn't have any friends, so I signed you up for the Guardian Angel program at church. Your mom's smoking hot. I play my cards right. Maybe someday I'll be your real guardian. Good morning, homeschoolers. Really gonna enjoy the best writer's camp in the state. I'd like to introduce you to one of the greatest science fiction authors of our time. Ronald Shimmerly. I'm assuming you love to write fantasy fiction. Except the character names in your stories are suffering. Need thou not be afraid. We can add Onius, Inus, or Anus to just about anything, and it becomes magical. So when are you going to let me read one of your stories? I've let my mom read a few, but they've just made her cry. <laughs> you can read this. Bronco and Vinaya began their assault on the East Factory. Bronco. I am your soldier. I'll cut to the chase. Unless you can give us something worth taking to print, we're just gonna have to let you go. Bronco. I can do better. Bronchanus. Forgive me. Cyclops there. Cyclops there. Cyclops there. Turrets. Oh my holy crap. Surveillance does. I hate those. It's fantastic. Get aboard your pooping for print. Oh my gosh, is that the new Chevalier book? You stole my story. Awesome. All you did was change the character names and turn Bronco into a tranny. This is ridiculous. Cooking! Somebody come down here and fight me like a man! Seize him! If there's one thing I can't stand, it's plagiarism. I'm completely distressed. I can't even concentrate on my audiobook narration. Gentlemen Broncos. This movie's so underrated. It's so fun. <laughs> I know. I've uh, never heard of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's from the makers of Napoleon Dynamite um, about an aspiring writer who gets his uh, work stolen by a accomplished writer and uh, just the crazy hijinks that ensue as they try to battle each other did you see it at the mayan when it came out uh actually i think it was a share artiste okay i saw it at the mayan like not too long before it left and it was the mayan it was just like a spur of the moment thing and it was i was one i was very happy that i indulged in uh jermaine clement's funniest fuck in this movie <laughs> yeah um and sam rockwell mm. uh, playing all the, the the bronco character and like the two different versions he has to play because <laughs> one's the kid's story the other one's uh chevalier story and yeah it's it's weird and silly and um <laughs> like napoleon dynamite like napoleon and Dynamite. Yeah. libre yeah so Man, yeah i gotta go rewatch that <laughs> um it's yeah zach made a book it's a good pick <laughs> Cool. Zach? Yes. Um, 
Sorry, I just remembered. You appear to be next. So, um, yeah, like I said, my number, uh, my, my list changed over the past 10 years and I was able to find my older list. Um, and, um, sorry, here we go. Um, so my number 10, you do know you're next, right? I, I know I was, I was just enamored by gentlemen Broncos and Jermaine Clement's voice. Zach, do you know where you are right now? (laughs) Who are you people? Get the fuck out of my factory guys um, guys we're an hour in and we've only got one round down <laughs> <laughs> um fuck. so my number 10 back in 2009 was a movie called big fan which i enjoyed uh, mm-hmm. a lot and i haven't seen it since then so i couldn't justify putting it on the list uh my number 10 now though is a film that i was introduced to in 2010 by my friend um uh it's a film that didn't get a theatrical release or a traditional one at the very least but it makes me laugh and it was one of the earliest fitness cinema sessions Suckers gather round. There's a brand new movie coming to town. So get on up and check the scene of the smoothest, baddest mother to ever hit the big screen. Main man, Black Dynamite. He's super cool and he no kung fu. Drives a $5,000 car and wears a $100 suit. You're so righteous. This is also true. And when it comes to the ladies, he's out of sight. Uh, let me guess. You one of these brothers thinking get by on a wink and a smile, huh? What about the smile? I am smiling. Black Dynamite. Never in the history of the game has there been such devastation. The CIA needs Black Dynamite now more than ever. We need you, Black Dynamite, now more than ever. I thought I told you, hunkies from the CIA, that Black Dynamite was out of the game. And he's better than Sham Superfly and the Mac put together. But when the mob kills his brother, your death will not go on a bench. And put the dope on the street. It's my nephew Bucky. He OD. He's back in the game and he's playing for keeps. I am declaring war on anybody who sells drugs in our community. But Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. He killed my best dealer. I want him dead now. So if you crave satisfaction, then dig this action. Guaranteed to put your ass in traction. Black, black, stack, attack, and match. Backtrack, slapjack, boot black, flashback, ram sack, jam pack, and still coming back. You see where I'm coming from, you giant motherfucker. Black Dynamite, starring all-star running back Ferrante Jones. Fashion model Tambula Tacon, William T. Michelson, Ronnie Sinatra, Little Tiny Tiggs, Junebug, Bo Willie Peter, and me. That bad bull hunt. Black Dynamite! Now, what's the guy's name? Dynamite! Dynamite! Man, this Um, movie. Yes, Black Dynamite. Um, uh, Yeah, I know it's a little lower than I probably would have wanted it to even be, but there are a lot of other films that Uh mean more to me from 2009 that have grown over the years. And this one... I since I didn't see it in 2009, I didn't put it on there. But it, this movie is really, really intelligent on how it handles its homage to the black exploitation genre yeah. while also being a comedy. If you watch this side by side with a Coffee, Foxy Brown, Sugar Hill Gang, like any black exploitation film of the era, um, yeah. it the plots match up 
in terms of their initial intent, not everything, obviously not yeah, yeah, yeah. major Kung Fu fight and then a battle with President Nixon and then eventually Pat Nixon. Um, but the, but the, like the, the basic like pitch of the movie of just like, yeah. he wants to get drugs off the streets. And so and that those are plots in those movies. They right. are about a neighborhood and a community. And, um, Michael J. White, are you my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but it, Michael J. White is so incredible in this film and they got together a wonderful group of actors who you don't see often in films. Um, like Tommy Davidson's wonderful in this movie. Um, and I, I, I do believe that like, it's, it's, it's one of those films I don't think, uh, gets appreciated as often as I'd like it to at times. Yeah. Um, the cartoon series is also incredible. Yeah. And that joke about, I did that shit when I, before I came back from the room is yes. done to beautiful effect on the cartoon <laughs> show when he punches, uh, evil Santa Claus after coming back from the moon and goes, I did that before I came back from the moon. <laughs> like it's the, the world it's created is wonderful. And I, and I can't wait to see what Jai white does next with, um, He's supposed to do a Western version of it yeah. now, and I I'm excited for it. But yeah, yeah, this this movie's fucking incredible. And I've always said this, and I will say it till the day I die. Uh, it, as far as evil villain plots go, this is the most diabolical and <laughs> absolutely insane. We've got to stop these madmen evil plot in a movie ever, which is to shrink dicks. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. really good. Yeah, my number ten, Black Dynamite. Dynamite. Cool. Um. My number nine, I usually don't do, like, classy films <laughs> at all. I mean, you can, most of my films are always going to be... Assy? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, watch these guys punch someone really hard. Um, but every once in a while, a film does come along, um, and it touches this cold heart of mine. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, watch the trailer for number nine for me. Did you know a young boy drowned here? He was my son. And today is his birthday. You won't believe my parents' cabin. Here we are. Very nice, huh? Just get your ass to the door. I don't Looking for my sister. She's gone missing. Have you seen her? Jane missing. She's dead. People go missing around here. They're gone for good. Open up! Oh, we got the guys killing everybody! 
Jason, and today is his birthday. Uh, Good so yeah, um, it's pretty much number nine because there's a line in it where the guy says, "You got like perfect nipple placement, babe." <laughs> no, uh, of course, Friday Thirteenth is going to show up on mine, and I really like this one because Jason's really mean in it, mm-hmm. um, and the kills are pretty gruesome. Uh, I would recommend getting the killer cut that's on um, Blu-ray. It re-edits uh, the movie a lot different, and it's a little more backwards. Violent. No, it, it is. They they uh, the last twenty minutes is a lot different. Um, oh. There's scenes that they reconfigured to make the movie a lot quicker um but yeah i mean if you like friday the 13th movies this movie has lots of things happening it's a lot more faithful to the to the source material than i would have expected when In, I yeah like i said it's cool seeing jason mean again yeah um he runs he doesn't care and he gets to wear both versions of his uh mask he yep. gets to wear the sack and the hockey mask so yep that's he my that's my high class pick of the the film explosion. I like it. Is, yeah, I mean, I've learned to reappreciate it because you've been so passionate about it. So, I thought you were going somewhere sincere with that nope. preamble. Nope. Can you de- can you die instantly by by being hung on a uh, like a one inch coat hanger though? Um, being stabbed. Well, I mean, back? if he stabs her in a, a organ, I guess you could die from it. But it's only like an inch. No, no, you think you're misremembering <laughs> it. It's actually really it's pretty it? big. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he picks up that blonde haired girl in the bathroom and hangs her on a coat rack. She dies slowly. That's the thing. Yeah. And then she gets then she gets shot by Trent. (laughs) Sounds like a fun Sunday afternoon romp. It is. Hey, it's it's like eighty six minutes. It goes by really fast. And it really fun little mystery going on there. Yeah. I like the opening of the. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you like Jason movies, it's pretty good. Yep. Cool. Corinne. Uh, my number nine is a movie that I. Would definitely like just looking at the premise of it, so here's the trailer. I must have been 11 when I learned that I was nearer to the crown than I had thought. Her Royal Highness Princess Victoria of Kent. So I began to dream of the day when my life would change. prayed for the strength to meet my destiny. I pass the royal authority directed to that young lady. From now on, everyone will push you and pull you for their own advantage. You are unprepared. And whose fault is that? Should you ever need an ally, you have one in me. His Serene Highness, Prince Albert. What is it? Don't you like her? More than I dared hope. There will be more than one vulture to contend with. Who controls the young girl most? Controls England. So I have no say in my own palaces. I you will sign this order. I will not! How dare you! If you think that I will ever forget that you stood by and watched him treat me thus, you are dreaming. Sometimes I feel quite alone in the world. I know what it is to live alone inside your head while never giving a clue as to your real feelings. She found the courage to follow her heart and to discover her destiny. Her Majesty the Queen. Do you ever feel like a chess piece in a game being played against your will? Do you? Constantly. Then you had better master the rules of the game until you play it better than they can. You don't recommend I find a husband to play it for me? Not for you. With you. Based on the true story. There are plenty of people who will expect me to fail. Then they don't know you like I do. Of the young woman who ruled an empire. You have courage and heart. 
You're stronger than you look. Do not lose faith in yourself or your people. Your honesty will take you through the storm. And the passion that ruled her life. We will take care of each other, won't we? Always. Yeah, so the young Victoria. Just like I said in my 2008 film explosion list with the Duchess, a period drama about a woman struggling against the social constraints of her time. You know it's on my list. <laughs> and especially because it has some very cute people and a just the most adorable like romance subplot involving two cousins ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Have you seen Downton Abbey? Anyway, uh, is this, cousin, uh, well, they're, is this they're, first... they're not first cousins. They're Trove, not first cousins. Yeah, first cousins yeah. I think this is the first movie where uh, Emily Blunt kind of she becomes like a star because this is the movie people point to that mm. you know she's. I mean, what which was she like thirty three right now? So yeah, she's probably uh, twenty three in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the one where she's not like a si- side supporting or anything. Yeah, like that. she kind of because right. um, Devil Wears Prada, she's a supporting character. I guess right. yeah, Devil Wears Prada is kind of her big breakthrough but this is one where they're like oh she can carry a movie yeah right 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 and it looks really good i've actually never seen that movie i'm gonna put that on my list it's well good. it was it, it was produced by martin scorsese so you know walk in trepid oh, yeah yeah i'm not gonna watch this yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but yeah and also mark strong is <laughs> in the movie i totally With forgot about chops that. so two mark strong movies back to back and jim broadbent jim broadbent's great yes he will p- appear on another movie later on my list hmm. Hmm. if they're british they're on corinne's list <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah just wait till we get to my number seven if you make the tea we will come to drink <laughs> do you want a minute bread no, uh, I'm good. Hey, Henry, what's your number nine? All right, uh, my number nine film. Uh, I will also say, before I get into it, uh, this list is by far my most uh, diverse, I guess, where it's all over the place tonally and makes it's a weird combination of films. But anyway, my uh, number nine film. Will you marry me? Yes! Peter already booked the place we went for that long weekend. So romantic. So romantic. She doesn't know she's on speakerphone. That's where you guys had sex for the first time, right? Wow. Marry him. Lock that tongue down, girl. So you're not gonna have a best man? Uh, here's the thing, Zoe. Peter's always been a girlfriend guy. All his dude friends just fell by the wayside. Why is it weird that I had girlfriends? Nothing. We're just saying you never really had a best friend is all. Well, who's your best friend? Your brother, Robbie. What's up? He's about the coolest guy I know. <laughs> So what do I do? How do I meet friends? If you see a cool-looking guy, strike up a conversation and ask him on a mandate. Okay. You know what I mean? No. Casual lunch or after-work drinks. You're not taking these boys to see The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, God, I love that movie. No, I won't. He just moved to L.A. His mother says he's so excited to meet you. I really enjoyed this. Awesome. Yeah, he got up in there. Like tongue? A whole bunch of tongue deep in my mouth. I'm Peter Clavin. I'm the realtor. Sydney Fife. Hey, check out these two. That guy needs to fart. He does seem to be clenching. Watch the leg. Boom. He farted in my open house. He sure did. I'm thinking it might be a little bit small. Totally, and it smells like fart. Hey, Sydney. I could be in Venice by five. I can do that. This is a mandate. He's the most beautiful dog in the world. Any plastic bag? Or... Oh, no, I don't clean up after my dog. Damn it! 
How about cleaning up after your dog? You mind your own. What the? F Society tells us to act civilized, but the truth is we're animals, and sometimes you gotta let it out. Try it. Ah! Respect the process. Ah! Yeah, you feel better? Yeah. Wanna eat a corn dog? Yeah. Let's go. So what do you guys do for seven straight hours? Ah! Yeah, Pete. So is he your best man? It's way too early to tell. Sweet, sweet hanging. Truth is, I've been a girlfriend guy, but out of all those girls, you're the only one that wanted me to have my own life. It's like one of the most romantic things I could ever think of. What's up? Come on. Hey, geek! I just stepped in your dog's crap! <laughs> Peter Ryan! Uh, okay, so this film is very important to me uh, as a person. We're actually getting to the point now in these film explosions where, like, things actually... This is when I, like... 2009, 2008, this is when I started, like, was like, yeah, movies. I'm going to start, like, really going to movies and studying movies and getting really into movies. It's the first time that I've had this kind of thing, because all of you have had it for a while, but not me. Uh, I Love You, Man was the first film that my... was the first radar film I convinced my dad to take me to. Uh, and I was only able to do it because I think... When I saw it, when it came out, it was, uh, I think it said it was rated R only for language and, like, sexual references. Uh, and, uh, so my dad was okay with it, and so he took me to see it. Uh, I'll remind you that I was, uh, 13. I was 13 in 2009. Um, maybe 12. Yeah, I think I might have been 12 and then going on 13. Uh, but I was 12 when this film came out. And, uh, I remember, uh... Thinking like, oh, it'll just be language. We go and see it. And this one's great. It's all about male friendship. And there's, uh, for, you would think there'd be more great films about male friendship when there really aren't. There's very, uh, it's a very niche market, or at least a niche market of films done well about it. Uh, and, uh, there is a great scene in, at, like, I think it's like a wedding toast where Jason Segel basically tells the entire table that Rita Jones needs to blow Paul Rudmore. And my dad, and I didn't get it at the time because I was 12 and didn't know that blowjobs were a thing yet. I know, shocker. Um, but like, um, yeah, I just remember, it's just, I, I really like this film. It really, it's really important to me. Uh, it's one of my favorite comedies, predominantly because of, uh, uh, how, it, how it affected me as a, uh, the situation around it less so than the film. But the film is great and I do love it a lot. Uh, but anyway, yeah, my number nine film is I Love You, Man. Thanks, Henry. Great choice. <sighs> That's a cool movie. I I don't know. I'm amazed. Is, Henry's playing a joke, right? <laughs> I always think is uh, sometimes his lists are super serious, and then then he always throws in movies like that. I'm like, oh, he likes real movies too. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah, it is a good movie. Yeah, cool. Um, so earlier when I said that some of us are gonna get stabbed, uh, I meant me. My number nine. Over the years, they've taken you on amazing journeys to worlds you've never imagined. Wow. And places you've only dreamed of. This summer, Disney Pixar will take you on their next great adventure with Carl Fredrickson. And he won't even have to leave his house. Ah! 
this summer. Journey to a lost world. With these guys. Hi, Mr. Fredrickson. Please let me in. No. Disney Pixar's Up. Oh, there's a Mickey uh, balloons that I totally just noticed. Mm -hmm. nice. Secret Mickey. Yeah, it's a movie that uh, that decides to kick you in the ass ten minutes in and make you cry your ass off. Huh? Yeah. Um, it's a lovely movie, though. The Yeah, Up is a, an absolute masterpiece. Um, the only reason, I, this is all I will say, because I know we will talk about this movie plenty more, only reason why this movie is lower on my list is because Carl's story is better than Carl's adventure. Mm. And and that's why I I love this movie and think it's a masterpiece, but it actually suffers from some very similar problems to Wally in my mind. Um but that's Wally's me perfect. That's me nitpicking like an unbelievably amazing film. I'm just going to fucking so. go home now. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, my number nine. Brad, why did you also stab everyone else at the table with a knife? Uh, because <laughs> he stabbed the everyone. best part of the m movie is that one scene, like ten minutes in. Yeah, actually, the end part too with the badge is pretty. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Devastating too. So yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Great Pixar stuff. Um. Yeah. Probably the peak. Well, I can't, I can't uh, you mean you mean that period of Pixar or like yeah that, this that movie whole decade they were like really on a rise yes. and the past decade has been okay I mean yeah. mostly because they've been toying with sequels so much yeah yeah um but I think as far as like original content like this is probably the high one of the high points yeah. other than Toy Story movies agreed yeah I guess Toy Story three right after this is yeah right. <laughs> that's a sequel well so. but but I think to your point like this was in this period where. Where genuinely you could have, I could have not seen the trailer to a Pixar film and walked in and known I was going to get one of the best films of the year. Like they were so hitting perfectly every time at bat. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I mean, we've gotten Inside Out and Coco in the last like yes. 10 years. So those uh, if, are both amazing. And Toy Story 4 is amazing. And some, some of the variable sequel. here is that some so. other people finally caught up. You know, I mean, sure, you still have some fucking blue sky garbage and whatever the hell Illumination Studios is making right now. And that stuff's all terrible. But like you do have some other animated films that are finally getting to that point where like uh, you, you're like, oh, man, this is this is as good as a Pixar film. Right. Um, and I know the the Ice Age movie actually made more than up the year that this came out. Yeah. Which well, is Life of Pets bullshit. More than Coco and Well I mean, no adult walked out of Up and was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do that again anytime soon. <laughs> not because it's not great, but because adults I, I mean, no one was expecting to weep so hard when they walked into that theater. But that um, but that movie also contains I, I love I love the entire film, not just Carl's story, but his adventure as well, because it is that spirit of adventure, which is a song in the movie soundtrack mm -hmm. that I enjoy. But um it's it has a sense of old adventure. I, I love the tributes to it. Like I love that Carl looks like older Spencer Tracy. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy a lot of elements of this film, and and the story of of the kid is is also like mm -hmm. very touching. And um, and I like Doug. I am sure we will talk about this movie more later. I yeah. sat on the porch and waited for you because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, 
my number nine, uh, I did not expect to uh, be as affected by it as the, so many years later as I was when I first saw it. But here we are. Habt ihr euch einmal gefragt, wer das sein könnte, der Kadi so zugerichtet hat? Und den Siki? Und wer die Schnur im Garten des Doktors gespannt hat und die Scheune angezündet? Ich weiß jetzt, wer all diese Verbrechen begangen hat. Wer? Gottes Wort nahezubringen und euch in seinem Geiste zu verantwortungsvollen Menschen zu formen. Verzeihen Sie, Herr Vater. Bitte verzeihen Sie. Weiß ist, wie ihr alle wisst, die Farbe der Unschuld. Um, so yeah, The White Ribbon uh, by Michael Haneke, uh, who, if you don't know, he did funny games. Um, so that's... This I appears think... to be less funny. Funny games isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you've seen funny games, right? Or at least nope. the, the American version? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now, um, so The White Ribbon deals with a small rural village in Germany uh, just before World War One. It's a Protestant village, and the... Without spoiling stuff, because there's spoilers pretty early on in the film. You can spoil it. I don't think anyone else is going to watch it. You know, I, I want to, <laughs> in case somebody listens. Um, it's basically about where do where does the evil that uh, comes from Germany in World War One begin? Hitler. Um, no. No, that World War One. Very much not true. Um, uh, but uh, I know. Thanks for pointing that out, everybody. <laughs> I know you know, but um, it's Bro, it's do you even World War Two. Uh, it's it's and, and but it doesn't hit that specifically on the nose. It really is a lot about punishment, punishment and guilt, and what leads to either or. And you're seeing it through the eyes of this rural community in this in this country that is like so near war. It's scary, and where does that tension lie? And it, uh, I think they should know a lot about punishment, shouldn't they? Anyway, my my point is is that like it's a film that I when I first saw it I went to the Shea Artiste for it and we went mainly to go watch the photography because we wanted to see what this film in black and white looked like and when we walked out my friends and I were I, I at the very least was shaken I know they were affected in different ways but it's just that the the brutality in it is 
visceral and it's uncomfortable and it's a film that I don't necessarily like to rewatch, like obviously for like, you know, just kicking back and relaxing for fun, but it is a film that's worthy of study. Henneke's a really good director. He's uh, cachet is a really good film and he's, uh, he's worthy of study and, uh, funny games is the original and the remake are pretty incredible when you watch them side by side. And I think this film, um, is one of his best films from the 2010s-ish decade. He got nominated for Amour in 2012, and, and, and it's a good movie, but this one's much more interesting to discuss. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you check it out, like, I definitely wouldn't, like, you know, kick back with a bunch of popcorn and whatnot because it's going to fill you with dread. And it's not movies. Those aren't movies that I like not, watching that much anymore. Not but, a great workout film. No, but, like, the, this film has stuck out with me uh, in a way that it, it doesn't make me necessarily want to rewatch it because again, it is full of dread and like darkness in it, but, but it is important in my mind in terms of like stuff that came out between within the last 10 years. And just like, where does this manifestation of darkness come from? And like, how do you express it in a way that isn't expressly political, but isn't expressly anti-religion? It's it's really interesting. Okay. I would check it out. Okay. You got somewhere there at the end that I actually now now you kind of hooked me. The zealotism in a puritanical. Um, uh, um, I I yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm reading what you're writing. Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down. If you liked The Witch, you might like this movie. Oh, uh, oh, <laughs> and you're swinging a miss. But unlike Shit. unlike The Witch, there's no uh, demon witches, and there's no witches. <laughs> Is it like The Crucible? No, no. Um, because it's not about the Salem witch trials. Is it like Sahara? <laughs> I'm just, I'm what just is, picking movies. What is the white ribbon? <laughs> is it, if, it, is a, if the lady takes it off of her neck, does her head fall off? That is not part of that movie. So there's an old ghost story where this lady wears a white ribbon, or, or a green ribbon, whatever you want, and she falls in love, and then when her husband, when she's on her dying bed and her husband takes off the ribbon, her head rolls off. Oh yeah, yeah, it's an old old ghost story. Yeah, that's right. I forgot. About that. <laughs> um, and in this old ghost story, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I first uh, read about it in a place called "It's a Dark Dark Room," and in the dark dark room there was a dark dark closet, and inside the dark dark closet there was a dark dark chest. And when they opened up the dark dark chest, boo! There was a ghost. <laughs> Ooh, it's chilly in here. So uh, Alvin Schwartz, who wrote um, "Scary Stories Tell in the Dark," the first book he actually wrote with scary stories was called in a dark dark room and that's where you can find the green ribbon and in a dark dark room i feel like i remember hearing that ghost story as a kid yeah and so there's this also this other ghost story in it um where it's with big teeth and every time the kid goes to somebody they're smiling and their teeth get bigger and bigger and bigger until he gets to the end and the guy's teeth are so big and he can. Uh, <laughs> How big are they? <laughs> They're so big that um, they could eat a whole pizza in one bite. Well, that's not that big. I can do that. Can you? Yeah, if it's a dehydrated, uh, dehydrated pizza. Oh, yeah. Back to the Future 2 style? Yeah. yeah. Nice. You can get a uh, microwave at the Home Depot that looks a lot like the rehydrator. Well, yeah. no, it doesn't look like the rehydrator, but short. Like the same size as the rehydrator was, and uh, that's the. Well, you had the astronaut ice cream when you were a kid. You're like, this is good, and then you have it as an adult, and you go, this is sucks. And then you oh, find that, that the astronauts never ate that. I know. No, 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 no. Astronaut ice cream is is uh, 
dehydrated ice cream. Store. Yeah. Um, so it's it's like chunky. It's like eating like chalk. Chalk. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you'd have to do that. I'll just get history. double bubble but or whatever. Get, you can get, get it at REI. <laughs> can you? Yeah, yeah you can get it at REI. That has it. Even yeah. even early astronauts like their food was just like, hey, here's some beans. Try, I get try not to get distracted it on the by ship. moon pies. <laughs> yeah, moon pies they, also not for astronauts. No, but moon pies are amazing. Hey, hey, I don't know if you know this. Their Twitter Tang, is, awesome. Tang is the yeah. drink that the astronauts brought to the moon. Astronauts <sighs> to the moon. Ha 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 ha. I have some Tang at That's my house. That's a cone joke. <laughs> I don't know why. I just do. Yep. You know what's not very good? Uh, if you say the, the coneheads, fucking cone heads. no, goddamn it, no, don't say that, please. So Brad, yeah, coneheads is wonderful. I'm curious how many tag team reviews are there. Oh, that's a good question remember? here. At this and you also didn't put who was a tag team review for it, so we don't know. Well, well they're always was, right next was, to each other. Yeah, it was it was brother. oh, like right right next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Theoretically, if if there were three of us, it would be like a triple tag team. I think that's happened. Are before. there yeah. any triple tag team reviews? Well, it's called here? a triple threat in WWE. So I mean, there's no triple tag team. Tur- tur- turkey sense. team. Yeah. Turkey, turkey there are team. None. They're all dual. So. Until we create a triple tag team, and yeah, if one comes up, the person next is the other person. So. Yeah, yeah, right. That's why everyone's arranged this in this order. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. the white ribbon. Um, I think we're not you guys still talking enjoy. about the white ribbon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought we were. <laughs> I did. We needed to do what? a lead in for it. Nothing else is going on. We're not Nothing's... stalling for any reason. Nope. Nope. <laughs> That doesn't mean what everyone stopped on? talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. We're, we're, um, uh, talking, yeah. talking, um, talking, talking. My wife uh, just sent it. Anybody want to see a picture of, of my wife and baby oh, fuck. watching? Okay, sorry. back up again. <laughs> <laughs> wa- look, they look, they're at home. They're watching Black Panther. Oh, yeah. 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 Wakanda forever. Yeah. There's, there's, what's funny is she takes the same photos of Leona watching movies that I do, uh, where like you just see a little bit of her and then like, the movie in the background, yep. which is like my favorite thing to do to you guys on Sunday mornings. I mean, it's, it's like, not like you can leave the baby if you're taking the photo. No, but sure. I just I, any any time that, that she's like teach the baby to take very the photo. much <laughs> watching. Like, oh, here's Leona, you know, watching Commando. It just makes me very happy, and I like sending those photos. Hell yeah, and you, Commando. I mean, come on. I know. Yeah, yeah. My mom was uh, not happy about that. <laughs> All right, Ryan. Um, number eight for me introduced us to a thunder god it also introduced us to a guy who has a really sexy voice in a reboot i couldn't believe it when the bartender told me who you are why are you talking to me man your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes he saved 800 lives Including yours. I dare you to do better. Enlist in Starfleet. You will experience fear. Fear in the face of certain death. Pull your chute! We received a distress call. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. This day of reckoning. We've got no captain and no first officer to replace him. Yeah, we do. You are capable of deciding your own destiny. 
The question is, which path will you choose? James T. Kirk was a great man, but that was another life. Uh, so just like Star Wars, J.J. Abram made Star Trek cool again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He, I thought he did a great job of updating it and bringing um, everybody into Star Trek, where yeah. I, I, I've, where Star Trek I think was always popular with a select group of people. It's, I think this one helped it bring it to more mainstream. It's, it's more not, of an it, action movie. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But it still has the 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 values of a Star Trek property. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean Carl Urban is awesome it's, in it. Uh, yeah. It's just so good. It's just so good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's why it's number eight. That's why it's better really than Friday point. the Thirteenth. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you. Well, yeah. you know, I was thinking about. I was thinking. I should put Friday the Thirteenth number one <laughs> just to <laughs> piss everybody off because uh, it was probably the movie I've seen the most. But you know, uh, yep, Star Trek. Cool, good pick. Love it. Great movie. So my number eight uh, is a movie that has flaws, but I want to recognize it because it is the end of an era or one of the last of an end of an era. So here's the trailer. Everyone thinks they know the story of the princess and the frog. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. It will make me human again. Just one kiss. Unless you beg for more. But no one knows what happened after the kiss. Until now. How did you get way up there? And how did I get way down here and all this... In the tradition of Walt Disney's most beloved classics <laughs> comes the story behind the most magical kiss the world has ever known. Disney Pictures, The Princess and the Frog. Um, That's a good pick. It's a great, it's a great movie. Actually, not the last hand-drawn anime. I know. Movie, though. Well, I mean, it's up there. It's I mean, one of the Winnie last the ones. Yeah. Yeah. But That's it's, true. But uh, no, that yeah, movie's beautiful. The, uh, uh, the villain's song and dance is... Doc- Dr. Facilier. Yeah, is yeah I've got friends incredible. on the other side. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. John Goodman as a Southern dandy is hilarious. Well, it's and the, I mean, the whole movie is great. Yeah. The reprise of I've Got Friends on the Other Side yep. is fucking yeah. creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and they drag him off to hell. Oh, yeah. Essentially that, hell. Yeah. I mean, this movie is wonderfully animated. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. Great yeah. vocal performances. The songs are pretty catchy. I like that one that, what's the one with like the gospel choir there that Mama mm-hmm. Odie sings? That one's good. They're all good. I, I think that movie works as well as it does because, like any Disney movie, if those characters hit you, they, they then oh, it yeah. works. And those characters, I love them. Oh, the little fucking Firefly dude, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> the Cajun uh, Firefly, Jim Cummings. Oh yeah, Jim yeah. Cummings, amazing. who's amazing. You know when he, spoilers, dies. I'm like, what? Oh, don't cry. It's a good yeah. movie. It's okay. You can cry. <laughs> so Henry, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight film. Number eight, right? Yeah, I think it's number eight. Let me make sure this is number eight. It is number eight. Uh, my number eight film is uh, the only foreign language film on the list. ¿Dónde vas? Te dejo en esto. No sé de qué habéis hablado todos estos días. Pero yo sí sé lo que no os he contado en todos estos años. So Breaking Embraces uh, is a Pedro Almodovar uh, film, uh, Spanish, uh, from Spain, uh, director. Uh, I'm, I'm also including it because it's very fresh in my mind. Uh, Almodovar is a, a director that I recently did. Recent, I, the director I did recently where I watched this entire filmography all the way through. And this is definitely one of his weaker films. Uh, but I think it's still a lot of fun. Or not fun, but it's very well done. It's a, very, it's a melodrama, which is what he specializes in. But... Uh, Penelope Cruz is great in it. Basically, it's uh, a film about uh, this writer kind of looking back on his career and looking back on his life and kind of that kind of thing. It's it's very much what Almodovar does best, where it's about a man looking at his life and, and uh, kind of analyzing who he is as a person. It, it, Almodovar really does two films, being uh, men thinking about how they're shit and women thinking how they are the shit. Uh, and... Uh, and it's just—it's a good example. It's not one of his best films, but it's definitely uh, in the upper half, I would say. Uh, and if you like Penelope Cruz, she, all her, the work she does with Amovadar is all of her best work, uh, and this is no exception. Um, she's amazing in this film, and uh, yeah, if you want a good Spanish film, this is definitely a good one to check out. 
Thanks, cool. Henry. Thanks, Henry. Uh, uh, yep. I wonder how oh. broken the embraces are. <laughs> <laughs> Almodovar films are really fun. Are like that doesn't look fun. <laughs> it, uh, by fun, I mean like you, 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 it's intriguing to watch him work and like, cool. skin I live in still creeps me out to this day. It's a good movie though. Uh, my number eight is a movie that I recently revisited with my wife and is still visually incredible. Um, Battle for Terra. This was a movie that was a touchstone that year. So, uh, yeah, here's my number eight. The whole world is watching. The course of human history has changed today. The ship appears to be stopping over Johannesburg City. They're spending so much money to keep them here when they could be spending it on other things. At least they're keeping them separate from us. How do your weapons work? of District 9, the refugee camp set up to separate aliens from the general population. They told me I was going to get a vest. Don't worry about the vest, it'll be fine. Get the new agents, open the door please. This is an amazing fight. I haven't seen this type of setup. I don't know, this has got the markings there of, uh, so it's, it's definitely alien, but uh, it's, uh, it's not a weapon. We've seen heavily armed forces being deployed into District 9. Nobody really knew what this place was. District 9 is... Um, not Chappie. When you first saw... No, we don't talk about Chappie. When when I first saw trailers for this, it was, like, just intriguing. And mm-hmm. then when you heard the stories about, like, how the movie's made and how little their budget was. And then you get into the movie and you're thinking that you're going to get, like, a weird little mm-hmm. sci-fi action movie. And what you get is, to this day, an absolutely incredible... Um, I don't want to just say metaphor because it's not just that, but like it is a very apt, important story that continues to be relevant, if not more relevant today. Oh yeah, and I think um, uh, I think the twist is super right. shocking because, yeah. like you said, you go in expecting one thing, yes, and then you are ended up living through a different character and what they go through 
so I'll tell you. So I watched this this year with my wife, um, and she obviously had, didn't see the movie in, in theaters, didn't remember it at all, didn't know what it was when she picked it off of the stack, um, other than some kind of weird sci-fi movie. And listening to her because of the way that the movie starts, um, and yeah, whatever, she's not listening, so I'll just say this: uh, my wife is a very wonderful, kind, and loving person. But in those early moments, she was creeped out by the bugs, thought they were kind of gross, and the movie gets you into a place where you think he's kind of doing the right thing until it starts to switch. And over the two hours of that film, I watched that movie fuck with her mm. and it was incredible like that that movie 10 years later still hits all those like plays all the same cards perfectly um that then of course like halfway through the movie she's like she she got it and knew exactly what was going on it was so in but that first 20ish minutes before before you really start cuz especially even when you meet um shoot the 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 lead bugs uh, character's name i can't remember um even when you meet him, like he's kind of a dick and they're kind, like, you kind of get like, Oh, okay. But then as you start to see the other side, it's just incredible. I think that's why um, the movie plays so well is because yeah. you have these preconceived ideas of right. what sci-fi is and who bad people are right. or bad entities. And it and turns the, it. And the body horror that's in the movie kind of lets you feel safe that way for a while until they, you start to turn and then you're like, Oh fuck. This, like, this made, the, the the birthday scene where he's yeah. like spewing black crud all over the cake. You're like, this is disgusting. It's 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 this is weird terminology, but I think it might be apt. It's like David Cronenberg light. Yeah, oh, like totally. it, it, yeah, it doesn't go yeah, the yeah. same route, the same extremity. It's but not as exploit. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's using some of that same like bodies anyway. don't blow up right. <laughs> in the scanner style. Um, I and then it's just cool. Like when you see like you know the scene where they're using his hand to use the different guns and shit like that. It's just dope. Yeah. Like you just really want to see you know pigs explode, and then they bring out a bit bug, and you like, and it really is that is like the moment where they've finally gotten you, and they pull the bug out or the prawn. They pull the prawn out, and he's about to actually kill a person, and it's the first moment where, as the viewer you've completely flipped and you realize like, Oh, fuck, I yep. do not want them to kill this person. Yeah. Um, I, it's incredible. I remember the first time I watched it, the final shot of the film had me in tears. And, but I, but, but I think I get in, t I, I, I go to tears now for different reasons because yeah. of the, the way the thematics have changed because of how this, this movie is important and the story is important. It's yeah. not on my list anymore. Because I haven't watched it in a while, but I did watch it like four years ago, and I do I do really like the movie. A you lot. should, yeah. yeah, and especially that ending. the The fact that the movie forces you to live in the tension at the end is is great because yeah. we all spoilers live in the tension. Yeah, I should have found a way to rewatch it before I made my list. It is a good movie. You should. And Charlotte Copley is an awesome actor, oh. and I want him in more things. So good. Yep. Cool. Brad. Uh, my number eight is probably the movie that's fallen the farthest uh, down my list. Um, only really because I haven't really watched it since 2009, I think. And my number eight is this. I love the Smiths. Sorry? I said I love the Smiths. You've, you've good taste in music. You like the Smiths? Yeah. 
to die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. I love them. Holy. This is a story of boy meets girl. They made a statue of us. The boy, Tom Hansen, grew up believing that he'd never truly be happy until the day he met the one. The girl, Summer Finn, did not share this belief. You should know up front, this is not a love story. I think we should stop seeing each other. Just like that? Just like that. Start from the beginning and tell us what happened. I tried to talk to her in the copy room. She's totally not having it. Maybe she was just in a hurry. And maybe she's an uppity better than everyone super skank. In college, they called me perfectly adequate and handsome. They used to call me anal girl. I was very neat and organized. See so you have a boyfriend? No. Who needs it? We're young. Might as well have fun while we can. And... Wait, wait. What happens if you fall in love? You don't believe that, do you? What? It's love, it's not Santa Claus. I think it's official. I'm in love with Summer. I love how she makes me feel. Did you ever even have a boyfriend? Of course. What happened? Why, why didn't they work out? What always happens? Life. You'll get over her. I don't want to get over her. I want to get her back. We've been like Sid and Nancy for months now. We have some disagreements, but I hardly think I'm Sid Vicious. No, I'm Sid. Oh, so I'm Nancy. That's a good movie. That's a good pick. Yeah. Um, again, I haven't seen it in a long time, so what I really remember is just the directing, the editing, yeah. and how creative it was. Yeah. Um, a great way to tell uh well it probably would have been like a traditional romantic comedy story mm-hmm. um it's really creative so yeah um, it's a good one but i gotta revisit it so yeah the only thing i remember about that movie is the name of the girl at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep good cool. stuff it's a good one in a while but it is a good movie it is zach all right my number eight uh is a film that caters to my love of an old oh okay shoot sorry i thought that brad was already starting the trailer <laughs> like, like just oh, uh, sorry no, i just no, saw the tra- okay. tv change and i was like dude we'll brad. get through this faster <laughs> cold no. blood i figured if i restart the disc for each Keep one your preamble it, didn't skip on that to 15 one. Yeah, words right, or right, fewer right, yeah yeah what was oh no um Really quickly, um, yeah, no, you're good. I, I missed. Good. I missed on number nine. My number nine from uh, the previous uh, from the previous attempt at this list ten years ago was up in the air. Uh, it's no longer on my list. Um, my original number eight the was. Fuck the fuck is wrong with? You? Why are you doing this? <laughs> Not. I'm just telling you what it was ten years ago. That's all. I love that you said that, and I just watched it in my peripheral. Ryan just look at me like, "Are you gonna jump over the table?" Because <laughs> me too. Like, wait. What? <laughs> <laughs> um. So my my original number eight, uh, ten years ago was the informant. Um, That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, my number eight this time around is a That's good. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number eight this time around, though, is a film that I really liked when it came out. I didn't think much of it, but I have gone back to it a lot. It caters to my tastes and my passions, uh, and it features one of my favorite supporting performances in a movie this year. One of many, but 
this one's really good and blew me away. This is the story of one week in my life. It was the week I fell in love. The week I would make my Broadway debut. What the hell is it now? And the week I would meet Orson Welles. John, this kid's going to play Lucius. Will you work for nothing? Orson! Quiet, I'm negotiating. Orson's very competitive, very self-centered. This stage is where history is being written. Very brilliant. Okay, listen, people. Nail your words to the back wall, and that goes for the rest of you. Consonants, consonants, consonants. And don't forget the vowels. Don't criticize him. Ever. No, sir, there are more with him. Not more with him. More with him. This is Shakespearean verse we're speaking. I know my lines. And I say you need more time. <laughs> so tell me who you are. What are you offering? Wealth, travel, fame. I can take you to movies that have all that. You're cute. The whole show is in shambles. He is an arrogant... I am Orson Welles! And every single one of you stands here as an adjunct to my vision. You don't like the way I work here? There's the door. There is water breaching the deck. Sabotage! This is the essential Orson Welles moment. We might have a show that closes Thursday night. We might have a show that people will remember for 50 years. Orson wants to stay with me tonight. Want me to fight for you? Because I will. You've only known me for a week. Well, sometimes you remember a week for the rest of your life. Images of magnificence. That's what you see in every great actor's eyes. That's all that matters in this world. I'm proud of every member of this company. Got to be one of those magic nights tonight. Can you feel it? It's showtime. How does this uh, movie placate to you? Uh, it's Orson Welles and I. <laughs> <just> really like- <laughs> um, so me and Orson Welles. Um, it's a Richard Linklater movie too, which I, I, I that man always impresses me when he when he directs. Like mm-hmm. I just he'll come out of something. He'll come out with something that I just wasn't expecting out of him. And yeah, it's a, a testament to how genius he is. And it is funny to see that slide in the trailer that says from the from the man who brought you School of Rock, Rock and Before <laughs> Sunset. <laughs> it, it shows his variety. It's oh, wonderful. Totally. Uh, me and Orson Welles um, tells the story of a young man who goes to. Um, uh, work for Orson Welles and after his... he left his high school musical, <laughs> <laughs> and he was seventeen again, uh, not not too long before that. Uh, but uh, he goes to work for Orson Welles's theater company, which is the Mercury Theater. Um, which at the time that this film is set, they are in the middle of their federal theater project, working on their adaptation of Julius Caesar. Which the adaptation of Julius Caesar that they did was uh, rewritten and reconstructed to be a parable about the impending Nazi threat. Uh, It's a very important version of Julius Caesar that is worthy of uh, research and discovery. Um, What's amazing about the film is how accurate it is, and I rarely see this this level of accuracy in a movie. Um, I think Zac Efron's wonderful in the film as a leading man. Like I, I understood the charm of Zac Efron from this movie and 17 again this very year. Um, it just, it, I mean, and now granted I was 18 years old trying to learn like, why does everybody like Zac Efron? And then those were my answers. I thought Apollo 11 was pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, that guy looked uh, and acted just like Orson Welles. Apollo 11 is creepy. a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, and I said this up front, but Christian McKay as Orson Welles is 
unapologetically brilliant. Um, that this film does not pull any punches. He's he is portrayed as the asshole that he was. He's also portrayed as the genius that he was. It's a very balanced portrayal of Wells and McKay's performance blows me away every time I watch it. Um, one of the beautiful parts of this film is actually recreating a myth of Orson's uh, history where in order to get from place to place that he needed to get to because he was so busy, he'd you, he'd ha- ha- uh, call an ambulance and take the ambulance to the radio studio or the theater, wherever he needed to be. Because in New York at the time, there was no law that said you couldn't uh, ride the ambulance if you were okay and not sick. So he took advantage of it. Um, it's a wonderful film. It's a Linklater movie that does not get talked about a lot. And it's just a wonderful time. Actually, Ryan, I think you'd like it a lot. It's got a very fun spirit about it. And um, it looks it's like not, I'd like it. Yeah, yeah I, it think, really good. I, I think you, I think honestly, I think all you would enjoy it in some form or fashion. And it's not so much about Wells as it is about Efron's character, but Wells is, Wells is a part of the film in an important way. So well, he's the second part because the first part is me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's well, unless I flip it and it's Orson Welles and I. Mm-hmm. The only thing I, I think the title is a little like too on the nose, but whatever. I mean, it got me into the theater, so it worked. Yeah. Anyway, that was my number eight. Uh, my number eight is a repeat. Mine is with the sexiest. Yeah, seven. This is your seven. Oh, seven. I'm sorry. Uh, seven is a repeat with the sexiest detective around. That, font. <laughs> that fucking font <laughs> and the music it's appropriately awesome <laughs> i would love sherlock it's from star i would trek. love sherlock holmes yeah. in the star trek reboot oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah sherlock holmes i love robert downey jr um this is not a secret and i love this movie um he makes sherlock holmes really fun uh where he, he they went away from kind of the stuffy sherlock holmes that you're used to and made him sexy cool or the more, and a boxer yeah the more formal affair and they yeah they brought a grit to it but a little it, more eccentric but i love that it is still amazingly like faithful oh yeah to the source no the the story is really faithful i mean even in game of shadows it's really faithful yeah it's um, it's incredible how they were able to mix that guy Ritchie burly brawl thing yeah. with it yeah it's awesome so yeah watch sherlock holmes yes always watch Double checking, I got the right movie. Okay. I just like inhaled and exhaled at the same time, and it made a weird sound. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it was it called breathing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> I'm gonna dial nine and one. It's and called super breathing, and I've been practicing yeah. it for years. <laughs> I'm ready for the super Olympics. <laughs> so uh, to introduce my number seven, I'll just say, "Hey, fetus boy, lesson <laughs> one. I tell you to fuck off. What do you do? <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> You'll go far." Now fuck off. <laughs> yeah. He did not say unforeseeable. You may have heard him say that, but he did not say that, and that is a fact. I apologize for Malcolm. Don't apologize for me. Apologize for yourself. Is war unforeseeable, Minister? To walk the road of peace, sometimes we need to be ready to climb the mountain of conflict. Climb the mountain of conflict? You sound like Nazi Julie Andrews. PM wants you to go to Washington. Talk to as few people as possible. That'd be best for you. 
I'm in a motorcade. I feel like we should have hookers, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You want girls? No, 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 absolutely not. Who's Simon Foster? He said war was unforeseeable, and I think he could be very useful on the war committee. You're going to use him as a little meat puppet. You might be a scary little poodle rat in London, but here you're nothing. What is going on? You're like the woman from The Omen. Uh, you've given birth to a demon, and now it's going to kill you. This will be the vote to commence military intervention. He's mentioned the bomb. And Russia's not going to back a bomb. How do I know you're I don't want to back a war. What? What? You're an idiot. Have you ever even actually killed anybody? Yeah. Well, I mean, fall asleep on someone, that doesn't count. Don't leave your boss twisting in the wind and then bursting late, smelling like a pissed seaside donkey. Where's the war committee? Do you like how I'm telling you what's going on where you are? Hoity toity. Hey, of the curse words, all right? Kiss my sweaty balls, you fat. This is the problem that civilians want to go to war. Once you've been there, you never want to go again unless you absolutely have to. It's like France. Corinne, I am so happy you got this on your list. Because I like this movie a lot. I was rewatching yeah. clips today and it's just it's this it's this this is the beginnings of Ianucci's uh comedic career. So what's the name of this movie? In the Loop. In the okay, Loop. Okay, I'm just saying cuz no one said it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's In the Loop. Fair. Um which is um like a spin-off or something of the TV show, the British TV show The Thick of It. Hmm. Um starring Peter Capaldi, Tom Hollander, um James Gandolfini. Right. Yep. Yeah. James Gandolfini. Yeah. Um. And I, as much as I love Peter Capaldi, I think Tom Hollander's performance really takes it in this movie because he just plays this kind of like squirmy, awkward guy, and he pulls it off so well compared to you know his character in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, where he's much more like in command and you know suave and confident, and here he's just like the complete opposite of that. Yeah. So it's a it's a hilarious movie. It is, yeah. I haven't seen it. I don't think since it, 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 that year or the year after, something like that. But I love the movie right up until Macaulay Culkin gets stung by bees and dies. That part sucks. But <laughs> the, my girl's in this movie. This is the movie she came back to acting for. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Though the, the, the uh, this movie is a really good primer if you ever want to watch the death of Stalin, which is also by Iannucci, yeah. and also I guess. I haven't watched Veep, but if uh, it's, Veep he, is, he does that freaking too. amazing, yeah. The 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 guy who created Veep um, is the director of this yeah. film, and yeah. um, uh, I love the same people in it. Yeah, and I love Death of Stalin, and and also watching that trailer, I miss James Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. His movie yeah. Enough Said, one of his last movies, it's great. Carol, you would not like this movie. They say the F word about every three seconds. Oh, so, yeah, J- that's and, not the and worst. Uh, Peter Capaldi for sure says it all the time <laughs> okay fuck it bye <laughs> good pick henry. henry uh my number seven film going back to the i love yous uh and again this one's very important to uh me as a person uh my number uh seven film and finally i would like to thank you for this man jesus this man who pursued me to the ends of the earth who works so hard to make us happy. Amen. Amen. It's just sometimes I want to cry when I think about how happy I am. I'm gay. You're what? Gay, 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 gay. Have been as long as I can remember. What do you say? I see a wiener. 
What? There's no wiener. Uh-huh. It didn't take me long to realize being gay is really expensive. So I became a con man. Cash or charge? Charge. Credit card fraud. I was selling bad tomatoes. Anything to make a buck. Maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. When I called all your references, well, they couldn't speak more highly of you. I cannot speak more highly about Stephen Russell. Maybe it wasn't the moral thing to do. You on the lamb again? You always knew me best. But I had no choice. Stephen Russell, you are sentenced to 25 years. My name is Stephen Russell. Nice to meet you, Stephen Russell. My name is Philip Morris. This is destiny. What the hell is that? Well, that is the screecher next door. I don't get any sleep ever. Did you pay to have the screecher beat up? Yeah. That is the most romantic thing that anyone ever did for me. We'll be together soon, I promise. How do you keep escaping prison? I have an early release order for Philip Morris. And you are? I'm his lawyer. We want you to be our chief financial officer. How big was this Christmas bonus? Pretty big. In July? Yeah, I thought it was weird, too. Jesus has a plan for you. Well, maybe this is his plan. Oh, that's Jesus on the other line. Is the gay thing and stealing something that goes hand in hand, or...? Uh, this is probably what I would consider the last great Jim Carrey film that he made, uh, or like at least the end of his. I don't know if it's. I don't even know if you consider this like part of his peak career because I mean his peak was probably the '90s, and then he still was very successful in the 2000s. But you could see him start to go downhill in his popularity in the 2000s, and I think this really was the last great film he made uh, before he really kind of fell off the face of the earth for a while. Um, I love you, Philip Morris is the true story of. Uh, this uh, gay man uh, falling in love with this other man. Obviously, that's what gay means. Um, and uh, it's just kind of their love story as uh, he is also just a serial criminal. Um, and just kind of, uh, he meets the two meet in prison and it's uh, all about kind of their relationship. And kind of, and I think I view it, I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember viewing it as kind of a film about uh, what one person is willing to do for love uh, and how that doesn't always translate to true love and it doesn't, and you might love someone as much as you possibly can and you're willing to do anything for them, but that doesn't mean they have to love you back kind of thing. I don't know if there's a spoiler or not, but uh, I really like the film. I'm all, it, it's a bit important to me because Jim Carrey is like someone, he was like my favorite comedian as a kid. And I remember when this film came out, I was desperate to see it and I wasn't allowed to see it in theaters. My parents said, you can see it, but we're not going to let you see it in theaters. So I had to wait until it came out on DVD and they let me rent it then. Uh, and, uh, it was just, it, it was really interesting. This is also one of those, it was before I really knew Jim Carrey as a actor who could do serious things. I think I had, I, at this point I had seen Internal Sunshine, but I hadn't seen Man on the, uh, Man on the Moon or uh, any of his more serious work. And uh, and not to say this is, this is still a comedy. Uh, and uh, And it's very possible this film kind of walks a thin line between doing more because in the air it's towards the end of the era of homophobic comedy and i can see how like there might be some comedy in here that's kind of using sexuality as the butt of a joke i don't see it in a while so i you know but um uh i do if i remember correctly i think it's very well done 
looking at the letterbox right now, I can see that Brad hated it. <laughs> um, I really liked it anyway. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, I love you, Philip Morris. Uh, I really like it because I like Jim Carrey. Uh, the directors are great. Uh, they're great at doing romantic comedies or any kind of romance twist. They also did Crazy Stupid Love and Focus. And uh, but anyway, and this was like kind of, I think I think it was their first big film anyway. Uh, maybe their first film in general. But anyway, yeah, that's my uh, that's my this number. Uh, I love you, Philip Morris. It was a big deal back then. Ten years ago it was a long time ago. People yeah. talk, I, by it was a big deal. I mean, people talked about it a lot. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, it's very known when it yeah. came out. But yeah. when I watch, I go, oh, okay. But I mean, great pick, Henry. I'm glad that you <laughs> you, you got it onto your list. <laughs> oh, it's me. Uh, seven. My number seven is a movie that I thought was really funny when it came out, and then the more that I go back to it, the more I think it's uh, it's grown on me a lot. I think it's um, amazingly poignant, especially, especially the more that this guy makes Netflix movies. <laughs> My seven. I like having a girlfriend. I don't have one, but I like it better. One night stands are tough, and I'm not great at sex, so at the end of every time, I got to look at him and go, hey, uh, normally I do better than that. <laughs> Girlfriends are so much better. You know, you finish up and you're just like, well, you know. <laughs> that's, that's how I do it. Hey, George Simmons, you destroyed, man. You're the guy who was on after me? It's very hard to be romantic with women when you live on a pull-out couch. Once those two little legs come down, you know it's on, right? I enjoyed your set. You were good. Maybe you can write me some jokes. I've been going to this guy's movie since the moment I can remember. This is amazing, guys. If he's like, do you have any friends that are like you but just way funnier and more talented, you can say yes. I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want you to get all weird on me. I'm dying. It's too early to know who's winning the fight, the medicine or the disease. Did anybody ever tell you you have a very scary accent? You are a very funny man. I enjoy your movies. And I enjoy all of your movies. Which movies? The ones where you try to kill Bruce Willis. Oh my god, that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Are you crying right now? I don't think I am. Now you're gonna start with the noises? Oh, come on, wipe it off. People are gonna think I broke up with you. Did you tell your mom? Yes, I sent her an email and she tried to email me back on a toaster. <laughs> there is always the one girl out there that got away. This is my husband, Clark. The one that got away. Guys have that and serial killers have that. You'll beat this disease, mate. Have you considered Eastern medicine? Clark speaks fluent Chinese. Baba boo yao. Baba boo yao. Baba boo yao. Baba boo yao. That's like a scene from Deer Hunter. <laughs> hey, you want to talk to me while I try to fall asleep? Ira, right, that's not your real name. You're hiding some Judaism. I don't think I can hide that. My face is circumcised. Uh, I don't want to get your hopes up, but we may have beaten this thing. The doctor said I'm not sick anymore. Yes! yes. All right, all right, go ahead. <laughs> what was that like, having one foot in the door? I'm feeling like I'm in the moment for the first time in my life. To save her, save her from her beautiful house, the rival kids, and lovely husband. You think this guy's a good guy? There's something going on here? No, nothing's going on around here. Don't mock me, I don't appreciate it. Lots of people go to massage parlors. I explained all that. That doesn't mean I was getting a Robin tug. What accent is that? Oi. 
think he caught a glimpse of something that most people don't get to see. Her husband? He's gonna kill us. He's from Australia. They just kill things there. Don't hurt him! This job is not at all what I thought it was gonna be. Get in a ball, George! Ball up! Fly like a man, would ya? I don't know how to fight. I'm a comedian! When my grandfather died, there was one candle next to his bed, and the candle started flickering. We all thought it was him going to heaven, you know. You don't pass through fire to get to heaven. I think he went to hell. Uh, so, Funny People, in my opinion, is the best Judd Apatow movie. Um, I think it's also probably the best Adam Sandler movie. Uh, I, I just think it's like the perfect balance between really good comedy that like feels genuine and is about something and also, you know, feels somewhat real. Like it doesn't feel overly scripted. Mm -hmm. And then that Judd Apatow thing of having a, a real heart, um, I mean, I, I would say this is on par with like what he did in Freaks and Geeks. It's it, it is really like him at the top of his game, melding those two things. It, it's thematically dark too, and not just because yeah. of the cancer thing. But when you get to the, <laughs> I think when you get to the third act, like yeah. it's it's not so much dark as it's just about something. The, the error, the the comedy of errors is cranked up. Yeah, and uh, I think Sandler's amazing in this film. It's not yeah. my. It's not. I don't say it's his best performance, but it is a really, really fucking good performance. Uh, yeah, I, I just adore it, and I don't like people and, bitching about the length, uh, the runtime on it. The runtime's fine. I, I, yeah, I, why, why? Oh man, there's too much of this good thing. <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah. The only my biggest problem with this movie is the trailer and how much it gives away. Uh, because honestly, you could cut that trailer <laughs> two thirds of the way in before you find out he doesn't have cancer anymore, and you'd have a great trailer. Yeah. Um, the the other thing is this movie has James Taylor in it, and so it definitely gets at least two point bumps up the <laughs> list just because James Taylor's in it. And he says balls. Yep, I think it's balls. Oh no no, I think I think his line is, uh, "Why do you have to tell so many jokes about your dick?" I think that's the line. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's great. Eminem's in the movie too. Oh yeah, yeah. but James Taylor. <laughs> but Ray Romano. But but James Taylor. Brad, what's your number seven? <laughs> Uh, my number seven is a lot of fun, and it has a sequel coming out this year. Ooh! Planet Earth. Home to over six billion people. Today, our very existence is threatened by epidemics, climate change, and dwindling resources. But those are the least of our problems. <laughs> Welcome to Zombieland. My mother always told me, someday you'll be good at something. I mean, I don't think she could have guessed that that something would be zombie killing. What do you think? Zombie killer of the week? Close. But no cigar. Zombie Killer of the Week went to Miss Cynthia Knickerbocker. Gotta enjoy the little things. Whoa. 
Well, these fellas really let themselves go. Zombie Land. You guys want some Purell? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, awesome movie. Ah, that's a great pick. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's fun. Uh, like Shaun of the Dead was probably the first and still the best, I guess. Uh, entry in the zombie genre to kind of um, zombie not, comedy, not, lamp, not lampoon, but but like deconstruct. Know, make light of. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, this one like really on the nose yeah. uh, deconstructs it, and it's yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, the yeah, universe really it creates places. is fun. Yeah, yeah. zombie yeah. Bill Murray. I was just gonna say, yeah. and then that thing happens in the middle. Yeah, uh, you have any regrets? Yep. Garfield, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so good, man. Yeah. Can't wait to see the next one. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. It's, it's like two weeks, weeks away. I'll have two to weeks. revisit it before the next one, one yeah. comes out. Zach, all right. Um, my number seven from ten years ago was Moon. Moon is no longer on, on my list. Oh, good, you figured it out. I know, I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> no, my number seven. I only had to see the movie once. <laughs> um, I was a I was a young stupid kid. Um, now I'm a young stupid adult. Um, my number seven is uh a movie that it's my only horror movie on the list. Even though there are a lot of good horror films that came out this year that I just don't revisit as often, even though they're very important. Um. My number seven is a movie that I got to see early and my appreciation for it has only grown more and more over the years, not just because of how great it is, but also because it's a movie that the gentleman across from me um, loves too. Mr. Jacks, I was wondering if you'd made any decision regarding the assistant manager's position. It's between Stu and yourself. Stu Rubin, the new guy? Stu's someone who's not afraid to make the tough decisions. I'm perfectly capable of making the tough decisions. I'll let you know as soon as I decide, okay? Will you help me? Please. Okay. We have an elderly woman asking for an extension on her mortgage payment. We would have to throw her out of her house. We've already granted her two extensions. It's a tough decision. Your call. Another extension is out of the question. Where will I live? I'm really sorry. Never have I begged for anything. But now, I have. I said before you, I beg you. Please let go. Please let go. Security! You shame. Soon it will be you who comes begging to me. Someone has cursed you. He's the Lamia, the most feared of all demons. For the first three days, the spirit torments its victims. After that, it will come to take you. Take me where? To burn in hell for eternity. It's coming for me. Please listen to me. There is nothing coming for you. How do I get rid of this? I welcome. You can give the curse away. No! 
Yeah, Drag Me to Hell. Um, I had no expectation for this movie because I only knew Sam Raimi from Damn Spider-Man. <laughs> I only knew Spider uh, Sam Raimi from Spider-Man films back in 2009. I had not seen an Evil Dead movie yet. Wow. Um, so my exposure to Sam Raimi's horror is Drag Me to Hell. Um, I got to see it early, um, and... I did not expect her to get dragged to hell at the end of the movie. That's how ignorant Literally I was. In the title. I know. Spoiler. So I, good. I know. That's one of the beautiful things of this movie. But it's also it's a fun, spirited horror movie that is scary. Like it is oh, yeah. ju- genuinely terrifying. Loman is great. Justin Long's fantastic in it. It's one of my most favorite movie titles ever. Yeah, and um, you know, not many movies have the balls to have a goat during a seance and then that goat turns uh to sentience and the goat says you you bitch you whore like it's it's, so good it's pretty fucking amazing guys go watch drag me to hell it's pretty wonderful and also it introduced me more to sam raimi's filmmaking style um his uh camera composition in particular uh my favorite director uh one of my favorite films by him um Actually, I think I like all his films, so it's kind of He's having so much fun. Yeah, and that's what that's I... Uh, you can tell he's having fun. And it, there's a real fun... Uh, if you get the Scream Factory Blu-ray, they're interviewing Rob Tappert, who's one of the producers. It might be in the commentary. I can't remember where it's at. But he's talking about... So Sam Raimi and his brother uh, Ivan delivered the script. And Sam was tired because he just directed Spider-Man 3. He came off of doing the three Spider-Man films in seven years. And uh, he, he talks about how he's trying uh, – they're doing pre-production of it, and they're going to give it to a different director. And Sam Raimi kept saying, well, you know, you can do it this way, this way. And um, so Rob Tappert kept on poking at him to get him. He's like, you know what? Fine. I'll just fucking do it. And uh, he got he kind of tricked Sam Raimi into doing it. And when you watch it, I can't picture someone else doing it because yeah. – Sam Raimi brings an energy to films that I think very few directors can. And I don't know how many people could balance the horror and the comedy oh, yeah. and make that work. If anybody else made that movie, like the the scene in the in the shed where she basically drops an anvil, like <coughs> no one could pull that off. I, I agree. I just don't think anyone else could pull that off. He understands how cartoons and horror work together, or like slapstick, yeah. I guess is the best term. Oh, yeah, I mean, and the ending is really horrific. Dude, it's, yeah. it's like, it's terrifying yeah it's really good yep it's so it, good it's, it's pretty wonderful and that's oh. why it's the sixth best film of 29 2009 we're fifth I, I, oh no fifth. oh that was his seventh your sixth. Yeah. yeah right oh okay uh, i yeah, yeah. i will say i do want a comedy sketch now of robert rob tapper poking sam raimi with a stick until <laughs> sam raimi says fine i'll fucking do it <laughs> yeah yep yep oh. corinne it's good my number six film i don't think i've seen it since the theater, which I actually didn't see it in the theater. I saw it at the Kansas Union when I was in college. Mm. They had like a little thing where they would play movies in the Union on Friday nights. And this was one that I saw and had a great time. So figured it needed to be on the list. Cool. And it is... Zombieland! Cool. Zombies. Yeah, rewatching Zombies. that trailer for Brad's entry, I was like, yeah, I really need to rewatch this movie. That's awesome. That it's on your list. That's a poll I wouldn't expect on your list. Um, <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's like a good blend of like horror and action. So there's like a little romance in there. 
Yeah, I guess. And there's a guy chasing a girl. That counts, right? It's got a British narrator. But, I mean, it's more, like, with the horror elements, it's more of, like, an action film. Oh, no, I agree. Totally. I mean, when you make a comedy, like, it kind of takes the horror out of it. Right. Where I think something like Shaun of the Dead, where it's a comedy, but the horror is really in your face. Mm. And, I mean, I think the end of Shaun of the Dead is, I think, pretty scary. But, the I mean, that final action scene at the amusement park is pretty, Oh, it's awesome. Kind of tense in areas. Yeah, yeah. the, the tension in that scene is mm-hmm. a fucking clown <laughs> but you don't <laughs> and i i i have to admit like after we got done watching the movie um there's like a little convenience store thing in the kansas union so i had to go in there and buy a twinkie <laughs> talking about twinkies the yeah. whole fucking movie yes i'm like That's damn good. it i haven't had a twinkie then in it years works. i'm not one for goodbyes so i'll just say That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> that is quite possibly the worst goodbye ever. Yeah. Oh, Woody so Harrelson good. is like really good in that movie. Oh yeah, he so. is. Oh yeah. Woody Harrelson is pretty good in everything. He had a good yeah. year this year with this and The Messenger. Like he rocked it this year. Abigail Brad. Like oh, that yeah, whole right. cast yeah, is great. Messenger. Yeah. So cool. Hey, Henry. Henry. What's your number six? Uh, my number six film is arguably the greatest film ever made by, I would argue, this generation's Kubrick. Uh, if Kubrick was two people, uh, my number five film. Oh no, it's number six. My same thing. My number six film. My name is Jeff Chelios, and today I didn't die. It's storm of heart. Why not just let me die? They were keeping you alive to farm your organs. <laughs> they gave you an artificial heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many bars is the battery show? What? You got one hour. Keep your body electrically charged to keep it pumping. If you can get hold of your heart, I'm reasonably sure I can put it back in. That's a little too much information. They got what you need in pristine working condition. So this is how it is. <laughs> I'm giving up. An unidentified man is responsible for the explosion of mayhem, murder, and lewd behavior that has swept Los Angeles. I know how this game works. <laughs> Your associates have taken something of value to me. I intend to get it back. Crank 2. Those things aren't designed for strenuous activity. Tell me about it. So, 
uh, I don't know. The only way I can see this being on anyone else's list is if Ryan had it as his number 10. Um, this film is... And I will also say, I have not seen the first Crank film. This is the only Crank film I have any experience with. But this film is fucking amazing. I really... The, the, the two directors who made this film are a total guilty pleasure uh, filmmakers of mine. I have loved every film they have made, even though all their films are arguably not great films. <laughs> but there's so much... God, this gamer... Uh, let me just click and see what the, what else they've done. Uh, oh, yeah, Mom and Dad was great. Ghost Rider was great. Ah, oh, God, that's all they've made. But I wish they would make more. Um, yeah, this film's great. If you have not seen this film, Jason Statham plays the most Jason Statham character on the goddamn planet. Um... And it's just an action film with him chasing down these Chinese mobsters, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, I also see this. Here's the thing: this is the best way that I've ever done the film explosion because I can say this freely, and then I can also look how all of you guys rate the film, and I can see that I like this film more than Ryan, and I like it a lot more than James, who apparently fucking hates this film. <laughs> um, but yeah, this film's fucking amazing. This film involves uh, Jason Statham and Amy Smart having a sex scene in the middle of a fucking racetrack, which is quintessential. Um, uh, Novelty and Taylor. Um, like I said, this film—it's not like this film's going to win any awards. Uh, like uh, these, this, but I don't know. I'm, I will all defend my love for this film to the end of time. This is the most. F- Looking at the rest of my list, this is the most fun film uh, for the rest of my film explosion, at least. And it is probably the most fun out of all the previous ones, too. Uh, So if you have not seen this film yet, even if you haven't seen Crank 1, because like I said, I've not seen Crank 1. um, Which might even be better, who knows. Uh, But you gotta see this film. This one's fucking awesome. Yep. Good, good for you, Henry. I'm proud of you. It's a fun movie. It is wonderful. That movie has the balls to have a a head in a jar that can talk, and then Biling on fire, him on fire, and then flipping off the camera at the end of the movie. It's pretty wonderful. Crank two, high voltage, and David Carradine as a weird, fully made up fucking gang leader it's weird <laughs> that movie's bizarre yeah it, that's the, the second one's when they're fucking on the racetrack right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah um to, to um neil diamond i think <laughs> it is I, yeah. <laughs> james cool uh my number six is a repeat my number six is star trek music star trek music star trek music oh tag team back oh. again Oh, my goodness. Stop copying my list, James. Brett and I, <laughs> Brett and I have really good lists, everybody. Yeah. just want to say. Oh, it's the real title with the real font. Yeah. That's some appropriate music there. It is. Uh, so, yeah, Star Trek. Um, the Star Trek movie's great. Cool yep. commentary, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. This was one of those like amazing experiences in a theater where like you were just happy the whole time because you were watching Star Trek get treated well in a movie that was really fun. Um and there's little nitpicky things and things that like I like it things that I think the sequel actually improved the sequels improved on. Um but as a way to bring back Star Trek, man, I if there's anything that I'm sad about, it's the fact that it didn't revive Star Trek enough. Um, or at least as much as it deserves to have, because this movie is just great. 
especially like that first scene when you were watching the movie and the first time you get to see Scotty and how much fun that like how much energy he brings to the movie at that point it's like get out the movie becomes uh perfect like you you know you can't hurt the movie at that point no matter what they did it was just going to be so good um i think the villain story is wonderful the way that it ties in and like creates its own new universe and the way that that story works with spock is great and well done and well written like this movie made me such a kurtzman and orsi fan that like I I'm so sad I'm not still talking about them. <laughs> um, they should go back to writing together because damn were they good when they did. Um, yeah, I I just I love it. Uh, this is when it comes to like the cable rule. This is a movie that I, would be hard for me to watch anything other than this movie because it's just so much damn fun. So then it should have been your number one, James. Well, I'm not following the cable rule, am I? Yeah, that's true. Also, there is my number one. I would actually watch more, but yeah. Well, it ain't up, so I don't know what it is. Well, no. Brad, how about you? Yeah, the, the last time we did this, um, I enjoyed the movie, but I, I, I made a point of it not really feeling like Star Trek because it, it kind of abandoned the uh, mm. the social commentary yeah. for you know action and adventure. Um, but, you know, 10 years later... <laughs> Who gives so, a shit? My laurels are gone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> less nitpicky. Uh, like the, the actors really grew into those roles, yeah. um, and I think that, that's what I was sort of alluding to that they did better in the sequels was bringing some of that back in. Yeah, Beyond um, really captured like totally the, the stuff I loved about the characters in the original movies and yes. their rapports. Yeah, like was in Beyond and yeah. this one. Obviously, you know the first one out, and they're trying to. Feel, figure things out and yeah it, it was more about the plot than and getting those characters to be somebody you really cared about right like i think yeah. um especially looking back it is a really good way to restart it so that, that way when you do go do those adventure you know more ethical space stories you you really already love those characters because that the first movie does a wonderful job of that you know um like it's a it's a kind of threadbare story with really wonderful characters draped over it. Yeah, it's um, a shame that they didn't go farther. Yeah, goddamn yeah. it. A little too much space in between each movie. Yeah. Yeah, space. All right. Mm-hmm. Zach. All right. Uh, so my number six uh, ten years ago was Watchmen. Watchmen's no longer on my list um, because I haven't really Neither. reevaluated Watchmen, even though I said two years ago it was one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Mm-hmm. List is ever-changing, ever-growing, blah, blah, blah. Um, my number six, um, was my, now was my number eight, 10 years ago. My number six is this trailer. What I'm about to tell you, it involves something very large. Everyone in this country is a victim of corporate crime by the time they finish breakfast. Yes. Things are going on. I don't approve of. I mean, I feel real bad about that. (laughs) Corn goes in one end and profit comes out the other. Weird, right? It's not just lysine. It's citric. It's gluconate. There was a guy who left the company because he wouldn't do it. He was forced out. The gluconate guy, he's out of a job. Would you be willing to wear a wire? We need your help. 7.30 a.m. I am approaching the entrance to the office. Good morning, Liz Taylor, secretary. You don't really need to narrate the tapes for us when you're making them. Not a problem. Once it starts, it is going to be intense. Uh, what is he doing? I told him the camera was in the lamp. No. No. I want this guy Whitaker. 
The guy's making 350 grand a year, and he turns informer. When does that happen? <laughs> Mark Whitaker, secret agent 0014. Why 0014? Because I'm twice as smart as 007. Oh, no. They will make me the next president of ADM. How can you possibly stay there when you've just taken down the company? Because they need me to run the company. That's completely illogical. Mark showed you that four white guys in suits getting together in the middle of the day, that's not a business meeting, it's a crime scene. There's something you're not telling us. Why would I hide anything from you guys? We're going to find out what's going on, Mark. FBI. What the heck is going on here? Mr. Whitaker, would you please come with me? Oh, yeah, I was good, right? Didn't I seem really scared? It was, I actually felt scared. I want you to keep this secret. Absolutely. Don't tell us anything. It's very important to your case you not discuss this with anyone else. I'm a person of interest in an ongoing investigation. Oh, my God. You guys still think I'm going to be okay at the company, right? I mean, you guys are going to take down the bad guys, but I'll be okay, right? <clears throat> well, I think the corporate culture is going to change a little bit for you. I should you. say so. Listen, I haven't been telling you guys the whole truth, but I'm going to clear that up in there today. What? Yeah, um, The Informant is a Steven Soderbergh movie that I think gets under-discussed and is undervalued. This is the last um, movie before you retired, right? Um, yeah, the first time. And then the second time he came back to do Contagion, and then he went off and painted, and then he did Unsane, <laughs> I guess. I don't fucking know. Um, I love Soderbergh, but he can't make up his mind. Um, yeah, why retire? Yeah, I, I agree. I I love Logan uh, Logan Lucky. Um, no, uh, the informant though. Um, <laughs> James was saying it during the trailer. It, it was originally coming off of an, uh, this American Life story, and it's also based off a book by Kurt Erkin, um, Eichen Wilder yeah. um, about uh, a man who turns informant for the FBI involving a lysine price fixing scandal. Matt Damon in this movie. This is my favorite Matt Damon performance of all time. It's not even um, a question because at the end of the day, this movie is about how Matt Damon cannot fucking tell the truth. Yeah. Uh, every it's... every beat of this movie is is a twist. Yeah. And it's super weird. It's actually it actually makes the movie really difficult to like follow the first time you watch it. Yeah. Because you the the quote truth keeps changing so much that you don't actually know what to believe you just know this guy is the dumbest person yeah. to ever be involved in something so huge yeah not he's like smart slash dumb slash super yeah. dumb right. because like at the, when it's all said like i don't like necessarily love corporate intrigue movies like michael clayton took me forever to fucking understand but the, uh and it, but it's a good movie but the informant like was a very good like cliff notes version of that kind of movie and also managed to turn into this weirdly comical slash important uh prestige tone it's really weird it's mixing a lot of different tones it's not it's like the the comedy's ironic it's like it's almost like it really should it shouldn't be as funny as it is being um, the first time around, I was laughing my butt off because he keeps changing stuff. As I've rewatched it, it's still funny in those places, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, this is one of the last scores by Marvin Hamlish, too. And the Marvin, Marvin Hamlish score in this movie is fantastic because throughout the film, Whitaker is thinking he's a secret agent. <laughs> like That's like his level of importance in the whole thing. Um, 
Uh, he even has that line like double uh, fourteen because I'm twice as smart as double oh seven. <sighs> um, so Marvin Hamlish's score plays out su- like a spy movie at times. Then it plays out like a fifties um, uh, educational film with the plinkety plink. The opening jazz um, number at the beginning of the movie is pure Hamlish, but pure this movie it totally works. Um, this is this is a wonderful film by Steven Soderbergh that I. He did another movie this year called The Girlfriend Experience, which is okay. It's not as good as this movie. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, The Informant. Wonderful film. Cool. And Paul F. Tompkins is in it, so it's great. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, exclamation point at the end uh, dictates that you have to yell it each time you say it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Doug Benson taught me that 10 years ago. Right. The Informant! Just like Mother. Mother! Yes. yes. Yeah, but it's lowercase exclamation point. That's true. Um, my number five is... Um, a brutal tale of someone uh, hunting people. And it is um, something that you need, something that I want, something like that. <laughs> just tell me to press the button. Yeah. That, I, I, I was just looking at you, waiting for you to press it. <laughs> Ten hut! I'm putting together a special team. We're going to be doing one thing and one thing only. Killing Nazis. Sound good? Yes, sir! I'm gonna assume you know who we are. Everybody in the German army's heard of you. You probably heard we ain't in the prisoner-taking business. We in the killing Nazi business. And cousin, business is a booming. <laughs> if you ever wanna eat a sauerkraut sandwich again, take your wiener schnitzel leg and finger and point out on this map what I wanna know. I respectfully refuse. Hey, Donnie! Guys, German here wants to die for country. Oblige him. An American Secret Service outfit lives deep behind enemy lines. The Germans call them the bastards. These Yanks have been them the devil. We're all tickled to hear you say that. The Germans are throwing a gala premiere. In attendance will be most of the German high command. She'll rendezvous with our double agent. She'll take it from there. You're getting us in that premiere. It's suicide. What else are we gonna do? Go home? So what's the plan? We punch those goons out, take their machine guns, and burst in there blasting. Is that the plan? That's about it. Or not. There's something you don't know. Hitler is attending the premiere. Getting a whack on Adolf makes us a horse of different color. We have all our rotten eggs in one basket. The objective of the operation, blow up the basket. I won't give you a little something you can't take off. You're getting pricked. Good at that. You're now in the hands of the SS. My hands, to be exact. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And Bastards. I love that movie. Man, that time Christoph Waltz on the map. Right. I, well, that's what I was saying. Like that trailer. Christoph Waltz has one tiny little line mm-hmm. in that trailer. Like. That trailer buries the lead so much. Shoshana is barely in that trailer. Yeah. True. Oh, yeah. And Shoshana God. is one of the two leads of that movie. Yeah. And how, I mean, how great incredible. is, I mean, the opening moments with Christoph Waltz. Holy shit. It's, it's brutal. 
I mean, it's the best it's a horror scene movie. It, of the year. It, it, it's a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. To, to, I, it, it is. It is the best shot, best directed, best written scene of that year. Yeah, like awesome. that first twenty minutes is is. If you cut that out, it would still make the list. Ryan, why do you <laughs> like this movie? Uh, I just think it's awesome. I I mentioned it earlier when we reviewed Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I always really like Tarantino's revisionist history, mm-hmm. um, where he in this movie he I mean it was shocking to me when uh, spoilers when they kill Hitler, but you <laughs> yeah, all, it's great. but you yep. also want him to fucking die. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and so a part of you is really excited about it, and um, because the scene you know plays out a lot differently than you think it would yeah uh, i mean there's a death of a major character and it's another movie that blends like slapstick into oh, yeah. horror really well actually but it's really cathartic when they yes. annihilate the nazis yeah i like that eli roth gets to do it yeah, yeah. he's the one who gets to shoot him up man there's yeah. just so much of that movie is amazing yeah i love that movie it's so yeah. entertaining and just fun. Yep. Oh, just yeah. fun, good tension. Brad Pitt is a really good actor for Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's one of those guys who just inhabits the roles yeah, that Tarantino made. Uh, they only done two movies together, right? Yeah. 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 We'll talk about it more later, but Christoph yep. Waltz. Yep. Christoph That performance. Waltz. Yep. Like, you didn't know going in what... You didn't know. You just didn't know. No, I and then And then that whole performance starts, and you're just blown away even if you watch the original inglorious bastards that this is title based on like yeah. you think you have an idea and then you watch the movie and you're like nope but even you know at the end the end of the opening scene he just lets her go to yeah. to, to spread how horrible this person is oh, yeah, yeah. So you know it's it, it deals yeah it's the movie's awesome yeah it is I'll keep on that's a good that. pick <laughs> yeah. that's a really good pick corinne so my number five, my number five is a movie that blends the elements of science fiction and romance really, really well. Here's the trailer. I've known Henry since I was six years old. I remember the first day we met. I travel through time. In fact, you and I are friends in the future when you're a lady. There's no such thing as time travelers. Well, if you hang around long enough, you'll see me disappear. One second he was there. And the next, he was gone. I've been waiting for Henry my entire life. It's you. I wrote down every time that you came to visit me. You told me that you go back to the same places a lot. Yeah, it's like gravity. Big events pull you in. I was a big event. Is it too weird? No, I think it's kind of magical. Feels to sit here and wait for you. 
What's wrong with me wanting one normal thing in my life? You think that I wanted this life, this husband that disappears? Who would want that? I have a choice. I never had a choice. I don't want you to spend your life waiting. Yeah, it's the time traveler's wife. Yeah, that trailer played a lot. In uh, it was attached to every movie at our theater. Yeah, so I'd go do a theater check to do the count, and that trailer would be playing. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I, I hear the song one more time. I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's actually why I never saw this movie. I'm not kidding. No, because I just saw the trailer so many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway, that's unfortunate. Sorry, a little you too should hokey really for give me. it a chance. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I th- James, I think at least would like it. Okay, yeah. I have a heart. Ryan has such a cold heart. That's right. He would never appreciate this movie. No, it's way too, like, the trailer's way too hokey. I'm like, is this on the Hallmark Channel? You know, <laughs> I mean, the first half is, it is what it is, you know, it's romance, but I think the second half is where it really picks up. And it's where... like, Creeper's like, well, I'm going to come back when you're old enough to fuck. Exactly. It's, no. I said during the trailer, it's like the thorn birds of time travel. <laughs> yeah. So, Yep. Yep. Nope. <laughs> yep. Sometimes time travel is complicated, Ryan. I'm, I mean, I guess he went back and talked to her. I mean, through the Hallmark. I mean, it, you know, store. it's the whole, you know, bootstrap <laughs> paradox. <laughs> really terrible. Just don't listen to Ryan. But sure yeah, the second movie, half Ryan. of the movie really, you enough, know, makes it. I'm gonna take off whole, your blumas. You know, question of fuck. like, you know, because the t- his time travel is like it's a condition. It's like a sickness. You yeah. know, he can't control it. He and just part of my sickness is coming back and fucking little girls. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. No, that's awful. Oh, apologies to Carol. Out. Oh, my gosh. That's the worst. Um, I remember people coming out of it uh, at the theater. They enjoyed it. So it clearly was a pr- crowd pleaser. I'm sure it's good. It's on, it's on Grand Fest. I, I, yeah. li- I like those two actors a lot. Yeah. I would have no I would be not opposed at all to watching it. I miss Eric Bana. I do, too. Yeah. Can we make him another Star Trek villain? When did he die? <laughs> oh, dude, he's in three of these. I told he you. is. Oh, yeah. The Star yeah. Trek, 20 yeah. people in this. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, since Ryan derailed me. <laughs> uh, Henry, what's your number five? All right. My number five film is arguably the greatest uh, romantic comedy of all time. Oh, no, no, no. Close. Oh, come on! Good morning, Miss Tate. I need you around this weekend. You have a problem with that? No, I, I, I just it's my grandmother's 90th birthday, so I, I was gonna go home and it's fine. I'll cancel it. Is that your family? Yes. They tell you to quit? Every single day. Margaret Tate's office. This isn't about my second raise, is it? Margaret, your visa application is denied. You're being deported. Deported? It's not like I'm an immigrant or something. I'm from Canada. If you're deported, you can't work for an American company. If there was any way at all that we could make this thing work. Pardon the interruption. Um... I understand the predicament, but there is something that you should know. We are, uh, we're getting married. Who, who is getting married? You and I. You and I are getting married. Yes. We are. Getting married. We are getting married. Yes. Can't fight a, can't fight a love like ours. So, uh, uh, 
Are we good? Make it all legal and we'll put this whole thing behind us. I'm not gonna marry you. <laughs> if you don't, you'll be on the street all alone looking for a job. Have the two of you told your parents about your secret love? We're going to their place this weekend. Oh, where's that? Alaska. Alaska. Andrew's room. He'll sleep in here with you. We love to snuggle, don't we, honey? Huge snugglers. Breakfast for the happy couple. Oh my God, what is that? I'm sorry. What is it? It's the morning. This summer. How can you be around someone in major life so miserable? Sweetie, honey. Some proposals change you. Why don't you get married here tomorrow? Let's see a kiss. Why don't you just do it really fast? For better or worse. Sandra Bullock. Hello? Ryan Reynolds. Oh! Oh! Oh my Why god! Are you naked? Why are you oh my god. The proposal. Maybe a tad uh, loose in certain areas. I'm a bit chesty to begin with. It's like an Easter egg hunt. There they are. Yeah, that's Eat your heart out literally every romantic comedy that uh, Zach claims is the greatest romantic comedy from the 1940s or whatever. Uh, this film is superior in every single way. Why? Because this is Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds, uh, the two greatest actors of our time, uh, doing arguably a... Ill- no, this is this would 100% be illegal, and it would never fly um, <laughs> in terms of you know, immigration control. But it's a romantic comedy about immigration, and it's uh, quite amazing. Um, yeah, again, this is one of the films that was very important to me when I was growing up. Um, I saw this film in theaters opening night, because I was really excited for it. Um, and I'll remind you, I was 12 at the time, probably, 12 at the time, probably. Um, and I went to uh, the opening night, and it was packed. Uh, there were so many people in the theater. I don't think there was a single, uh, empty seat. And I was sitting, I got there early, because I usually get to films early. And so I'm sitting in, like, uh, my seat. And, uh... (laughs) <laughs> this this uh couple comes over and uh the and there's already like a, these people sitting next to me though I don't know and this couple comes up to me and they say uh oh is the seat next to you open cuz there's an empty seat or whatever uh and the girl goes no obviously that seat's taken he wouldn't be here by himself and I go nope <laughs> I'm a 12 year old boy at this romantic comedy by myself um and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, w- I didn't say anything wrong with that at the time, and I don't say anything wrong with that now, uh, but, uh, I just find that, a l- I find that a lot of fun. Uh, this film's great. I love this film so much. Uh, Ryan doesn't like this film, apparently. Again, this is the best way to do the film explosion, is to immediately see what everyone else liked about, the- liked or disliked about these films. Uh, but gosh, this is so much fun. I'm gonna do this exclusively from now on. <laughs> I'm sure all of you hate it. Um, but anyway, this is the proposal. Um, that's, that is, uh, my number five film. And, uh, yeah, I love it. Betty White is the best. And I like Katy Perry. I fucking love Betty White. <laughs> to the my. window. To the window. To um, the wall. To the wall. <laughs> you know, I, I, wow. I don't, I don't dislike this movie. I remember seeing trailers for it and thinking I'd hate it. And I walked out like being just fine with it. Yeah. Well, I was, I mean, it was 20 minutes into the movie, but you walked out just fine with it. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, I talked Every about year, it on Henry. my rom-coms uh, article 
it's 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 okay. It's I'm, it's not great. I'm I'm. It I'm does have s- some funny bits in it. Is I'm this so interested to hear Henry's actual review? Is this, he, he just said it? Yeah. No, I, okay. But 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 you James know what I mean. Listen to it because he's had his ears plugged. This Is this whole time. the resurgence yeah. of Betty White? You know that I Maybe. can't actually I hear because so. that low a decibel voice. Brad. He's right there. Just get off your phone and listen to him. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know that I, Betty White kind of comes back with better this. better as a comedy but than then she it does, does that as a movie romance. You again, where she fights Cloris Leachman at the end. I know mm. Betty White's career. Yeah. Trust me. I've <laughs> mapped it out. Hot in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. More twists than Game of Thrones. My number five. <laughs> uh, my number five is a movie that almost did make it on this list. Uh, because of me being stupid. Which is a problem. Uh, Brad thankfully caught me and was like, "Hey, isn't this movie that's technically in Letterboxes 2008 because it ran in festivals in 2008, but released wide in 2009? Isn't this a movie you really love and should be on your list?" And I said, "Oh my God, thank you, Brad. You're my favorite." And then I sent him nine dollars. The oh. nine dollars was for something else, but I did send him nine dollars. <laughs> I blew it on drugs. Cocaine <laughs> <laughs> uh, is a hell of a drug. Uh, I. I'm probably I was probably the person most looking forward to this film because this is the second film from a director who I adore and is one of my favorite people and his first film absolutely blew me away. My number 5 is this thing. How'd you find me? It's actually pretty simple. We're brothers and I've come to the conclusion that you don't want out. You think you do, but you don't. Where are we going? New Jersey. Let me grab my coat. This will be the last one. I'll never ask you to do another con again. The largest private residence on the eastern seaboard, home of our final mark. Penelope Stamp lived at home her whole life. So what kind of stuff do you do? I collect hobbies. Wow. So, who's in? She's an artist of nitroglycerin. It's kind of her thing. Thanks, million Melville. At your service. I didn't expect him to actually be Belgian. I'm not sure he is. We're taking a steamer at noon tomorrow off the docks. It's like an adventure story. What's the con? We go to St. Petersburg to be our guys in a phony setup who then double-cross us and kill us all. She drives off on the run from imaginary Russians. And we keep her money. How much? 2.5 million. You're a genius, Stephen. Trick to not feeling cheated is to learn how to cheat. Sometimes I feel like she knows everything. Okay, she's in position. Why send her in alone? Because no one's gonna even know we were ever here. This is dangerous. I think a little real danger might suit me. You built us into this, you're gonna end it. Bloom, trust me. You guys seem a little tense. That's not how this one's gonna end. Are you ready? This isn't an adventure story. Well, it totally is! So I loved Brick when it came out and thought it was such a weird, twisted way to look at the world. Um, I was just, you know, inventive and different and cool. Uh, and so when I first saw the trailers for this, I was like, this is great. Like Ryan Johnson is going to be my new favorite camel. Uh, and 
um, the the con movie itself. It's a great series of con movie of of different cons. Uh, the characters are wonderful. The romance story is wonderful. Um, and then, as all great con movies should, when the movie goes to con the audience, um, I think it's a really heart wrenching but beautiful story. Um, the way that it really becomes about the brothers and not just about the romance. It's not just about them pulling off a con. Um, and what it's saying, not just about like this great story about this younger brother who wants what he calls an unwritten life. Um, the way that he gets that through the story is just amazing. Uh, I think it's a brilliant script. Um, and then you put Ricky J in there. Uh, to narrate it and it's just awesome um rachel vice is is incredible um <laughs> uh her i love her line about telling him that he's constipated in his fucking soul uh that one's great and then that there's a oneer that they you you see a little bit of in the trailer where she's doing a magic trick and there's a mirror in the shot and she's doing this monologue all at the same time and you don't realize how incredible it is until she pulls off the magic trick it's just so good and it's the kind of thing that like somebody has to really care to make a movie this beautiful um so yeah i i love the brothers bloom it's one of my favorites it's my favorite ryan johnson film still um and he made the best star wars movie ever which is pretty crazy mm-hmm. so anyway uh i love brothers bloom it's my number five some Star Wars nerd just threw a Molotov taco through Zach's window. <laughs> you said that. That's fine. I'm going to throw things back at them later. So, uh, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, no, actually, like, it's not to throw that bragging card out. When I got to see it at the Stars Festival. Brag. Yeah. <laughs> the um, I had not seen Brick prior. Sure. And I remember being perplexed walking out the first time because I yeah. wasn't expecting what I got. And rewatching it and rewatching it. it it is a so- tight solid film yeah the reveal about it when it becomes about the brothers i am floored oh, emotionally like I, even yeah. in the theater regardless of how hard it was to keep track from my from from my head at the time the brothers things was sticking with me throughout the entire yeah. thing like that was my thread and nathan johnson's score in brick i think is great but his score here is elegant amazing like uh yeah it, it's so good i said during the trailer actually like th- some of the music from this movie played during my wedding and my wife almost walked down to the aisle to penelope's theme from this movie because it's just so beautiful yeah um so yeah anyway uh that's the brothers bloom i should have found a way to do it put it on the list last year for 2008 because i do want to talk about it more but yeah. you know but we already did that list so i know yeah cool brad uh, my number five um, is probably the most controversial pick we've ever had in this podcast wow. uh, because New Moon? No, no. Um, I <laughs> Battle for Terra? <laughs> He's just not in, that into you. Keep him coming, guys. State of play. Longer. Transformers. <laughs> Monsters versus Aliens. No, no. Um, it's a movie I did see in 2009. Angels and Demons. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> is this Dow? I fucking knew it. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to do this shit. Here we are, 10 years later. <laughs> I had this on my list last year. I didn't get it. Fun fact. Fun fact. After, right. after listening to this episode, uh, this is also the episode that... Uh, 
is the origin of the children of men joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to make that joke. I want you all to be alert. I am concerned about matters in St. Nicholas School. Academically? I was not inviting a guessing game, Sister Raymond. What's this, Mr. Conroy? I don't know, sister. They're all uniformly terrified of you. That's how it works. Boy! Come up here. The dragon is hungry. So, one, two, three. It's a new time, sister. The church needs to change. The point being? We should be friendlier. Father Flynn, he called Donald Miller to the rectory. So, it's happened. We are going to have to stop him, ourselves. What happened in the rectory? Happened? Hmm. Nothing happened. I had a talk with a boy. What about? Private matter. He's 12 years old. What could be private? You haven't the slightest proof of anything. But I have my certainty. I can fight you. You will lose. Why you gotta know something like that for sure when you don't? You come to your school, kids don't like them. <laughs> One man is good to him, this priest. It is unsettling to look at people with suspicion. I feel less close to God. When you take a step to address wrongdoing, you are taking a step away from God. But in his service? You are single-handedly holding this parish back. What are you doing in this school? There are people who go after your humanity to tell you that the light in your heart is a weakness. Don't believe it. You just don't like him. You are letting that convince you of something terrible. Look at that. You blew out my light. What did you hear? What did you see that convinced you so thoroughly? I don't think Father Flynn did anything wrong. You just want things to be resolved so you can have simplicity back. Doubt can be a bond as powerful as certainty. I'll throw your son out of this school. You hurt my son to get your way. You have no right to act on your own. You have no right. I will do what needs to be done. You should understand that or you will mistake me. You have no right to act on your own. You have taken vows, obedience being one. You answer to us. You have no right to step outside the church. I will step outside the church. If that's what needs to be done, though the door should shut behind me, I will do what needs to be done. Oh, I'm damned to hell! You should understand that, or you will mistake me. You son of a bitch! Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. I gotta go change my list and put Children of Men at the top. (laughs) My God. You... Fuck. This this, uh, is apparently a 2008 movie. But I saw it, I think, January 2009 in the theater, so wow. it's a 2009 movie Such now. a great <laughs> film that I put it at number one on my 2008 list. Yeah, it's a... I, I was just floored after watching it. Uh, a movie about That's the so destructive good. power of rumor. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and certainty. And certainty, yes. Yeah. Uh, people who are too... Have their heels dug in too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my doubts about it. <laughs> 
I'm canceling four through one for you. I expect more from you. That was bad. That's that's like Eastman level right there. I will say though. That's pretty spot on for the final shot of that movie. So, uh, yeah, the man. difference is you don't look as good in a habit. But <laughs> I think it's based on a play, right? Yeah, it's yeah, directed John, by the John, writer of the it, play. John Patrick it's basically, Shanley? yeah, it's basically a film version of his play. Yeah, um, he shoots it pretty. I mean, well, he shoots it pretty well yeah. cinematography wise, but keeping it's everything awesome. in close quarters and. The drama high and all everything. The, and all the little motifs, like, even that thing reminding me of the light blowing out and shit like that. Like, it's so fucking good. Viola yeah, like, Davis. Man, the performances are great. It is such a tense film for being not terribly long, and the stakes aren't life and death, but, like, that movie feels like a this little boiler room yeah, film, I feel like know? at some point I actually feel like Meryl Streep might be right. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, they really throw you off the scent a little bit. Yeah. The, the movie does not give you certainty about anything. Like, she, even at the they end, could she could way. be right. Yes. Yep. Like, that's the problem of the film. Um, and the whole question. It, yeah, God. That's so good. I love that movie. James yep. James mentioned Boiler Room earlier, and since we're no, throwing no, no, rules no. under the bus, no. Boiler Room, my number one movie of 2009, because that's when I first saw it. <laughs> the explanation, so that round. because, hey, Car- because I mean, Corinne was confused, the explanation is that in the Nebcast we referenced earlier, mm-hmm. Brad also put doubt on his list, and I yelled at him James and joked that I well. was going to put uh, Children of Men on there. Um, and they were, they were confused. And I was like, well, cause if we're just picking movies from any year, I'm going to start putting children and men on all my <laughs> top 10 lists. Cause like, but there's no fucking rules anymore. So, um, yeah, man. Well, I and put then, the post on my 2018 film explosion list and it came out in 2017. Yeah. But I think that movie didn't wide release, like wasn't available right. in Denver. Yeah. Right. I yeah. forgot what it was, but like within two years, James started pulling the same shit. So, excuse me, <laughs> that's not true. I rubbed off on him. That is yeah. not. He's <laughs> up. Uh, With my wiener, Philip Seymour yes. often rubbed off on somebody. Oh, uh, <laughs> bar. Um, uh, but no, uh, that that trailer is really good, and um, all the actors in that movie are really good. Uh, nice. Oh, and Amy Adams, man, Amy Adams, the, un- the unsung of hero talent of that movie. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. her other good one from, the, from this year was Sun- Sunshine Cleaning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also good in my that. girl. Yeah. It's a good one. Zach? Zach? My number five is a repeat. All right, time to take a nap. <laughs> no, no, it's a repeat. He won't talk. <laughs> oh, that's true. It's just every time Zach star- starts talking. <laughs> I still want Sherlock Holmes in a Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Um, like a weird brain teaser. Oh, my gosh. I would love to see Sherlock Holmes in Star Trek. It'd be great. Uh, you did. It was called Into Darkness. No, oh. no, no. Bam. Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. Oh, okay. All right. Matt yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Multiverses, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. RDJ could have played Khan. Disney will own Paramount yeah. at some point. Oh, my gosh. Um, that would be awesome. Yeah, no. Um, his Sherlock Holmes movie is uh, is still an amazingly fun time. Um, if you haven't listened to me before on this fucking show, I love Sherlock Holmes. Um it has a lot to do with my relationship with my grandfather, him introducing me to the character via some old-time radio shows, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's actually weird because this is also the same year where I saw my last movie with my grandfather, but it was Angels and Demons and not this, which is, you know, unfortunate. Um, the uh, the Sherlock Holmes, though, 
I I saw the panel for this the year before at Comic Con, and I wasn't sure what to make of it because they were showing stuff from it, but it wasn't like, or no, it was that same year. But they were just, I just, I didn't know what to make of it. Like they were, but they were showing how they were being to be faithful to the characters and whatnot. And when I saw the movie, I was just taken aback by the style, the energy. I wasn't as familiar with Guy Ritchie. I, I had seen Snatch, and that was about it. So uh, to to have Robert Downey Jr., who the year before blew me away with Iron Man, come in and do one of my favorite characters of all time and do it so fucking well. This is the thing about Robert Downey Jr. is that he just he understands how to nail that role perfectly as this this very this very specific legend in literary history and i think jude law is a fantastic dr watson i think he nails that role incredibly well um and the mystery of sherlock holmes is a great mystery it's a wonderful mystery about when uh, about the um the uh the, I, the, the no, it's it's about the magic versus the logic of Sherlock Holmes. It's putting Sherlock Holmes up against something he cannot easily explain, mm-hmm. like the 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 improbable versus the probable. Um, and it stays relatively true to the characters, the burly brawl and the the fighting elements of it. You know, it, it's not unfounded in Sherlock Holmes stories. I think it's taken to a little bit more of a degree because it's Guy Ritchie, but. And also, uh, it, it's an action movie. They want yeah, to keep people engaged. And, and that's the thing. And it takes me back to the earlier Sherlock Holmes films with Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce where they're just doing their thing. They're not really concerned with being supremely faithful to Sherlock Holmes. What they do is take the, those characters, their interpretations of them, and inject the spirit but tell their own stories. And that's why I appreciate about the, this one in Game of Shadows, even though both are much more faithful than they need to be. And that's why I think it stands out above the rest. And uh, I, I, I love. There's a moment that I sent to Ryan earlier this week um, when they're investigating Lord ba- Blackwood coming up from the escaping his grave. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s walking to um, the uh, the the entrance to a tomb that has been broken open and he goes and on the third day and then Eddie Marzan just walks out of the tomb like a Jesus joke it's 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 a joke I didn't get the first time I saw it and then when I saw it the second time I was just I was laughing in a theater way too loud next to a date I obviously have never seen that person ever again (laughs) because I laughed too loud at that joke but you think that's what you think that's why she says oh that and I'm an idiot but <laughs> he laughed a little too hard at Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> well it's all, well idiot ugly Robert Downey Jr. Oh, joke yeah it's all three oh no no that's not uh, hey hey uh, shh, 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 shh. another great joke in that movie is like when he upsets uh, Watson's fiance at dinner oh and then he like she runs off and Watson runs off and then the food comes out like he had already expected that to happen and it's a perfect he knew. and it's a perfect character moment to not only introduce you to Robert Downey Jr.'s interpretation of the character, but also who the character is. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to get somebody who has no idea who Sherlock Holmes is as a person into one single scene. It's pretty incredible. Um, and yes, I too wish I could do that thinking about my fight moves before I do my fight moves. I, I just need to have a better brain. <laughs> anyway, that's my number five, Sherlock Holmes. This is a really great shot in that movie where he- 
puts his head on, then he tilts it slightly, and the camera moves at the same time. It's so fucking cool. And then he prevents Watson from running into a glass needle, and he says, how did you know that was there? Because I was looking for it, and then breaks it. <laughs> I love it, man. Such a fun movie. Yeah, it is. All right. I can't wait to talk at length about my next pick, because we haven't talked about this film yet. Ooh. Ooh. So buckle up, Bonehead. You're going for a ride. <laughs> Just kidding. We've already talked about funny people. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on. Really epic version of funny people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, the Jicano music really works for funny people. Oh um, I, I love this film, and I, I love that it is literally Adam Sandler's career right now. Um, because <laughs> if you go back it's to so bad. if you go back to my film explosion last year, uh, his 100% Fresh is on there, uh-huh. where he oh yeah does a stand up comedy, but with like skits and yeah. really weird Adam Sandler throughout it. Um, and this movie, he's amazing and lots of fun. I so wish that Netflix would pay him to do a movie where they superimpose his face onto a baby's body. Yeah. Like I just, I want that movie to happen. Uh, it'll oh, be awful, but I request. will watch it in, in funny people. His oh, character has a movie oh, okay. where he is on a baby, but I'm a baby. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, that's like literally one of the lines. Right. Like, yeah, because in that in that movie, he's literally had the same career where like yeah. he's really funny, and now he makes basically grown ups sequels in that movie, and then yeah. and this was before he made grown ups. Yeah, it, uh, it's not Sandler, but Jason Schwartzman's character. He's like he's get he's so lucky enough to get a job on a sitcom about a substitute teacher. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's lots of fun. It's um, really clever. It's great. Yep, I like it. It's a fun mm-hmm. Adam Sandler movie. Yep, Corinne. Yeah, my number four is a movie that I vaguely remember watching with my parents at my grandparents' house. I feel like we must have watched it when we were up there visiting them for Thanksgiving or something. <laughs> I remember thinking the movie was really, really good. I don't think I've seen it since, but I, I need to rewatch it, and it's on my list on Amazon. I will get around to it, but uh, here's the trailer. Last year, I spent 322 days on the road. I flew 350,000 miles. The moon is 250. All the things you probably hate about traveling are warm reminders that I am home. Welcome back, Mr. Bingham. I am a passenger. I work for a company that lends me out to cowards that don't have the courage to sack their own employees, and for good reason. Who are you, man? Because people do crazy stuff when they get fired. I'm gonna need your key card. We received a dynamite young woman from Cornell, Natalie Keener. I want you to show her the ropes. I'm not a tour guide. This is the boat. This is you. You want to be in the boat? Yeah, alone. Show her the magic. Take her through the paces. What? Follow me. Never get behind old people. Their bodies are littered with hidden metal, and they never seem to appreciate how little time they have left. Bingo. Asians. They pack light, travel efficiently, and they got a thing for slip-on shoes. God love them. That's racist. I'm like my mother. I stereotype. It's faster. You gotta fill me in on the miles thing. What is that about? I plan on grabbing as many miles as I can. What's your total? Is it this big? Uh, this big? I don't want to brag. This is pretty sexy. We're two people who get turned on by elite status. Good call on that towel rack. Shame we didn't make it to the closet. Mm-hmm. We gotta do this again. What kind of relationship do you have? You know that moment when you look into somebody's eyes and you can feel them staring into your soul and the whole world goes quiet? Yes. Right, well, I don't. You're awfully isolated the way you live. Isolated, I'm surrounded. Aren't you supposed to be consoling me? I'm a wake-up call. 
This is a rebirth. You have set up a way of life that basically makes it impossible for you to have any kind of human connection. You're grounded. Everybody's grounded. They're pulling us off the road. We're going home. We believe in everything that you can do. If you think about it, your relationships are the heaviest components in your life. Your husband, your wife, your home. We weigh ourselves down until we can't even move. Make no mistake, moving is living. I'm not really sure how long this whole exercise is supposed to last. No, I don't even think of him that way. He's old. Uh, yeah, I'm, this film is absolutely amazing. Uh, it's, uh, I really like Jason Reitman as a director. I think he's really great. I don't love him as much as James, um, uh, not to say I, I don't love him, but I do think he's a fantastic director. And I do think this is his best film. Uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to say... I watched it fairly recently. Not as recently, I'm, I'm sure, someone else. Uh, but I watched it around uh, a couple months ago. Uh, and it is, it, it's great. It's one of George Clooney's best roles. Uh, I think to date, it's the best Anna Kendrick role. I can't think of anything else she's been in that is... It could be any better than this. Um, and then Vera Farmiga is also... She's always great, but it's, she uh, she really shines in this film. Uh, I'm sure James will talk about this film more when it gets to him, or he already has talked about this film. I doubt that his this is higher than four. Um, or I doubt this is five through ten for James. But uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll talk about it more, and I'm sure he he's probably done a deeper analyzation of the film that he will speak better to it. Uh, and I'm sorry for sweeping it. But... Uh, this film's great. Uh, I will back him up. Anything he says, I agree with. Uh, that's probably a bad blanket statement, but I'm going to go with it. Whatever James says about me, or whatever James says about this film, I agree with. And yeah, so uh, that's my number four film. Well, thanks oh. so much for your input, Henry. It's a good pick, guys. Yeah, yeah, up in yeah. the air. Uh, depressing, but funny, succinct, well-written good movie I need to as far watch, as I remember I need to watch it again I love George Clooney not depressing yeah, it's a little depressing I mean it's kind of like a failed rom-com bittersweet um yeah I mean no. cause the whole let me tell you about a failed rom-com but well no not, <laughs> like, not like a rom-com that failed but like well, I know. We, I like know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah, you know. Oh yeah, no, I know exactly. <laughs> like, what you mean. I don't know how much yeah. we want to spoil here, but yeah, the um, fact that you know, like in the trailer says, you know, he's such an isolated person looking for connection. Yeah, and then when he thinks that he finds it, it's it ends in a way that rom coms would lead you to right anticipate one thing and it ends oh, yeah. up being something else. But that's yeah. why that movie is so much smarter than rom coms. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, uh, because I, I'll talk about this movie more later, but the one thing I'll talk about here is, uh, yeah, um, the thing that blew me away about this movie coming out of the theater that I talk about in our original 2009, where this movie was too low at the time, um, is how much Anna Kendrick steals scenes from George Clooney. And it's unbelievable. Like, there's these really well-written, great sequences, and uh, and he's fucking killing it, and she steals scenes from him. It's so good. She's her performance in this movie is amazing. Like I'm disappointed by Anna Kendrick's career because of this movie. <laughs> I am like I, every time another Pitch Perfect comes out, I'm like, why the, the fuck awesome. are you doing this? 
Like, anyway. I, I got that reference. That's a pitch perfect joke. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Yeah, no, that's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, it's on my Amazon list, and I meant to watch it before y'all did it, but ran oh, out yeah. of time. No, it's all good. Yeah, you should watch it again. Um, I think it's... Oh, I, it, I will. It continues to be relevant. Yeah. James? Uh, my number... Uh, wait, we're on five, right? Four. 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 We're in four? Man. We are on four. Cool. My number five is... Um, four. Four. My number four. <laughs> I am number four. My Come number on. four is a failed rom-com <laughs> and a repeat. Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, right. I was going to say, didn't you put the parents in the last time? But that's because we had the that font I, doesn't I, work well with parentheses. Okay. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> We've yeah. been wrong. The Star Trek music with 500 Days of Summer <laughs> is the best one. <laughs> Um, I 500 Days of Summer was actually my number one the year that we did uh, this in 2009, and I, I think there's there's a couple things. Um, a lot of people have maligned this movie more in the years and said that it doesn't stand up as much, and I think that's incorrect. Um, for me, the difference is I was in my 20s then, and this movie rang a lot more true and hit me a lot better then than it does now. There's a movie that's a little higher that we'll talk about shortly that like I wasn't on my list. I don't even think I'd seen it that year that now I watch and is like a revelation every time I watch it. Um, but 500 days of summer, I think is still actually brilliant. I think that what it's saying, um, not just about romantic comedies and deconstructing that, but also taking that, like what it does about the manic pixie dream girl and taking that character and, and, uh, or that, that, archetype if you will and really making the point that you do a disservice to those people or to that thing that you love by putting them in this pristine box and pretending like they're perfect and missing all of the all of the little things about what makes them a real person um i think that that lesson transcends it being a romantic comedy and that if i can be flip uh people who really hate on a good star wars movie might need to watch 500 Days of Summer because they might learn a lesson about how they actually do a disservice to great things by by really holding things on a pedestal too much. Um, I, I think the movie is really important and beautiful and also really funny. Um, it's just got some great moments. And then Chloe Grace Moretz was yeah, yeah. incredible. Like This is the first time that I think I'd seen her. Um, Pretty kick-ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and she just actually similar to what I was just saying, just steals the scene she's in. Like she's so good. Um, so yeah, I, I love 500 days of summer still. Um, I just watched it in the last year, year and a half. And I think, I think it actually holds up pretty well. Um, the things that don't are just how hipstery it is at times. And I think that's why it gets a bad, a bad rap these days. Um, and just, you know, America is not completely head over heels for Zoe Deschanel the way that they were 10 years ago. Um, so not that there's anything wrong with her. It's just like, you know, no, there's nothing yeah. wrong with her. Watch new girl. Yeah. Oh, the man, that's just great. Anyway. Yeah. 500 days. It's still good. Uh, my number four is a great film, a great <laughs> film. <laughs> Why were you looking at me? Central 
Everything running smoothly. Over and out. Rock and roll. God bless America. Good morning, Sam. Do you want me to cut your hair then? Lunar Industries remains the number one provider of clean energy worldwide due to the hard work of people like you. <laughs> Three years is a long haul, you know. I know you're really lonely up there, but I'm proud of you. Two weeks to go, Sam. Two weeks to go, buddy. I'm going home. Looks like we got a live one. I'm gonna go out. Okay, Sam. things. What's going on? Where did he come from? Why does he look like that? You've been up here too long, man. You've lost your marbles. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. I don't understand what's happening. This is my mind. I want to go home. I know. Uh, yeah, um, I disagree with these two guys. Uh, I think it's uh, a wonderful film. Uh, Sam Rockwell really killing it this year. Yeah, playing yes. Yes. two parts of the same person. Yeah, it's another movie where he plays two people. Yeah. Actually, I, play, I, think, I think he plays multiple of himself in the movie eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I thought it was a good mystery, um, and I, I love that these miniatures for a lot of the yeah, the miniatures are amazing. The special effects, uh, like that's. Yeah. Just a great throwback, um, and it feels like really real when they do that. So, um, yeah, yeah, and a, you know, great sci-fi movie. So, it's a cool looking film. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it as much as James does, but I my my taste for it has not grown over the years. So, but and to be fair, I I don't hate it. It was like at the time, so many people were talking about, like over the moon, like this is the craziest, coolest sci-fi ha, movie over the moon. And, oh fuck, <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. You lose all your privileges. I didn't. I, uh, um, that that I think that that tainted it a little for me because I had walked out of the movie calling like, oh okay, like I I kind of saw that coming. I, like, I, I I knew it pretty quick, and then so then for everybody to be so crazy about it, I think it just rubbed me the wrong way I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what as much as as much as it hasn't aged as well for me over the years though it makes me appreciate source code a lot more because i do like source code a lot which was duncan jones's follow-up movie no i like source code a lot it's fine yeah, yeah. I, it's good uh Jake and the poster's Hall dope too yes the poster's dope anything with the moon on it i'm pretty i'm a big fan of or multiple concentric circles <laughs> Some good, good graphic design. Anyway, that's my number four. Cool. Good pick. Moon. Moon. Zach. All right. Cool. Uh, really quickly, I forgot. My number five from last year was District 9. Uh, now it's Sherlock Holmes, so there you go. Cool. My number four, la- uh, my number four ten years ago was Star Trek. Um, we might be still talking about it, though. Uh, in the meantime, though, my number four is a film that <laughs> is lovely, adorable, and it's the film I decided to go see instead of having Thanksgiving dinner with my family. Wow. 
Um, New moon. They're cold-blooded. <laughs> we'll, play, we'll play the trailer. Who am I, Kylie? Why a fox? Why not a, a horse or a beetle or a bald eagle? I'm saying this more as, like, existentialism, you know? I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds illegal. Wes Anderson creates a triumph in animated storytelling. Honey, I'm seven non-fox years old now. My father died at seven and a half. I don't want to live in a hole anymore, and I'm going to do something about it. Don't buy this tree, Foxy. This is Boggus, Bunce, and Bean, three of the meanest, nastiest, ugliest farmers in this valley. You're moving into the most dangerous neighborhood for someone of your type of species. Your comments are valuable, but I'm going to ignore your advice. The cuss you are. Are you cussing with me? No, you cussing with me. Don't cuss and point You're going to cuss with somebody you're not going to... Just buy the tree. Okay. Rolling Stone raves. Fantastic Mr. Fox is a movie that deserves to be called groundbreaking. It looks like nothing you've seen before. We look good. Yeah, we do. It's proof that Pixar doesn't have a monopoly on heartfelt and funny animation. I'm asking if he thinks we're in for a hard winter. Academy Award winner, George Clooney. What's this thing you do, the whistle with the clicking sound? That's my trademark. Academy Award winner, Meryl Streep. You really are a quote-unquote fantastic fox. I try. Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, Willem Dafoe, Owen yeah! Wilson. Whack Bass, real simple. There's three grabbers, three taggers, five twig runners, and a player at Whack Bass. Center tagger likes a pine cone, chucks it over the basket, and the Whack Batter tries to hit the cedar stick off the cross rock. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. Twig runners dash back and forth until the pine cone burns out, then you count up however many score downs it adds up to and divide that by nine. Yeah, um... This is either the second or the third Wes Anderson movie I'd ever seen. Um, I had no intention of seeing the movie when it first came out because I was just like, it's another Roald Dahl adaptation and I I don't think I need to go. But There's nothing unique looking about this movie at all. Though there was a uniqueness to it, but I didn't know who who Wes Anderson was when I saw the the trailer the first time. But Matty O'Connor got me into Wes Anderson via Rushmore... Uh, Royal Tenenbaums, um, and uh, and then Fantastic Mr. Fox had just come came out, and um, the thing about the Thanksgiving dinner was my folks were going out of town, so and, okay. and I and I had to work that night. So it's really that your family abandoned you on Thanksgiving, yes. <laughs> and all you could do was go see a movie you didn't want to see. So my Thanksgiving okay. my Thanksgiving dinner was a theater hot dog and Fantastic Mr. Fox, Aww. and I had fun. Um, yeah. And uh but this movie's wonderful. Um it's my George Clooney pick of the year, I guess. Um even though I need to I need to rewatch up in the air. But I th- I really really enjoy the simplicity and the beauty of this movie, not just from an aesthetic point of view, but just from Wes Anderson's natural direction as an actor as a director to give those actors just there's something about this the, his delivery as a like that he gives his actors that is so beautiful and poignant, but it's just so simple. Like it, it feels like they're addressing a camera, but it, they're addressing like me directly and speaking to my heart. So, and this movie does it really well. It it adapts a storybook mentality in the best possible way. Um, it throws a little bit of pop culture in there, but it doesn't shove. It does the thing that. I think DreamWorks movies wish they could do, which is good. incorporate a well, – well, that's one. But the other one is to incorporate um, pop culture elements. But DreamWorks references 
direct things. Yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox goes broad. Yeah. And does that really well. Um, and also, I I feel the texture of the the stop motion in the movie the same way I do with so, Isle of Dogs. So cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this movie's incredible. It blew me away. I ended up seeing it a couple times in theaters. Um, and uh, it's it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful thing to watch. Like when I finally was able to afford it, I got the Criterion, and I've never I've never been happier with a Criterion release like Fantastic Mr. Fox. So cool. Um, so yeah, my number my number four, Fantastic Mr. Fox. All right, let's keep this Clooney train rolling. Ooh, oh my! Uh, <coughs> my number three is up in the air. Oh, it's not Syriana. <laughs> no. <laughs> I get picture the also weird. Also weird. The plane taking off and saying thank you for flying the Star Trek. Star Trek Four should have been Star Trek Up in the Air. Um, uh, yeah. uh, the Enterprise can't go into atmosphere or go underwater or we don't do any of that shit. I don't care. It's about political allegories. <laughs> or not political, uh, social allegories. Uh, so up in the air, uh, <laughs> I really like... Uh, this is maybe the first movie I remember Vera Farmiga in, and I mm. adore that woman. I think she's an incredible actress. Yeah. Um, you should stop writing her letters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for her to return my letters. Um, Unopened. Yeah. She's waiting for you to watch. But, the uh, you know, she she's one of those actresses that I've always liked. She she does a lot of different roles um, and she's really great in this. And Clooney's great in it. Anna Kendrick's great in it. Um, it's the first I think it's the first. Um, uh, Sam Elliott. Movie I totally I totally lost my train of thought, but it's a it's a great movie. Think about Vera Farmiga too much. There. Yeah. <laughs> were, you think, were you thinking uh, Jason Reitman? Uh, there we go. Yeah, Jason yeah. Reitman. Yeah, I think it's maybe the first Jason Wright movie I saw. Didn't mm-hmm. see, did you not see Juno when it first came out? Thank you for smoking. Oh, yeah. The Juno. Yeah, it's then. his third okay. film, yeah. 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 So I No, I saw Thank You for Smoking after this because yeah. the trailer yeah. told me to go oh. see this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people didn't see Thank You for Smoking. Yeah, it's Thank You for Smoking is an amazing film, too. I yeah. remember the ads for it, though. Yeah. It's a good yeah. movie. Uh, but yeah, no, Up in the Air is wonderful. Um, it's touched in the trailer that you heard earlier. The scene with... Uh, George Clooney and Anna Kendrick on the dock is yeah. amazing. Man. <laughs> yep, that's <laughs> my number good. three. Corinne? My number three is a family favorite in my house. My number three is... Da, 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 da. Star Trek! All right, that all works. That's Some appropriate <laughs> yeah, this graphics, is font, music... Uh, um, it's called Star Trek 2009, though, Brad. Like, you should really get the... Pa- oh, the parents. You would need the parents. And you don't have to qualify it because there is no Star Trek. No, I know. The closest thing is Star Trek the motion picture. Right. Yeah, so the Star Trek franchise is something that I have a really weird relationship with. I've seen some of Next Gen, although I don't really remember it because I was really, really little when I watched Next Gen with my dad. Um, I remember watching some of Deep Space Nine. Voyager was like the big one in our house. Hell yeah. My dad and I watch Voyager <laughs> all the time. I still remember us having a little watch party for the series finale. Fuck yeah, we did too. We have friends <laughs> over. Yeah. Um, I even doing? watched some of Enterprise like when it Motherfuckers first Motherfuckers got through that Borg portal. Um, and then, you know, it's weird though because I've never seen any of the original series. Oh yeah. So it's like I've seen at least one episode of every other series in the franchise up to like, you know, 20 years or 10 years ago, but you know, before we started getting whatever they have now, but you know, and then of course the movie came out and it was like, Oh, 
Like, yeah. I kind of vaguely know who Captain Kirk is. And, right. you know, of course, when Spock and Ahura kissed, everybody was like, huh? And I'm like, okay, I don't know. I guess they're together. It was great. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a, it was just a fun, like, action sci-fi movie. And I don't remember the actor who plays Captain Pike or Admiral Pike or whatever, but he's... Oh, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Greenwood, yeah. Oh, right, Bruce Greenwood, yeah. Yes. AKA. I think he's underrated, and he should be yeah. in more things. My fa- my second favorite role of his is the alien in Super 8. It's too bad they kill him in the second one, because... Mm-hmm. I know. Well, so, Glass Menagerie stuff would have been cool, but we'll, anyway. We'll talk about it in a second. So, that's my number three. Henry, what's your number three? Uh, my number three film uh is a wonderful irish film i think maybe british um i think it might be irish though Problem. Your terrible dancing's my problem. What's wrong with you? You're what's wrong with me? Don't mind me, girl. Carry on. I'm a friend of your mother's. Get some clothes on me. You're half naked. I don't normally care. Where are you going? We're going for a drive. You want to come? No, she won't want to come. You coming? Where you going? I know somewhere we can get some drink. Yeah, you're 15 years old. What does it matter if you like someone? You need to sort out, you do. So you keep saying, but you don't know nothing. So why should I listen? In your room. I'm telling Mum I don't care what you do. <laughs> aye, aye. Something tells me you're up to no good. Fish Tank, if you have not heard of it or seen it, um, is a amazing. It's a film by Andrea Arnold, who more recently directed American Honey. Uh, it's a very similar film about uh, uh, lower class, uh, kind of poverty class uh, people, and just kind of living and just kind of the struggles of that. Uh, the main character is this one girl who wants to be a dancer, and uh, kind of living in this kind of not amazing uh, life or area at the moment. Uh, and then what happens is that her mom starts dating Michael Fassbender, who gives, I think, Michael Fassbender, before he became kind of world famous, was really famous for these really subtle and small performances uh, that are just amazing. I think this is easily one of, it's, it's, it's not a big, it's not a showy performance from Fassbender, uh, but I think it's easily one of his best performances because there's so much subtlety, and it's one of those films where if you watch it more than once, you see more in Fassbender performance without giving anything away. Um, 
It's a very complex character that he plays, that he plays extraordinarily well. Uh, the other thing that Andrea Arnold does that I really respect is that, for the most part, she uses uh, people who are not actors. Uh, like, beside, like uh, in this film, the main character is not in... I think the story of how she got the main character for this film is uh, she was talking with producers, and then she was going home, and the there was this couple fighting uh, on the uh, in the street, and uh, she approached the girl and said, hey, do you want to be in a movie? Uh, and because uh, that fight just showed that she is exactly what she was looking for. And which is surprising because, I mean, that's a very risky thing to do because you could easily get someone who is an awful actor. Uh, but the uh, woman who plays the lead character is amazing in this film. And I think that just shows uh, Andrea Arnold's real potential uh, or not even potential, but just talent as a uh, director. And she did the same thing in uh, American Honey where uh, the main character, whose name escapes me of American Honey, or the actress at least, I don't think she was an actress before that film. I think she, uh, Andre Arnold kind of tailored her into being an actress. And like this film where you have Michael Fassbender who's like the main known actor. Shia LaBeouf is the main known actor in that film. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean... If you don't want to watch, I, I think uh, American Honey is better than this film. Uh, this film is still amazing. It's only like hairs and inches uh, better than uh, this film. But Fish Tank is much shorter. It's it's under three hours at least. And uh, uh, it's still super well done. And if you want to see any kind of like good kitchen sink drama from uh, at least the UK. I think it might be Irish, but it might be just straight British. Uh, if you want to see anything from that from over the pond, uh, this is a fantastic film to watch, and I strongly recommend it. Uh, Fish Tank as my number three. Thanks, Henry. Man, that's um, interesting. I, bo- I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I believe he's discussed this because this is the British version of what ends up becoming American Honey. Oh, so, uh, uh, but I could be wrong. I, I remember him telling me something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, he probably just said it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, what, what, what? I wasn't paying attention to him sorry, in this room. Sorry, Henry, you're so quiet. Just... Hey, hey, Henry, if Michael Fassbender dances in this movie, I will watch it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, it's me. Step up to Michael Fassbender. Um, <laughs> so my number three is the movie I sort of alluded to recently uh, of a movie that wasn't on my original list because um, I I didn't see it that year. Um, and then, you know, when I finally saw it, just absolutely fell head over heels for, uh, I think the movie is incredible. Um, and now that I have kids, this is totally how I'm going to show them the sound of music. Uh, just 100%. Uh, so my number three is. What are we screw ups? What do you mean? I mean, we're 34. 33. We don't even have this basic stuff figured out. We're not screw ups. We have a cardboard window. We have news. We're leaving in June. Baby's due in July to Antwerp in Belgium. You're moving 3,000 miles away from your grandchild. I think it's more than 3,000, isn't it, Cherry? Oh, I think so. You know, we don't have to stay here. Well, where do we go? We agree we need to be near someone we know, so we could go anywhere we want. Wow. I have been searching all of my days. Now I'm wondering what we're doing. Did you look at the itinerary? I stapled it to the inside of your jacket. Many a road, you know. See? I've been walking on. Ah, look at you! You're so 
Oh, good. I was almost out. Does this mean you guys will finally get married? I almost left Lowell about a dozen times. Kids don't know that. I have been quietly... I mean, what if something happens to one of us and just makes us go crazy? All we can do is be good for this one baby. We don't have control over much else. And my eyes confound me And it's just too bright What's wrong with strollers? I love my babies. Why would I want to push them away from me? As the days keep turning into night. I'm getting strong. Sweetheart, listen to your heart. I'll always love you. Even if it takes you months to lose this weight. Even Even if you're enormous. Go ahead and write that in stone. Your heart feels alright. I'm gonna do something about those ears. He looks like a trophy. I just don't think we should be talking about it right in front of the children. Oh, please. For it's just white noise to them. Listen, watch this. Taylor. 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 <laughs> I could keep going on and on. Uh, so there's a. <laughs> The best oh. part would be if at that point John Krasinski looked at the camera and did this. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what does this have to do with the sound of music? Uh, so there's a, a scene, the the best couple that they go visit um, has all these adopted children. And the way they show their kids the sound of music is they show them the first half and then just turn it off. Because they kind of don't want to ruin the world for their kids by letting them see the second half. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was alluding to. Uh, Away We Go is unbelievable it's so heartwarming and good and um yeah i mean even ryan and i were both sort of joking about like just watching the trailer it's hard to not get a little teary-eyed um john krasinski like it's you watch this movie and you're like oh yeah he's definitely not just the office guy because he just kills it he's so lovable and his performance is amazing um and you know he's playing a gym like character of just being like kind of happy go lucky and fun. But man, like when it turns every now and then, or when he has like these more dramatic moments, he's just so good. His earnesty is amazing in this movie. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is really what I was trying to say earlier about like, you know, 500 days of summer, 10 years ago meant a lot more to me. And 10 years later, away we go is like life. Like it just, you just want you just kind of live in it. it it's so lovable and 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 uh, an important yeah, I don't think it was on your film. list last time. No, I yeah. don't I didn't see it. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. Uh I didn't see it until maybe 6 months later or something like that. A friend of mine had told me like, "Oh no, you need to see this." It just sort of snuck by. Um and it's I mean it's it's my favorite Sam Mendes film for sure. So Yeah, it, I saw it I, it's not on my list, but I like this film a lot. I saw it under the radar um, mm. while I was working at the theater. I ended up playing at the Landmark, so I had to go to my competitor to go watch it. And yeah. I I was floored by the earnesty of the film, and I had no idea that Sam Mendes could make a movie that that intimate. Like, American Beauty is not the same, like, yeah. in terms of intimacy. Like, this is, like, a truly intimate movie. Yeah, um, it's so good. I need to rewatch it, though, because I have not watched it in a while, which is why it's not on my current list right now. And a great singer-songwriter score. 
of of which music of which music also played at my wedding. Anyway, uh, Brad, what's your number three? Um, your actual number three. Was was that was our question? No, never mind. Oh, because you screwed it up. (laughs) 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 No, no, I'm on top of things. Um, my number three. Um, I really don't know how to intro. It's it just kind of blew me away when I saw it. So here's the trailer. My name's Charles Brunson. There's nothing wonky about my upbringing. Like most kids, I got into trouble. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, bad. And all my life, I've wanted to be famous. This is the post office I did over. This is what I got away with. This is what they gave me. Seven years! Don't worry, son. You'll be out in four. I still have my principles. I am Charlie Brunson. I am Britain's most violent prisoner. Prison was... Brilliant! I loved it! It was exciting on the edge. It was madness at its very best. You're ridiculous. It's very exciting to meet you. You're quite a celebrity on the inside. <laughs> You're very muscly, aren't you? Oh, my God. It's huge. They don't understand. You'll never understand. You're no more mad than I am. And that scares them. artist you're a star I swear it! what do you want what have you got I want to make a name for myself yeah doing what go and tie that up in a nice little pink bow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an awesome movie. Uh, you know, I my introduction to Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, yeah. who I think after this did Drive, which yeah. was even awesomer. Um, yeah, it's, it's a movie about the uh, uh, true story about uh, Britain's most violent prisoner. Uh, he loved being in prison. Um, never killed anyone, though. Um, just got into a lot of fights. Um, and if you, like, really kind of, like, study the movie, it, it seems like he... Like that's his outlet because he doesn't understand that he's actually like uh, an artist and doesn't know how to relate that to the world. Hmm. Um, so he like takes a like a simple way out of you know getting into fights and stuff. When uh, and once he's in prison for a while, uh, he uh, like part of the trailer shows that he eventually finds an art support group and kind of you kind of discover that he has this ma- like this madness to him. Uh, he's trying to express, but just can't seem to get over the hurdle of, you know, it's like yeah. like the brain over the brawn, like um, yeah. that he can't uh, reconcile. So, uh, and then you know, Tom Hardy just just a tour de force, uh, doing this sort of crazy character, and it's also like directed like really creatively. Like there's animation and 
just the production design and art is just so good. It was kind of the first time post Star Trek where like people were paying attention to Tom Hardy, right? Like, yeah, because he's a super skinny guy and he right. bulked up for this. Yeah, and it kind of led him to Inception and then to right. Bane. So yeah. So would you say that Tom Hardy is mad? There's actual crickets in the room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mad Max, Mad Max, Mad mm, Max. There uh, it is. Yeah, oh, that was good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, no, we uh, no. <laughs> well, you said the method to the madness or whatever. No, so. I get it now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, check out Bronson. It's awesome. Oh, uh, cool. Is, uh, it's was, a good pick. Was this your first exposure to Nicholas Winding Refn? Mm-hmm. Okay. What did he do before this? The Pusher trilogy? Yeah. Oh, which, that's that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it was all stuff that didn't get really get attention until later. I mean, he made yeah. one good movie. This was this I was think long. Hell Rising was before this too. <laughs> yeah, this was long before he turned his name into a tiny little logo. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> <The> perfume <laughs> logo. A little on, perfume. On fr- perfume logo is the perfect way to put it. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, so good. Cool. Zach. Zach, your number three. All righty. My number three ten years ago was The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker is no longer on my list, but that movie is wonderful. Oh, you figured it out. <laughs> no, I think Hurt Locker is pretty great. It um, is, except for the last two seconds. <laughs> anyway, um, my number three uh, this time around uh, is uh, is a step up from what it would have been ten years ago. Is it Step Up? Cool. Never going to get tired of that music. <laughs> um, so, I uh, <laughs> I grew up with the original crew as my first point of contact with Star Trek. Um, was it your first contact? First yeah. contact. Yeah. <laughs> We all thought it. Give the <laughs> give the boy a box of cigars. Um, no, uh, uh, so the original crew is what I grew up with, and um, it's mainly because my mom used to tell me Star Trek, Mister Spock, stuff like that. It's like she, that was her reference to it, so that's how we watched it. I used to love her adventures so much. It was like a, it was something that made me very happy when I was feeling sad in eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade. Was just rewatching those older episodes and those six movies and digging into that world and even going beyond it a little bit with other, like the next gen movies. And, um, uh, when I was in, when I was going to church and I went to youth life or young life or whatever it was, um, I remember once while we were waiting for the sermon to start, I was trying to write my own star Trek prequel script (laughs) in a little notebook. Um, and I wish I still had a copy of it. Because it kind of frustrates me that I don't. Um, so when this was announced, I was taken aback, and I was super picky, like anybody else, on who the cast was going to be. If you're going to fill those shoes, and thank God they got the cast they did, because this cast is fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this movie's wonderful, even though, as has been stated, it doesn't necessarily tap into the social critiques that Star Trek can get into. Uh, I think it understands these characters way more than I ever thought it would be possible if you were going to reboot this concept and uh, give us an origin point for Spock, Kirk, Uhura, Bones, Sulu, Chekhov, Scotty, all these guys. I don't, I I don't know how else you could have made this any better. Um, 
Leonard Nimoy in this movie, though, is uh, one of my favorite parts of the film, not just because it's a cameo of a character that I like spent five years up to that point worshiping. Um, the performance that Nimoy gives in this movie in the cave is amazing. Yeah. The performance he gives when he meets Spock is something that makes me cry. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a movie that still makes me cry. Um, and I, 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 I have a lot of memories with it. I took my mom to see it. I got my mom to go to IMAX for this movie. Um, and, uh, senior prom, I was kicked out of my prom group. Um, because I called out some people for doing stupid shit and they didn't want me in their group anymore. And so instead of going to prom, I went to Star Trek. So this movie will mean a lot to me for years to come. And it's something I want to share with my nephew. In, instead of going to prom, I watched American Psycho. You totally win. I know. So. But, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and be like, Dad, just go to fucking prom. You don't have to go with a group. No, but. it's fine. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Miss anything. yeah. yeah. I know because I got prom, to see though, Star Trek the third time. <laughs> <laughs> it was my third time. First two times I saw it in IMAX. And then I was like, yeah. okay, time for small screen. Yeah. Um, back. But, yeah. It's a good uh, film. Oh, and um, my favorite Tyler Perry movie. oh that yeah all right yep i don't know i still haven't seen boo too uh but (laughs) uh actually gone girls he's good in gone girl yeah but But, it's not star trek but yeah it's not Trek. star trek no you're right cool now my number two is a repeat with lots of rules uh, my time traveler's th- wife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, time traveler's wife is definitely creepier than Zombieland. So, uh, what if Eric Bana from the time traveler's wife was in Zombieland? Uh, I love Zombieland. I, I mean, I like zombie movies, anyways. And this kind of, um, I mean, Shaun of the Dead, I think, is the ultimate zombie uh, comedy film. Uh, but this one made it really fun, and you really like the characters. And I always love films, too, that I think it's 80, like, five minutes, so it's really fast, and, um, you know, each character has a little arc that's really fun, and you, and they told it in a way that's cool, you know, with having the rules come up on the screen in unique ways, and uh, the zombie kill of the week, you know, had, like, different stars. Star- the graphics are really cool, um, and the opening credits are amazing. Um, I find it hard to believe it's that short, but you're right. Like, yeah. It's- no, it moves quick. Yeah. And I, yeah. I but it feels movie. like an experience. That's where I remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. Mm. I love it. I'm just kind of surprised. For what? What's your least favorite Harry Potter movie? Um, I think the second one. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Not that I, I mean, Kellen, I'm starting to appreciate it a little more because <laughs> Kellen really likes it because sure. they fight a giant snake in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're a good dad. That's why my dad likes Barton Fink is because I like Barton Fink. Well, I mean, I mean, I love Harry Potter anyways, but the second movie is... Sure. I was just just curious. It's a lot like the first one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Corinne, you're two. My number two film is another great entry in a franchise that I absolutely adore. Arguably the last of the best, or the last great entry in the franchise. And here's the trailer. This place has known magic. Very dark. 
chosen Draco Malfoy for a mission. Evil will pass through from their world into our own. These are mad times we live in, mad! And the darkest hour is beyond anything I imagined is upon us all. In my life, I've seen things that are truly horrific. See worse. You're the chosen one, Harry. You have to realize who you are. Without you, we leave the fate of our world to chance. You have no choice. Harry, no! You must not fail. It's over. Warner Brothers Pictures. Jenny! Marcus! Tempest! It has to do this. Fight back! You coward! Fight back! So it's Harry Potter oh, and the Half Blood Prince. <laughs> It's a uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, I miss him too. God, he's so good. But I I really think the best performance in this movie is weirdly Jim Broadbent who plays um, Professor Horace Slughorn. Slughorn. Yeah, um, but everybody really brings it in this movie. Um, you know, Michael Gambon and the younger cast members definitely. It's just. Yeah, what's yeah. really unique about the Harry Potter series is you can actually see all of them grow as actors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, this didn't make my list this time, but I mean, it's still a great film, and I, I I do love Harry Potter's. I mean, you mentioned the seventh one. I actually think the first part of the seventh one is really great. Um, yeah, but, but it's slow. It I is, mean, uh, James but, and I were kind of talking about it while the trailer was playing. Of you know, the seventh the seventh book being split into two films really makes the first, like the seventh one, drag a lot because not a lot happens in it until. Like, the very beginning and the very end and the middle is super long. Yeah. And then the eighth one, which is the last part of the seventh book, is just, like, bonkers. Which Mm -hmm. I, even when I read the seventh book, I was like, holy shit. Like, the last half of this book happens in a single day. Yeah. And it's just absolutely insane. So, it's, it's a lot of it is pacing in the last two movies. But, yeah, I think this is the last of the really good movies in the franchise. Um. You know, I think seven and eight are kind of meh. They're okay. But, yeah, the performances are great. And even the things they, they cut out from the book are, you know, they, they keep things moving. And yeah. it's it's fine. I think Emma Watson's scene where she's crying at the stairs because mm-hmm. she's 
you know, pining it's, a, from, it's really well framed. It, it's it's well framed. She's wonderful in that mm-hmm. scene, and when she gets angry and throws shit at Ron. Oh, like, and that that scene, scene where the I think it's Angela or whatever her name is, where she touches the cursed necklace and starts floating. Yeah, and that is really yeah, creepy. Good, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's shot like a like a ghost movie in the snow, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. It's yeah. it's really hard with this movie because you have to tackle a lot. You have you know the drama with going on with Voldemort and this you know ongoing mystery of like the Horcruxes and the Dumbledore uh, Malfoy drama. But then at the same time, you also have this like lighter storyline going on of like all the teen romance drama and you know Lavender Brown and Hermione and Ron and that whole love triangle and then Harry's in love with Ginny and. So it's it's a lot tonally to take. I interviewed in Bonnie Wright. Movie. She is delightful. <laughs> huh? I, I did a panel with her at Comic Con. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was delightful. She told me I was smashing and that she really appreciated um, my questions. I asked her. She's a wonderfully nice lady. Mm. Yeah. And her mom was like her manager. It was really funny. I think. Yeah. I do think Brad made a good point though that this is probably the best entry into the Hurricane Heist multiverse. Um, <laughs> Yeah, took a while to get that uh, that final film, but right, yeah. yeah. And I didn't have time. I really want to go back and double check this in the book, but I was rewatching the scene where Harry confronts Snape after Snape kills Dumbledore. Spoilers. Six eight six. Um, <laughs> um, but the there's a the little detail at you know when Snape disarms Harry and he's lying on the ground and he's, he does the whole I am the half blood prince thing, and then there's a and then there's a moment where Snape kicks Harry's wand away, and you're like. Huh, because if you, I mean, now, you know, we know the truth about Snape and why he's loyal, but, you know, if you really were an agent of Voldemort, you would have taken the wand and broken it or taken it at something. You would not have left Harry yeah, with I, his I, wand. I, th- I think it's because, because that wand is problematic for Voldemort. I think it's just because it's so shocking at that point uh, that Snape is the bad guy with air quotes. Yeah. Um, and. Well, I, and, and Rickman pulls off that scene. Oh yeah, because Rickman's amazing. I, I've I've always said. I mean, I've been saying this for years that Dumbledore is a real villain of Harry Potter. Um, and w- Snape, after you find out his redemption in the seventh film or book, I, I think it just proves the point that he's the guy who's always been protecting Harry. Um, or they're both really complex characters and neither of them are all good or all bad. I I mean, obviously Dumbledore wasn't like this salvific character like we thought where he was just, you know, flawless and, you know, this, you know, perfect person, you know, he had his faults and his troubles and Snape wasn't all evil either. But that doesn't mean that he didn't have his moments where he was like straight up abusing the kids. Oh yeah. No, I mean, cause he's also, you know, Slytherin. Neville, bon- <laughs> Neville Longbottom is the purest of them all. Yes, yes. that's true. And he heads yeah. a snake in the eighth one. It's wonderful. That is a really cool shot. <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Henry, what's your number two? My number two film, I am sure people will say, does not deserve to be number two. And I'm sure a couple of you are going to be mad that this one was ahead of uh, Up in the Air. But... Uh, this film is probably one of the most important films in my entire life. You want to go to Vegas without me? That is totally cool. What are you talking about? Well, you know, Phil and Stu, they're your buddies, and it's your bachelor party, and those two love you. 
boys and their bachelor parties, it's gross. It is gross. I just wish your friends were as mature as you. They are mature, actually. You just have to get to know them better. Paging Dr. Douchebag. So live your life. This is Vegas. Through a night we'll never forget. Last night. <laughs> Am I missing a tooth? Oh. <laughs> Whose baby is that? Check its collar or something. I looked everywhere. Nobody's seen Doug. I don't think I've ever been this hungover. What's on your arm? You were in the hospital last night. <laughs> <laughs> the only important thing now is that we find Doug. Where's your car, officers? Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was just you guys and one other guy. Was he okay? He was fine. Just whacked out of his mind. <laughs> oh, we were messed up. Is there anything you can tell us about what may have happened last night? Congratulations, dude. You got married. He is wearing my grandmother's Holocaust ring. I didn't know they give out rings at the Holocaust. These gentlemen volunteered to demonstrate how a stun gun is used to subdue a suspect. Wait, Wait a second. What? No! I'm sure you're qualified to be taking care of that baby. Oh my god! We're getting married in five hours. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. What is going on? Mike Tyson? This is my favorite part coming up right now. So this isn't even in the same boat as like uh, I Love You Man where it's like, oh, it's important to me, it's comedy, and you know, it's good, but you know, it's important to me, that's what's here. I genuinely also think that The Hangover is one of the best comedies of the 2010s. Um, and it's a kind of a defining comedy, I think, for the 2010s, or not the 2010s, it's the 2000s, it's the 2000s, yeah. Uh, and it's just a fantastic, it's a very well, I mean, the sequels kind did kind of overstay their welcome and did almost ruin and sour this film, but... This film is still, I think, incredible. I've w I watch this film at least once a year, uh, usually when I'm depressed, and I just want to see a good comedy, and it just always manages to cheer me up. Uh, the Hangover was the first film that I convinced either of my parents to let me see in theaters. Uh, that's Ray Adar. It was a much harder sell than <laughs> I Love You, Man, because it's a lot raunchier and worse. Uh, but it's just... it's. Uh, yeah, I just, I really, really love this film. I love the comedy, and it still makes me laugh to this day. Uh, it's a great, I love mysteries, and mystery comedies especially, and it's a, it's a great way to tell a mystery comedy that's not a noir. It's just these three fucking idiot assholes <laughs> trying to figure out what happened. It's such a simple concept, but such a complex con uh, concept as well, and it's, it's the, per it's my favorite kind of comedy. Uh, and I just, I don't know, I love it. it. It's also, I mean, I don't know. If you had told me when this film came out that Bradley Cooper was going to be one of the most nominated people without a win so far, and that Todd Phillips is going to make what might be a Best Picture candidate, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> but <laughs> here we are. And uh, yeah, The Hangover, I really, really love it. I understand if it's not uh, in anyone else's top ten. Uh, but uh, 
it's it's a very important film to me and I very much I love this film from the bottom of my heart uh, and uh, yeah but yeah that's my number two film The Hangover that's a really great pick Henry yeah, good, good job, job Henry man. I'm yeah. so glad you got that on the list yep yeah. James I have no idea what your next one's gonna be I don't know it's a real mystery my number two is a repeat da 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 it's it's not clicking. It. Oh well, I didn't know. I don't know whether or not you want the cue. It's Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, this movie Nazi hunting. Yeah, this movie is an absolute masterpiece. Um, it's incredible. Uh, there's not much else to say. That first twenty minutes is is unbelievably good and well written. Um, and it was like, because the marketing was done so well, like you really didn't know what was going to happen next. Nope. Um, when the scene happens in the bar and how that scene ends is, is unbelievably good. Um, everything in the theater, like you just didn't know where it was going. And I think it's a movie that the first time I watched it, some of the Tarantino isms of the way that it's edited and, and put together was a little weird. Like, especially like. You know, um, what's that last chapter? The Revenge of the Big Red Eye, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Like some of that stuff, where I was like, oh, "This is weird." But then when you go back and rewatch it, it's it's fantastic. Like it's a little up its own ass in a couple moments, but it's a masterpiece. Um, he, yeah. Anyway, so yep, Inglorious Bastards, Brad Pitt for the win. Yeah, I try, <laughs> Brad. Uh, my number two. We've talked about I think three like, three days ago at this point. Um. Uh, no. Uh, my number two is. It's only been. Oh, it's a repeat. Black Dynamite. It's only been four hours. <laughs> oh. I can picture also, like, not, like not fighting, fighting people with that music. Yeah. I can picture Black Dynamite fighting people with that music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach spoiled it for me <laughs> four hours ago. Um. I saw you can it. throw the trailer in there again if you want. <laughs> Please yeah, play the Black Dynamite trailer yeah. again. Um, I'll rescore it with the Star Trek music. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, Black Dynamite, I saw they had a midnight at the Esquire screening of it, and I wanted to buy the Blu-ray as soon as I left the theater. It was so good. Um, like the, Even like the film quality is at, like, honors the blaxploitation yeah. uh yeah, when era. they were playing the trailer earlier, I was like, is this from the 70s? Yeah. Did I miss something? I love um, the boom mic joke. <laughs> the jokes are just so good. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the boom mic, um, when he throws the boomerang and it like <laughs> disappears in the scene for a little bit and then comes back when you're not watching. Um, yeah, just it's so good. Like, yeah. um, the, the guy who's, is, is Black Dynamite, he wrote it and... I'm um, still waiting for that sequel yeah. they were talking about doing, I think, two years ago. I think he kickstarted it, right? Yeah, they kickstarted it. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's just such a funny movie. And when they all get in the diner and they're trying to like do these <laughs> mental gymnastics <laughs> to figure out the plot, uh, the villain's plot, yeah, all these obscure references, oh, it's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably the most impressive thing for me of this, though, is like visually how oh, yeah. well the they make it. Feel, is the aesthetic amazing. is spot on. Um, Even the camera movements, like the zooms and stuff, yeah. it has the 70s feel yeah. to it. And the music yeah. is all new. Uh, I think on the special features, they talk about how, um, you know, it, it, some guys just like really good at emulating that era of music. So, 
Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they didn't pull old stuff out and score it. So it's all original. Yeah. It's a good one. I don't think I've seen it since that year. I need to go back and rewatch it. Cool. Good pick. My number two is a repeat. I think they almost all are. (laughs) Whoa. Your number two has been deleted. (laughs) (laughs) Zach's talk too much. (laughs) He gets two movies off. Okay, now I think it is your player. (laughs) Hmm. Sometimes, you know, the Samsung people told me that sometimes you have to unplug it. And let it like reset itself and plug it back in. But so that's yeah. a Sony player. I know, but I mean, has to again. <laughs> no, I'm what? Wait, what? I know. I'm saying that because I had a problem with it doing this on my Samsung 4K thing, and they said because it stores memory, sometimes it has to be reset. Oh, I may have to do that. And then I made an IT crowd reference. Oh, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the IT crowd. I've seen the IT crowd. Nope, that joke. <laughs> what? Yeah, my number two is Inglorious Bastards. Um, it was my number one ten years ago. What? Yeah. Oh, I was trying to figure out why we were on a team uh, tag team, and that's because I forgot Brad. Because Brad's in the middle of it. It's getting late. No, it's all good. <laughs> no, no, it's totally fine. Um, this was my number one film ten years ago. Yeah. Um, and I love, I still love it way too much to ever knock it down any further than the number two spot. Um, I like Quentin Tarantino. It's very perfectly clear. I'm probably the only one in this room who will defend a little movie from 2015 uh, that he did. That's how much I love him. Um, and uh, Inglorious Bastards is the excite. The excitement level for me in 2009 was Star Trek and Inglorious Bastards. Um, and I used to uh, I used to chat with people who were fellow Kevin Smith fans and stuff, and uh, I remember predicting that this movie would be nominated for Best Picture. And then I was told almost immediately, and this was about when the trailer came out, I was told, Zach, that's stupid. That's not going to happen. And then it fucking happened. Mm-hmm. And I will not let them let it go. I guess not. Here we are 10 years later. No, no you're not the same people. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think this movie has an incredible scale uh, to it for Tarantino. I-, I love how he blends the revenge motif and the history revisionist um, style. I think above all else, I appreciate a good old story about killing fucking Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I love this movie a lot. And... I love Christoph Waltz. I don't know if I've ever talked about this before on this fucking show. And Whoa, I had fucking show. I had no That's a bingo. <laughs> <laughs> you just say bingo, bingo. <laughs> um, but um, I had no idea who he was. I had no idea what this character was. And that opening scene is a wonderful introduction to an amazing actor that I, I enjoy. I understand not everybody likes him the same way that I do, and some people think he plays the same characters over and over again. Um, yeah. What? No. Somebody made accus- Some people have made accusations that Django Unchained, he's just playing the same character, but he's a good guy that time. Did they see the Green Hornet? Did they seen ba- be- see Big Eyes? They haven't. They haven't seen like, big. They haven't seen big eyes. They haven't seen carnage. They haven't Bond even seen movie. Spectre is really Angel good. Let's, let's not talk about that. James but I, he's good. Inspector. Spectre is a whole other issue. Um, but 
his performance is just an incredibly astounding piece of work that uh it's it's it just blows your hair back because you have no idea who this guy is where he's coming from um the whole element of the bastards kind of being a side character in their own movie yeah. is a wonderful piece of uh of tarantinoism and whatnot and it makes their exploits much more badass yeah. in my opinion um and shoshana i think is a i i, I, I melanie laurent is wonderful in the film and i think that performance is brave it's powerful the the final shot the final shots of the movie in the movie theater um they they when i first saw them i remember being blown away by that kind of chaos obviously i have different opinions about it nowadays from previous experiences and stuff like that but it still holds water with me like it's still effective i like seeing eli roth shooting shooting hitler in the face um and i I love I, I I love the line. I think the line uh I think this just might be my masterpiece is uh apt. It's an apt line and a just a perfect touch on a perfect movie. Yeah. So. So yeah. You know why it got nominated for best picture? Cuz it's one of the best pictures of 2009. No, cuz the Academy expanded their nominees from 5 to 10 that year, so they yeah. were letting just anybody in. Oh. Also, oh, also that's because mean. the movie that's Also because mean. the movie is produced by a guy who'd been raping people for a long time and running Hollywood for too long. Yeah, yeah. So that's another that's strong also Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Inglorious Bastards, my number 2. Uh, my number one, of course, I'm guessing this is Corinne's as well, um, is the best movie of the year, and that is Damn fucking um, straight. Up. Yeah, it is. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, up is a fantastic movie. It's beautiful. It's heartwarming. Um, <laughs> and it is so fucking epic. <laughs> Star Trek up. <laughs> uh the house turns into the Star Trek Enterprise, Starship Enterprise. You know, Pixar movies by balloons. have a way to make me uh, be a kid again and an adult at the same time. And, yeah, cry and laugh and enjoy all my whole experience with them. I can go to any Pixar movie and enjoy it. I don't care if it's Cars 2. Um, the Good Dinosaur, I think, is a really underrated film that they've made. Um, Coco's fantastic. Coco's amazing. But Up is, to me, another like pinnacle of theirs because the arc for um, Carl is just is stunning. And he comes full circle throughout the whole film. Um, I mean, <laughs> you have an animation film. And if you, if you should watch CNN's The Movies, and I'm, I don't know if it's Spielberg or Tom Hanks, they talk about Up and about how it is the most perfect opening to a film ever yeah. made. Um, first 10 minutes man and i'm gonna talk about that here in a second with, without um without any dialogue yeah and you you go through well, there's a little bit of dialogue um, when yeah. they're in the house talking when they're kids yeah. right but the Classic, the, mon- the montage is right. really yeah good. the montage sure. that's the thing because yeah. even rocky had a montage yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i love this movie yeah, yep. it's really good. Um, well, this was the one that I actually ended up rewatching a couple weeks ago, um, and I was texting Ryan while I was doing it because I had a question about: Can a judge really sentence a guy to a to an old folks' home if he just beats somebody over the head? That seems a little severe. Anyway, um, but yeah, the whole thing about that's a plot point in the movie, Brad. <laughs> um, 
But so the whole thing about the opening, you know, sequence and the montage, um, you know, like obviously I've seen the movie before, but I was like, I wonder how this movie would stand if you skipped that. Mm. Like, do you get a sense of who Carl is, who Ellie was to him, why this whole adventure to Paradise Falls is significant to him? Hmm. And it's insane how much detail and backstory is conveyed just through like little things like the handprints on the mailboxes the mm-hmm. pictures on the mantle the the album that they have and it's just it's just it's it's so well done and there's really nothing bad i can say about this movie other than when i rewatched it carl's chin looked a little weird sometimes because it was almost like too blocky he looked like a minecraft character it's probably because spencer tracy's chin looked too weird (laughs) but yeah even like when you meet um the crap who's the bad guy's name the spirit of adventure guy Mm -hmm. and you're like if you skip that montage you have no idea who this guy is you're like what the fuck so you're kind of like um the kid what's the kid's name Russell, yeah, you're kind of like Russell in that instance. You're like, who's this guy? Why do I care? But then you get a good sense of who he is and why he's been there and why, you know, all this has been happening. And even the whole thing, like the dogs talk and people make fun of that. And it's like, whatever. It's something for every age group. And um, I love the fact that you have a protagonist who is an old man who is still able to go on an adventure, mm-hmm. you know, adventuring, you know, hero's journey. Like it all tends to be young people, you know, teens. And... You should watch Batteries Not Included then. Oh. Well, oh. I mean, you know, a single person going on a story like this, <laughs> you know, your Luke Skywalkers, your Neos, your whatever. But this is a guy who, even though he's at the end of his life, is still able to go on an adventure, is still able to meet new people and do new things and, mm-hmm. And live a life, even though Ellie is gone. Yeah, and, it's and a, a sto- I would also argue that Russell gives him a new purpose in his yeah, life. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a story ultimately about loss and grief, and finding a way to live again with a new adventure. You know, that's the whole thing in the book is like, you know, go have your own adventure now. And I'm freaking tear up thinking about it. Um, God, that movie is so beautiful, and I. I think I cried like three times, even though I skipped the montage. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I gotta skip that thing. I'll cry. That's, that's the cheap cry. I gotta <laughs> yeah. get the real. The, the montage in it, it gets me like in my throat. Yeah. Like right when I try to fight it, and then, uh-huh. and then I'm just like, yeah, fuck it. Who cares? And when we were watching like, the well, Daddy, why are you crying? Earlier, yeah. um, that scene where he first starts floating away with the house and the shot through the window where you see the balloons and they cast all that beautiful light on the floor. I love that shot. This has such, there's a bunch of like little shots like that where you see like the house going up against the storm cloud or when the uh, house lands on Paradise Falls at the very end. It's just, yep. I, I think it's the best Pixar movie ever. So It's the one, it's the Pixar movie I saw the most in theaters. That opening scene makes you cry. And uh, it, this is not a disingenuous statement. It's it's like the ultimate geezer exploitation movie. <laughs> In the respect of just like, as you said, they give Carl an arc and a true arc and something that's just, it's profound for each, was essentially labeled as a children's movie by marketing, but and it's I think much it's, more. It's interesting that even though politically old white men tend to have, you know, positions of power in America, 
old people, generally speaking, feel disenfranchised, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I think this movie is a good reminder of that, that, you know, the whole development around Carl is, you know, his little field or whatever used to be there is gone now, and it's all buildings and apartment complexes or whatever. A similar shot in Batteries Not Included. <laughs> 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 Corinne, yeah. they converted me to Batteries Not Included. You need to join yeah, this cult of ours. Batteries Not Included. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But Up is still amazing. Yep. Oh, so. yeah. Absolutely. Screw you guys for putting it in number nine. Brad, Brad, we might just be the worst. Yeah. But I'm so glad that you oh, did I it with me. I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, Henry, what's your number one? Yeah, wrap it up, Henry. Uh, my number one film, I am sure, has already come up. Um, but my number one film... Uh, is uh, a film that also shaped uh, me uh, and my directorial style uh, a lot and kind of defined for me a style of what I love to see in cinema. Uh, And that's District 9. Uh, So yeah, District 9. Um, I really, like, I'm not, like, I'm not going to claim to be, like, a big sci-fi person. Uh, I do love sci-fi. I think it's a lot of fun, but uh, in the same boat as horror for me, it's uh, it's uh, not. Something, I'm not like I'm, I'm not going to seek out sci-fi. I'm not going to seek out horror. Uh, it's something that I enjoy. This film and what Neil Blomkamp does in this film, as well as his other films too. I know people don't like his other films as much, and I don't like his other films as much as this one either. But um, I love this dirty sci-fi look that he really shows in this like very bleak without being like it's disgusting but without it's this bleak disgusting yet beautiful uh landscape and cinematography that he does to show like the he really shows the i think the fact that this is portrayed uh, as like a almost a mockumentary really helps the realism and there's so much reality uh to this film and what i love about the opal in general is like how real his violence is like when someone like the violence and the gore in this film, it's over the top, but it's super dirty and gross, and it's amazing. Like it's like like Tarantino, his gore is so like it's almost cartoony and it's fun. This is like, but like you saw the same amount of blood in a Neil Blomkamp film as you would in a Tarantino film, but it's so much worse and so much more bloody and gross. And yeah, I love it. Um, I just love the realism to it. I think it, it's. I think Charlotte Co- uh, Copley is a very underrated uh, actor, and he t- gives an amazing performance in this. Um, it just uh, the fun fact. This is also going back to just you know me. Uh, this is the first radar film that I snuck into. Um, but just not, yeah, I mean I don't know if there's much else to say about this film. Um, I really do love this film. It's, uh, I think the story is great. I know people have been talking about a District 10 film since this film came out, and they never should make make it. This one was a perfect standalone film, and it's a, I just, I don't know. I love this film. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, my number, uh, my number one film of 20, 2009 is District 9. Oh, hey! I just, <laughs> I just realized alliteration, I guess. Or, I don't know. It's numerology. Ah, oh, fuck it. I don't care. And great thoughts, Henry. <laughs> I really yeah. want to rewatch it now. Between you and Henry, I need to rewatch this movie. I don't think yeah. I needed all the anti-Peter Jackson rhetoric. A great <laughs> job, Henry, for des- describing why it's your number one film. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. It's a good pick. It's a really good pick. James? Uh, my number one is a repeat. It's up in the air. <laughs> uh <laughs> 
So how do you feel now that you have redeemed yourself ten years later? You've talked about this with me like as long as I've known movies. Yeah, so I think... Explosion. And shoot, I should... I, I had it up. Let me just double check that this is true before I say it. So yeah, Up in the Air was my number two uh, in the original list. And so it's just gone up one. Um, this is a movie... It's the movie from that year I've re- actually revisited the most. Uh, I've probably seen this movie... At least 25 times, something like that, in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that blows me away that I didn't appreciate at the time is actually how prescient this movie was at the time. Like, to make this movie a year really after, you know, the 2008 crisis and, like, the, the you know, market, not crash, but, you know, recession. Um, and, and to have this thing be like so on the nose then, which I think is maybe why I didn't quite get it, you know, like it didn't quite hit me as hard as it could have because that was so on the front. But then as you wa- rewatch the movie a number of times and kind of start digging out of it, all these things about his isolation and the fact that here's this guy who's going around the country and firing people. And at the worst time in their lives, having people in their lives that they relate to that doesn't have anything to do with their jobs or their lifestyle or anything, but they ground them are what actually get them through this really terrible thing. And because he doesn't have that, like, sure, he's safe in his little pod, but he's completely fragile. Um, and that's where that story with Vera Farmiga sort of takes him. Um, as much as I, do love that first 20 minutes of inglorious bastards there's specifically one scene in this movie that i think is so well written and so intelligent and it's something i've returned to a number of times which is the scene where um anna kendrick uh is sitting down right after her boyfriend has broken up with her um and she's talking to um george clooney and um yeah vera formiga and like discussing how like her relationship with her job and you know sort of how basically 40 years of feminism ties into that and it's it's a movie that asks questions as much as Jason Reitman says he does ask questions and doesn't actually give you answers and just gives you some really interesting stuff to think about i think that scene is is wicked smart and and i've spent a lot of time thinking about it and it's really well written um overall i think the movie is just perfect and and something that i i love returning to over and over again um and it's got a really great score it does yeah um, so what you're saying is your number one movie is about an older white man who feels isolated and tries to fly away from all his problems (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I guess it is yeah um and has up in the title (laughs) yes that is true um but up, there's yeah up in anyway. the air is about Carl. So. I have I have no reason to say anything bad about up. I I love that film. Uh, all ten of my movies are great film. All nine of my movies are great <laughs> films. Um, and then there's another one. Uh, but yeah, I I adore Up in the Air and um, man, I I want Jason Reitman to keep making more great movies. Yeah. Hey, Men, Women, and Children's really good. It is a great Adam Sandler man. movie. That's true. Oh, that's true. Yeah, not quite funny people, 
but not still quite. Good. Still good though. Yep, Brad, what's your number one? Hey, uh, you should probably check your text messages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to let you know, um, James's wife has texted us to make sure James was okay. I can't believe she hasn't heard from me since six o'clock. <laughs> I didn't get a text. I see how it is. Uh, my number one is fantastic. Oh, Mr. Fox. Clooney's really stoked. He's like, I was really well represented by the real nerd. <laughs> I had a great year. I did. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. Yeah, fuck me twice. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one in the mouth and one in the butt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's called the Chinese finger cuff. Anyway, uh, yeah. This is in 1997. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox was my uh, number one movie the last time we did this, and it still is. Um, I just love the sense of humor in that movie. Um, the stop motion animation is great. Um, yeah, this tickles all my sensibilities. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. It's good a, stuff. It's dense, creative. Never seen it. Oh, man. Missing out. Yeah. Oh. It's a good one. Zach? Bring it home. My number one film. Um, I'll just preface it with a quote from Rashi. Receive with simplicity everything that happens to you. Please, I need help. I've had marital problems. Honey, I think it's time that we start talking about a divorce. Larry, we're going to be fine. <laughs> Professional, you name it. Larry, we've received a number of letters denigrating you and uh, urging us not to grant you tenure. I need help. We're going to be fine. I've tried to be a serious man. We're going to be fine. Tried to do right, be a member of the community. We're going to be fine. Just tell him I need help. Please. They're gonna be fine. I need help. They're gonna be fine. The rabbi is busy. He didn't look busy. He's thinking. Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody to love? Wouldn't you love somebody to love? You better find somebody to love. Why so serious? <laughs> wow hey that was a last great year 2009 movie um yeah um I meant a, the dark a, Knight. Ser a serious man not the dark knight a serious man is a film by two brothers uh who have never made a bad movie ever 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 bad no this is um and it's it's hard it's hard for me because i i love all their films for various different reasons my dad's favorite film is oh brother where art thou my favorite's a serious man because it's almost the purest in my mind of their films. Um, it almost begs you to interpret every angle of it. And yet over the years, I've learned that the point of the film is that they're kind of making fun of you for over interpreting their work. Mm. Um, the uh, every time you think that you need to focus in on one angle, they're kind of telling you to accept the mystery, um, which is a line in the movie. 
Uh, if you've never seen the movie, um, it's about a physics professor who is basically being put through the book, book of Job. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think it kind of pushes beyond just the, the book of Job and delves into a bigger issue of just trying to uh, find the, the, the find your happiness. But it's also a generational story between Danny getting bar mitzvahed and learning the advice of uh, uh, like heeding the advice of a rabbi that actually comes from Jefferson airplane and the, uh, the older struggle of Larry trying to comprehend why everything that he's been taught should work, isn't working and having to seek the advice of three different rabbis, even only getting the advice of two. And what's interesting is that rewatching it last night, the advice of the second rabbi played by George Weiner is very appropriate which is just like it's like a toothache it hurts for a little while and then it goes away uh these big questions that larry has and the there's a lot i could say about it and i'm not going to i will say you should pick up a book that came out it's a coffee table book about the coen brothers that delves into this film in a way that i've not seen any critical analysis do up to this point um i think the main reason that i love it so much is because it it's it almost feels like it's the closest to what my brain's operating on a certain level in terms of the insanity the um irreverency but also there's something like going on like i'm trying to think of something cohesive (laughs) what Um, was the name of the book (laughs) the coffee table book you didn't say oh it's just the coen brothers oh okay yeah uh oh the subtitle is the book really times ties the room together gotcha yeah so but um uh yeah th- this film's wonderful and also the fact that the cast is mostly unknowns really makes it easy to sink into this movie without having any preconceived notions of prior movie stars yeah. like when i watch george clooney in a coen brothers movie i'm like oh he's gonna be a knucklehead in this movie right. or if i watch john Turturro, i'm like oh they're gonna put him through hell okay yeah um so um I, or if i see steve buscemi in it i'm like oh they're gonna put him through hell part two um, but this film in particular, like the hell that Michael Stolberg has to go through in this movie. And it's one of my favorite performances of all time is watching him go through that ringer and ultimately not learning his lesson. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and again, like for all I can read into the film, there's probably 500 interpretations that are also correct and probably way better than my explanation, but just know this movie's amazing. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Cool. Readers sent in stuff, too. And... Readers? Listeners, readers. I mean, do they not read your articles? Fans. There you go. Yeah. I got one from my former co-worker and friend, Ian, whom Ryan has met. Um, It's interesting. He breaks it down by horror and then non-horror. So starting with horror, number one, Drag Me to Hell. Number two, Trick or Treat. Number three, Jennifer's Body. Number four, Zombieland. Number five, Pandorum, with special mentions to Daybreakers and Thirst. And then for non-horror, number one, Inglorious Bastards. Number two, District Nine. Number three, Coraline. Number four, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Number five, Watchmen, with special mention to Star Trek. So thanks, Ian. Yeah. Cool. Brad, do you have one? I have other people's. I can. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <coughs> any of the other two, Zach or Close, 
I'll, I'll just pick one. Heather Vanderriot? Yeah, I went to film school with her. Oh, so these are all Zach's people. All right, I'm going to steal this one. <laughs> so Heather writes in, a lot of tough calls, but here they are. My top 10. Number 10, The Hurt Locker. Number 9, Up in the Air. 8, Sherlock Holmes. 7, The Hangover. 6, Zombieland. 5, Inglorious Bastards. 4, District 9. 3, Watchmen. 2, Push. Um, Put, push. Surprise. Not, uh, not a, by Sapphire. No, no, th- no. There's <laughs> another one with Chris Evans. No, I know. Wait, maybe she doesn't know that. Maybe she means <laughs> Precious, but I don't think that was this year, was it? I, I no, don't remember. Pre- Precious, based on the was, novel Push by Sapphire, was 2009. Was 2009. Yeah. She must mean Push the not by by Sapphire. I'm not she sure. Must. I will. Uh, we will. Uh, Heather. Uh, no, 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 no. I've seen Push with Chris Evans. She means Push <laughs> by Sapphire. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one who watched yeah. Push with Chris Evans. You're probably right because the number one for her is Away We Go. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, Away yeah, We yeah. Go is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, special mentions for The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Men Who Stare at Goats was 2009. Oh, I, yeah, is, I really yeah. tried to get on my list, but I just couldn't do it. People, yeah. people with special mentions to Parnassus are not big fans of Push with Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Coraline. So. Ah, Coraline's great. Men Who Stare at Goats is really good. I can't believe that's 2009. That's cool yeah, I know. And yeah. underrated. Oh, it's the Monuments Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Same movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Zach, you got some? Uh, Matt Willick sent in a list. Um, he uh, said Fanboys, which did get its release this, this year. Oh, I thought he was addressing us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yes, Fanboys yeah, was released. Because, yeah. yeah, it did get its... It, that thing was backed up for years. Its butchered release was in 2009, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek, Up, District 9, Inglorious Bastards, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Zombieland, Black Dynamite, House of the Devil, Trick or Treat, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And Trick or Treat was one that I looked at. Technically, it did get, like, it's... um. It's not its VOD or not. It's not its VOD release, but like some kind of theatrical release or something like that, like a screening. Hmm. But it was on the list, and I was tempted to put it on there because I like that I movie. Put, I put it. On, I think two thousand seven when yeah. it came out. Yeah, we've, we've definitely talked about. Yeah, yeah we've talked about it at some point. Yeah. Which one? Uh, Trick or treat. treat. Yeah. Oh. I know we've talked about it on Halloween film explosions. And I yes, yeah. also you're being like, man, I should get House of the Devil on my list. Oh. Um. And I've got two more, but if we need to go, no, go ahead. Turn, okay. Um, I I was able to coax Maddie O'Connor to give us a list. Uh, so the number one is The Hangover. Number two, I Love You, Man. Number three, Funny People. Number four, Up. Number five, Observe and Report, which is really good. Uh, uh, number yeah. six, Avatar. Number seven, Five Hundred Days of Summer. Number eight, Adventureland. Number nine, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Ten, Mr. Nobody. Wait, replace Avatar for Enter the Void. Fuck Avatar. Enter the Void is better. <laughs> that was the whole conversation. Enter the Void was on your 2009 list, I think, right? Um, or maybe 2010? I think it was on my 2010. Cause oh, okay. I, like, it was probably Doubt again where I saw it earlier yeah, 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 in 2010. Yeah, yeah. And I apologize, Maddie, for reading the full text, but it was too funny not to read out loud. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> um, and then um, my... Uh, what was the one? There was one he mentioned that was a... I have another one to read real fast. Yeah. My friend Dell from Kansas sent in, well, he didn't send in a list because he's lame. Um, he said to, sorry to let you and the nerds down, but he said he really enjoyed Up and Star Trek. He also put Dark Knight on the list, and I was like, no, that was 2008. He's like, stupid Wikipedia. Because <laughs> it is on there. I think they like put it back in theaters around 
January oh, for Monday. Oscar season. Yeah. Uh, Adventureland is the one that was on Maddie O's list that doesn't get. I I adore that movie. I think that's great. I'm glad he got it on there. I guess while Zach's looking, I'll read Marshall Rosales's list. Yeah. Yeah. That's my friend Marshall who's on the Shamley silhouette. Yep. I cheated. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he starts it. I cheated. The short version. Uh, tied for number ten, Coraline and the Informant. <laughs> Nine, Whip It. Eight, Moon. Seven, Drag Me to Hell. Six, Up in the Air. Five, District Nine. Four, Dogtooth. Uh, three, Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> Two, Where the Wild Things Are, mm. uh, which I, was on your list the last time. It was originally, yeah. yeah. And tied for first, Revanche and Antichrist. <laughs> oh God, Antichrist! I like Willem Dafoe, but not that much. <sighs> Runner up, The Hurt Locker. Now the longer version. I'm actually going to read this backwards. So, a uh, bit of a novel. <laughs> Number ten, tied for uh, tied for ten. Coraline and the Informant. Two very different films about the pitfalls of living in a fantasy to avoid reality. Coraline is Henry Selk's second return to a stop motion film, and good. Ness, <laughs> it is impressive. I very much miss the children's films of the 80s that were not afraid to reflect the darkness that exists in childhood. This is a wonderful throwback to that era. The informant made me laugh so, so hard. Mm-hmm. Like all things in art, there are no rules, and this film is a perfect example of how a narrator and inner monologue can serve the story and character in a way that isn't a cop-out or band-aid for bad exposition. Mm-hmm. Easily one of Matt Damon's finest performances. Um, Number eight, Whip It. Holy crap, what a fun film. I loved yeah. every single part of this one. The cast is incredible. Barry Moore's directing was so awesomely pitch perfect. Man. And I absolutely cannot capture with words my jubilation at this film's handling of the love interest. This protagonist is strong and determined all on their own. Yeah. Coupling be damned. Number yes. eight, Moon. Moon must be studied by all students of film. It's a perfect example of how much can be done with a limited cast, albeit decent budget, if you've got compelling characters and a fascinating situation. Sam Rockwell knocks it out of the park in this one, as per usual, and is just the person you want to be alone on the moon with for a couple of hours. Seven, Drag Me to Hell. There's definitely a big part of me that feels guilty for always wanting Sam Raimi to stay in line with his early films, but it's a big part of me that I can't deny. I can't express... What a refreshing return to form this film was after a too long line of not fully letting his freak flag fly. Do not eat before or during this film. (laughs) Six, up in the air. Okay, finally, a comedy about being left behind by technology and the utter futility of lasting love. Clooney and Kendrick are an astounding pair, and this film is definitely in the running for the most depressing film that leaves your heart warmed at the end. Number five, District Nine. I mean, come on, every aspect of this film is badass. From the story of how it came to be made to the budget they had to work with to the finished film itself. I don't think I've ever seen a sci-fi that was both so on the nose and the allegory, apartheid in this case, but that worked so damn well. Number four, Dogtooth. Okay, turns out I really like movies that make you squirm. I don't even know how to describe this film. Just like, take a day off and watch it and sit here and stare at a wall for a few hours. Number three, Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Another hard one to watch, but an absolutely incredible film. This is amazing. The acting is amazing. The direction is spot on. The film covers an unfortunately not unique story and doesn't pull any punches, and it'll leave you a more empathetic person for having absorbed it. Number two, where the wild things are. Jesus, period. What a perfect (laughs) adaptation of the classic. It's depressing as all hell, fantastical, and perfectly embodies the fear and loneliness of childhood. Number one, tied for first, Revanche and Antichrist. Two masterpieces tackling the topic of grief from two very different but equally dark places. Neither of these are fun to watch by any stretch of the imagination, but the experience lasts forever, lasts long after the credits roll. 
And then the runner-up, the Hurt Locker, not another not fun one to watch, but probably a, an important one to experience. From what I've read and heard, if Saving Private Ryan perfectly captured what is to be on the battlefield, the Hurt Locker perfectly captured how impossible it is to ever come home from it. A masterclass in building tension, this powerhouse absolutely deserved all the awards it won. Looking forward to hearing the show, y'all. Cheers. Smiley face. Whew. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I've got... Um, I only have my mom's left. Someone okay. do Aaron. Um, uh, I could do Aaron after I do that. Um, I've got one from Brandon, my um, uh, filmmaking partner out in New Hampshire, who I've been working with lately. Um, Zombieland, The Hangover, Up in the Air, Watchmen, The Invention, the Invention of Lying, Moon, Inglorious Bastards, Star Trek, The House of the Devil, and Sinombre, which is Kerry Fukunaga's movie, which I had no idea existed, and now I've got to watch it. So, I was dis- I was disappointed by the invention of lying. And then you just said Aaron Pendergast, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who shot the ad, um, the promo ad. Oh, cool. He's been on the show before. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, uh, in no particular order, Drag Me to Hell, Star Trek, 500 Days of Summer, Coraline, District 9, Watchmen, The Hangover, Inglorious Bastards, Inc., and The Brothers Bloom. Cool. I'm glad there's been a lot of love for Watchmen, because none of us talked about it, but uh, I think that movie yeah, is the, the best that adaptation could be if you weren't changing the adaptation. Man, that show's going to be great, though. Yeah. Let, um, me, let me ask you, who watches The Watchmen? God damn you. <laughs> That joke's ten years old. Uh, I, actually, that book's from like eighty six, so that, a lot longer than that. Cue that My Chemical Romance cover of Desolation Row, guys. Um, all right, I got my mom's film explosion two thousand and nine. Hey nerds. Hi, Carol. <laughs> Thank you. She can't hear you. <laughs> yes, she can. That's the whole point, Zach. Hope you are all well. Uh, we had a crazy few weeks. I started looking at two thousand nine lists a few weeks back. To get started early, like I keep saying, but then tonight I had to pull the final uh, the final list together. First, I have to say sorry to Brad. The list I was working from for 1999 Film Explosion did not have Galaxy Quest on it, so I missed it. Uh, I love that movie so much. We quote it all the time. I think it would have been number one for 1999. Oh, yeah. Uh, we saw a lot of movies this year. 2009 was a good year for some really great independent films. Number 10, District 9. Really great story that makes you think, it just had too much body goop. <laughs> Number nine, Transformers, The Revenge of the Fallen. I know, I, I know. But uh, this is still... <laughs> but own this, it, Carol. But just this, own uh, it. But this one is still fun. Of all the Transformers movies to pick. Yeah, yeah. the most <laughs> racist and awful one. Oh, my God. I don't know. Three is... What's no. the I didn't even one? watch four or five. I, so. I, I, I thought movie. that was the third one. I no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, does that Revenge qualify for a family meeting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, the next five are interchangeable as far as rating. Uh, beautiful and fun stories. Uh, they didn't do well at the box office, but we loved them. Number eight, 500 Days of Summer. Sweet. Number seven, The Soloist. I bet Ryan has oh, this one on his list. I don't. No. But, but you had other RDJs. Yeah. yeah. Great movie, though. Um, number six, Sunshine Cleaning. Oh, I love that movie. And this one, too. Oh, yeah, she's saying, I bet Ryan had this one on his list, too. No. no. There are too many, uh, too many Friday the 13th movies yep. on Ryan's list. <laughs> Friday the 13th is better than Sunshine Cleaning and The Soloist. <laughs> You're the only uh, one who said Friday the 13th of all the lists. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, number five, Pirate Radio. I remember this oh, era, oh, which 
Man, The Boat That Rocked was a much better title. Uh, I remember this era. Older generations are always afraid of something. That's my favorite Kenneth Branagh performance because he's just bumbling around. It's awesome. Yeah, Kenneth Branagh is in that movie. No, I know. Uh, that's not why I was bothered. <laughs> I know. Four, I know why you're number, bothered. Number four, Whip It. Uh, this one really surprised us. Number three, Up. Oh, my goodness. So I think number three is back at the point where they're actually in order. Uh, number three, oh my goodness, uh, up, oh my goodness, this is the sweetest, the most fun story. You laugh, you cry, and and then, then there's more, no more words after that because she was in a, a hurry, so it just ends at and. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, because you cry and and you cry you and <laughs> you cry and number two, Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Uh, as a longtime Sherlock Holmes fan, I love this portrayal of the characters and a good mystery. Plus, there's that one shot with his hat where he tilts it and the camera goes <laughs> off. Did she really say that? No, she didn't, but it would be funny. I literally did. looked over James' shoulder. Like... <laughs> Lies. Uh, uh, number one, Star Trek. I, yeah. watched, the, I watched the original series uh, when it was new. My friends would get together on Friday nights and watch... Oh, to watch at someone's house. Uh-huh. Then, of course, we have watched all the other series. It was so exciting to have a new, fresh story and visually fun. Uh, love the portrayal of the familiar characters and so great to see Leonard Nimoy again. Uh, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched this. Uh, great one for the treadmill. They, yeah. Hey, um, fitness cinema. Uh, honorable mentions, Avatar. Truthfully, it is interesting and a some- and something new. Uh, but I really didn't care much for it. I haven't watched it since the theater. You should watch it again. I bought it for a dollar at Tradesmart. A dollar is definitely what it's worth. <laughs> is that the story of everybody again. but James is that we all just saw it in the theaters and then forgot about it for yes, 10 years? Yes. I, I've probably I, seen I that movie I'm, about four times. No, I'm saying is everybody other than you, right. like, is that we're all in that boat? I think so. Okay, I've cool. I've watched parts of it a couple of times when I've seen it on TV. Yeah. Okay, so you're in the lifeboat. But of but literally, <laughs> she had a she had a life test of the cable te- check, and obviously, she didn't ever stay and watch Avatar. That's I didn't watch the whole so, thing. That's for damn yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, la- uh, the very last honorable mention is Adventureland, uh, because I won an award for this movie. A couple of people in my office were saying that the main character was played by the same actor that played Napoleon Dynamite. I said, "No way." They both said I was wrong, and then they looked it up. The next morning, they gave me a framed award. It's one of my prized possessions. <laughs> Love you all and hope to see you soon. Carol, a.k.a. James's mom. Always a surprise on there. Like, I didn't expect District 9. I know. Yeah, yeah. Right on. That's my, favorite, like, that's my favorite Carol story. <laughs> it's one of my prized possessions. No, 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 genuinely, I'm just like, right on. I wonder yeah. what the award says. I don't know. Now you she were needs, right. She award? needs to take Does a picture of it award? and like send it to us on yeah. Facebook or something. Cause... I mean, Ryan Reynolds is in that movie. Is it a shirtless picture of Ryan Reynolds? No. <laughs> um, uh, thank yeah. you, everybody, on our long journey through 2009. Next week, I think it's just Brad and I. Um, we'll be seeing Joker. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see that film. So thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Welcome back, James. Bye-bye. And see you in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. 
Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout-out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.